mortals that live among us. For them, death comes only if you take their heads. This is the story of one immortal. Colin McLeod, in his everlasting search for vengeance. You got balls! Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. And this is a very special episode. This week, I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. Only this week are you one of our rewatchers. Yeah, right. I'm Kyle. And this is Eamon. Yeah, I structured the sentence a little weird there, huh? No, and I, think, I we, think it's perfect. We all have all of our balls, right? Yeah. Currently. Yeah. But this week we are talking about the anime version of Highlander, and that was a very anime sentence construction. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Just kind of switch all the verbs around. <laughs> yeah. But that's right. Uh, we wrapped our season four coverage of Highlander, the TV show, the other week, and you probably just heard our wrap-up episode. But and we you are... loved it. And yeah, you loved it. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah, and you gave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. That's right. Yep. Five-star review. <laughs> five-star review of season four wrap-up. That's right. So before we go into season five of the show, we wanted to break things up with another Highlander movie, uh, but we're not doing Endgame in the source yet because those don't follow the continuity of the series quite yet so we're gonna do highlander the search for vengeance but you knew that already you clicked on the on the podcast episode which probably says the search for vengeance episode one i only blind click on podcasts <laughs> yeah. like it's just like a real grab bag i never know what i'm getting podcast roulette with less balls mm-hmm. so we should fake somebody out somebody we should fake our listeners out and just have the wrong title for what we're covering on the <laughs> description. That's a great idea. Yeah. Be <laughs> They'll good, love that. Good business <laughs> model. Everyone will love it. Uh, so before we hop into this episode, we should just talk maybe a little bit in general about the search for vengeance. Uh, when was the last like time you saw this? search the, for vengeance? Yeah, that's right. Like, Our own personal Mine searches. began when I was nine. <laughs> Who did you need to... Ven- Who did no, you sorry. search began, for vengeance against? Yeah, mine began when I was three. Keith, you hit me with a pipe. I remember that distinctly. <laughs> oh, is that true? I did. Where'd you we get a sword pipe? fighting? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. we were kind of like ninja karate fighting, whatever. And I hit him with a metal pipe. <laughs> oh. And I do remember you fell to the ground and cried 
and I was scared of getting in trouble, so I put my hand over your mouth and was like, shut up! <laughs> shut up! Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? So I'm a ghost. I'm yeah. actually on this podcast to haunt Keith. This is a, this has been a true crime podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. all along. And uh, my search for vengeance ends tonight. And Keith, you're under arrest. <laughs> right. This is Detective John Mahoney. Come oh, with me. Mahoney? Come with me, sir. I'm Detective John Mahoney. I share the name of Fraser's dad's actor. <laughs> I've been looking for you for a long time, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Kyle's memory will finally be honored. What? Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Detective Mahoney. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, who's a ghost? Ghost Detective John He's Mahoney. a ghost detective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a ghost. You need a ghost detective That's true. That's to true. solve my murder. I'm a Detective Pikachu. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, guys. Search for so Search for Vengeance. I was going to ask you, is this the first time you've seen this movie? I bought this movie on DVD from a Hollywood video that was going out of business like 10 years ago or nice. something. Yeah. I, we need a theme song for every time you brag about your DVD, <laughs> my DVD or, collection. Or Blu-ray yeah. collection. I have it on DVD. DVD. But it's in one of those weird, like, rental DVD cases. Uh, oh, yeah. Like the, the plastic covering. Huh. Classic. That's how I got Endgame and The Source was oh. a local video store was going out of business. And I was like, now, gotta, what, ha- gotta have these. Gotta what movies are those? I don't think we need to talk about that right now. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but no, I, I've seen this before. I, but it, has it been a long time? It has been. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think I saw this, like, in 2007 or 2008. Like, shortly after it came out, like, rented it from the video store. Yeah. And watched it once. Yeah. And exactly once. Like, probably 11 years ago would be my guess. Yeah. I no, I, I think we since. watched it together. Didn't remember much. I remembered the guy with the mullets. I Well, that's just everyone. Everyone's got a <laughs> mullet. So I remembered the mullets. I just kind of remembered the look generally of Colin. And I remembered the first immortal he faces with a giant chainsaw that he rides around. Awesome. Uh, and that was pretty much all I remember. Okay. Well, why don't we talk about... What about you? Oh, that's what I just said. I agreed. That was the first time I saw it. Oh. Oh, and also I should say, that was the only time I saw it. I have not seen it since its release, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, because it was not a DVD I owned. So you rented it. It was a rental. (laughs) I leased to own. (laughs) (laughs) I was excited to dive into this. Yeah, and I totally. think, you know, we'll have an interesting conversation about it now that we've immersed ourselves in the, the, the seeping soup of Highlander for the last four years. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the details. We've already yeah, kind of mentioned. Deets. There's deets. Uh, so this movie, The Search for Vengeance, came out on June 5th, 2007. It was direct-to-video in the United States, but came out actually a month later in July 2007 in Japan as a theatrical release. And it was directed by... Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Why don't you tell us about Mr. Kawajiri? Uh, so Kawajiri is pretty well-known over here, or at least he used to be. Um, he's kind of responsible in America for the... Animes not for kids, like Stigma. One of the first movies, anime movies, that was released on video over here was called Wicked City. And it's basically a movie that is about demons and humans having this weird pact. And a human and a demon are set up to, like, get married, but they have to fall in love. And there's lots of violence. There's, like, a vagina that has teeth in it. Uh, Vagina dentata. That's right. There's lots of rape in this movie, (laughs) which isn't good. So Karajiri, his movies are always kind of like there's a kind of aloof, dark-haired hero, Mm -hmm. and then there's a lady, and then there's a a helpful old man. One has robot jaguars who shoots lasers out of their mouths. Um, And one of his movies, Goku Midnight Eye, 
there's a woman that has a motorcycle on her back, like a motorcycle seat on her back. What? And a midget gets on her back and rides her around. And she spits lasers out of her mouth. <laughs> so, are you trying to sell this or say that this guy's not great? I can't decide. I can't decide either. I mean, <laughs> I think he's great. Um, <laughs> like For that reason alone. Yeah, for only that. He just well, has weird stuff. He's good at action sequences and character designs. And that's kind of what he excels at. Right. And story and things like that kind of fall by the wayside. Um, some of the movies he's directed, um, Demon City Shinjuku, which is another early anime over here that people have probably watched on the Sci-Fi Channel on Saturday Anime. Ninja Scroll is probably his most famous movie. Yeah, say that's probably the big one. Yeah, that's the big one. That's really good. Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, the sequel to Vampire Hunter D, which was another big anime mm. early hit in America. He did a short called Running Man, which people probably saw on Liquid Television on MTV. Mm. And that's a weird like futuristic race anime it, short. Is it at all related to the Arnold Schwarzenegger Running Man? It isn't, but I think that's probably where he stole the title from. <laughs> The ending clip or the most famous clip is like a guy like driving a car so fa fast that his face starts to explode. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I've, I've seen that clip. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I remember like his his visuals <laughs> on MTV and Sci-Fi yeah. Channel a lot. I had not thought about liquid television in a long yeah. time. Like that was like the like adult swim of yeah. MTV basically mm -hmm. with like – was Aeon Flux part of that? I think Aeon Flux. I think The Max, mm. if you remember that. He also directed a segment of the recent Batman anime, Batman Gotham Knight. Directed another segment in the Animatrix. And then he right. wrote a segment of the Animatrix. He does the Samurai one in Animatrix, yes. right? Program, mm -hmm. which is pretty yeah. cool. It is. Yeah. It's really Did he, good. Yeah, and he wrote a, a separate one for yep. that? He wrote the, the one in that, which also has someone running. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so the, a lot, a lot of range. The one with the the actual Running Man. Who, oh, like, yeah, that's actually one of my favorite ones. Yeah, that's really good. He didn't direct that one, but he he came up with the the concept. Cool. Um, but that's a really good short. He he's worked in anime for years, um, but all of his movies kind of follow the same theme. He's also worked on One Punch Man and other more recent stuff, but not as a director. Have you seen One Punch Man? I did, and I love it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. The premise is this guy becomes a superhero so strong he can defeat anyone in one punch, but he just does it because he's bored. And now that he can defeat anyone, he kind of just hates life. So all these villains come up with it to him with like really complex backstories that he wants to explain to them. And then he just punches them once and it's over. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. So who wrote this movie? Mr. David Abramowitz. That's right. Kind of the brain behind most of the highlander tv show right. is mr david abramowitz and uh he wrote this one but not alone seemingly right as we'll discuss probably as it as it comes up kawajiri and the team from japan put their stamp on the script as well in a big way right mm -hmm. and you know may have uh contributed a lot to what the final story ended up being yeah, yeah. david abramowitz has a story about this <laughs> production on our chronicle episode we did that's right. way back when so go back and listen to that if you haven't and then we should also mention perhaps mr joe pearson's involvement right. in this mm -hmm. so joe pearson we got the opportunity to speak to him during the highlander worldwide gathering he's a super cool dude and he was clearly very uh starstruck of 
the opportunity to work with Kawajiri, but he's a, a famed animation director in his own right. That's right. We reviewed his movie, which David Aronowitz wrote as well, War of the Worlds Goliath. Uh, but yeah, he's a great animation director. Joe Sorry. Pearson was the co-producer of this movie, along with Kevin Eastman, the creator of those Teenage Teen- Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, those ones. Yeah. Not the Teenage Ninja Hero Turtles? Or <laughs> Not them. No. <laughs> That's right. That's what they were called in Britain. Yeah. Really? Yes. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. It was explained to me that ninjas had a bad connotation. In Britain at the time, so they called them hero turtles. What? Yeah. What, what bad connotation? Like what good connotation <laughs> did ninjas have elsewhere that they yeah. didn't enjoy in Britain? I don't know. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid in daycare, the like guy that ran the daycare took away my Ninja Turtle toy, and I cried because they were too violent. Ooh. But he let the other kid keep the Batman movie toy. That's so much more violent. I know. And in the movie, he fucking kills the Joker at the end. He kills tons of people in that movie. He explodes he kills the, the chemical factory <laughs> with tons right. of people inside. Yeah. He throws that guy off a bell tower. Right. And I was like, uh, you're breaking my balls. You're stealing my Ninja Turtle toy. That's what I said to him. That's like a... 10-year-old or whatever. Yeah. You were older as a 10-year-old than you are now. Do you I remember know. what toy it was? Which which turtle? I believe it was a Donatello. Oh, good choice. Because he was my favorite when I was Me a kid. Me too. Not anymore. Who's your favorite now? Raphael. Ah, uh, how times have changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's because <laughs> yeah. you've got all that onks. That's right. <laughs> it always power. comes back to Ninja Turtles. I know. Uh, so let's talk about who stars in this movie. Who's the cast of characters? This movie stars Colin McLeod. Uh, who is voiced uh, in the U.S. version by Alistair Abel. Abel. Some of you may know as the voice in Dragon Ball Z of Trunks. That's right. From the future. Future Trunks. Yeah. Done tons of voice work. And a bunch of like Canadian acting. Like a bunch of shows that are filmed in Vancouver. Like The Flash, Minority Report, that sort of stuff. He played Mariachi Salsa in the <laughs> Sausage Party movie. I saw <laughs> that. <laughs> yep. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that movie was... Ugh. You mean Seth Rogen's Sausage Party? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that written by him? I believe so. Mm. Good job, Seth Rogen. Yeah, sure. yeah great job. <laughs> Nailed it. Debbie Mae West is in it as Dahlia, the, the woman of the movie. The yeah. woman of the movie. <laughs> I guess she's one of a few. Yeah. She's, she's played other famous women in things, like Meryl. Yeah, from Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid. Solid. Right. Meryl. Uh, she's also the voice of Tsunade in, in Naruto. Naruto. That's like actually a fairly big role. That's yeah. like one of the biggest animes ever, and she's a main character in it. Do you guys remember when uh, a kid killed himself, like burying himself in sand because he was watching Naruto? What? He buried himself know. in what? sand. Apparently, there's a ninja that has sand powers Gaara? in Naruto, and some kid was like Gaara. imitating. Naruto's one area of anime nerddom that I am. I have no no expertise in. But he, like, buried himself in, as, in sand, I guess, to imitate this Gaara character and suffocated himself, and he died. Yeah. And I remember in the news, they were like, he died in, imitating Naruto sand ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's I don't think that's um, what it's called. <laughs> that's what I focused on in that news story, <laughs> that they got the anime name wrong. That's amazing. <laughs> Not the dead child. Nope. I went on, like, I had, like a weird guilty pleasure slash dark period where i just watched like all of it mm. and i found it so oddly satisfying because mm-hmm. everything is just special moves from like here till dusk also she's the voice of mave shadow song in warcraft oh specifically the throne of the lich king or the frozen throne rather mm. One of the other characters the villain of this movie is marcus octavius played by nolan north the double n 
Uh, he's done lots of voice and video game work. He has almost 400 IMDb credits, and he's the Penguin in the Arkham Asylum game. Oh, yeah. looking cool. through the IMD credits for any of these people was such a bear because yeah. they all just do a million little things. Right. Especially these people who like have video games and stuff like that built in. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Video games. <laughs> Vidya. This movie also stars actor Scott McNeil. Uh, he plays a couple characters. He plays Amergan, Amergan, whatever. The, the character we're going to have much to say <laughs> yes. about, I, I anticipate. Gregor and lab director. And Scott McNeil... He's been in a shit ton of stuff. He was Wolverine. Including Highlander. Including Highlander. He fought Duncan in the season four premiere, Homeland. He's his cousin Robert. That's right. You'll not make me a cuckold. Get cucked. (laughs) Get cucked, libs. (laughs) He was the character Tallboy on the show Riverdale. But he also plays Flam on My Little Pony. Oh, good. My Little Pony. And then Uh, this movie also stars a little kid named Joe. Which I'm sure we'll also have a lot to say, say about. about yep. uh, who's played by Oki Banks. Okie dokie. He played Luke Cage in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, and he was also, oh. I noticed, one of his very first roles is the Black Dark Ranger in the Power Rangers episodes Green Ranger No More Parts 1 and 2. I'm wow. sorry, what? That's what it said. The None what? what makes the sense. Black Dark Ranger. <laughs> the Black Dark Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a problem. Yeah, nope. <laughs> um, also, did anyone notice on IMDb that a ton of these actors have did, aliases? Have aliases for yeah. this movie. What is that about? I don't know. I, I was trying. like an Alan Smithy scenario? Because one guy is Hank Banks, Ogie, yeah. also known as Hank Banks. But there's a, a number of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Debbie if... May Waste is Ed Lackis. Yeah. What's that about? I don't know. Is it a weird, like, union thing that they couldn't use, like, for some reason they couldn't act under their normal name? Maybe. Nolan North was Zachary Samuels. What is this? Sounds like a fake name to me. Yeah. Zachary Samuels? Yeah, that's like... But a... I don't think this is like an Alan Smithy thing. Like, like that they're ashamed Yeah, I mean, Scott McNeil's flame on My Little to Pony. Highlander. He doesn't yeah. want to bring shame the flame. Yeah, shame. <laughs> shame, can't shame that flame. That's right. It's weird. Then we got two more characters in this movie worth highlighting, which is Kiala. A character, I'm not sure if they ever say her they name. They do not. Because yeah, I'd say, who the fuck is that? Uh, yeah. yeah, I have in my notes, the girlfriend, yeah. question yeah. mark. I uh, believe that is who you mean. Played by Janice Jawed. Janice ja- spelled with a Y. Yeah. What? No thanks. Jacqueline George. <laughs> uh, also in My Little Pony as the innkeeper and Pinkie Pie. Ooh, Pinkie These Pie. names mean nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. um, and she then- only plays alliterative <laughs> characters. It's true. Because she's Janice George. Jippy. Janice Jipper. <laughs> uh, and then finally, the characters Doc and Rudy are played by Mr. Jim Burns. Oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good voice actor. He's got yeah. such a distinct voice. It's nice. Yeah. I just want to mention in the Japanese cast, the Japanese man who played Marcus Octavius, Koichi Yamadera, is Dr. Evil in the Japanese overdub of Austin Powers. <laughs> He's Donald Duck in Kingdom Hearts. He's Don (laughs) Draper in the Japanese dub of Mad Men. Wow. And the weirdest one is he's the dub of fucking Michael Moore in Bowling for Columbine. (laughs) That's amazing. I would love to hear, like, does he try to sound like Michael Moore? I hope so. But what does that mean? Like, just a whiny Japanese (laughs) voice? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Roger. Hey, why, hey, why do you have the guns? Konnichiwa. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's uh, offensive. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. All right, so before we jump into the episode, why don't we read the IMDb 
descriptions. Uh, there's two that are listed here. Ooh. Uh, the first one is very short, which just says, an anime continuation of the Highlander saga following Immortal Colin McCloud's quest for revenge in the future. Mm, and then the longer one is the lone warrior Colin travels with the wisecracking ghost Amergan. <laughs> Wise tracking <laughs> ghost through the ages, searching for the immortal despot Marcus Octavius, who killed his lover on the Celtic plains tens of centuries ago. On his tens, qu- tens, tens, why not millennia? I don't know. Yeah. Why not millennia? On his quest, he discovers New York is submerged, and one what? dominant monolith nope. fortress <laughs> towers over the seas. <laughs> That is that's that, wrong. That's that not true. accurate. Uh, Colin can save the survivors, but his sword only hungers. Wait, for... is that? Hang on. Okay, is yeah. that what we're supposed to be seeing in the beginning of the movie? I get, but that's we'll talk about yeah. it. I don't think uh, I got questions. I think this is wrong. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Colin can save the survivors, but his sword only hungers for the blood of one man. Despite many lifetimes of training, Colin has failed to vanquish Marcus <laughs> on the great battlefields of history. Can he finish what he started and stop Marcus? Will Colin lead the people to freedom or become consumed by hate? Ooh. There can be only one. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's a tagline in the movie, in revenge, patience is a virtue. And after a thousand years, Colin McLeod doesn't give a damn about virtue. What? <laughs> what? That's also, awful. That was so, like, the first bit was, like, punchy enough. Like, it wasn't great, but yeah. it was, like, that's a complete thought. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of punchy, but if you think about it, it doesn't make sense. Like, because it's like patience is a virtue, but Colin McLeod doesn't give a damn about virtue. No, no, like, no. I mean the first part. The In revenge, revenge, patience is a virtue. Right. Period. It could just end there, right? It's about a guy who does this for thousands of fucking years. Right. Yeah. But then, like, the second part, after a thousand years, Colin McLeod doesn't give a damn about virtue. Like, I think it's – it redefines what virtue is – in, like it, it, I don't know. What do you mean he doesn't give a damn about virtue? Like he has been patient, I guess, right? Yeah, but he's done being patient. Mm. I think is what it's supposed to mean. After thousands of years, he's done being patient. But he was—was was he ever patient? He was always trying to kill him. It's not like he was like <laughs> yeah. plotting for a, a thousand years to like, I'm going to create the perfect revenge Storm. plot yeah. to get him. No, he every chance he gets, he just goes bananas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, great. <laughs> uh, so before we hop into this, we should tell the listeners there are different cuts of this movie. Eamon, do you want to explain what those two cuts are? So the director's cut is 11 minutes longer, and the scenes are kind of extended. There's some extra scenes that aren't in the American version. Basically, they got the movie back, and the American producers cut 11 minutes out. And they also rearranged a couple things. Yeah. And put in some title cards. Yeah, they right. put in some some uh, introductory title cards. And um, some narration, I yeah. believe, was added. After a century of terrorism and global warming, the earth has fallen into chaos and decay. Nations have been replaced by city-states, armed fortresses ruled by would-be kings and demagogues. Life is cheap and death comes easy, save for some. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that is an addition yeah. to the American version. Right. right. This doesn't explain anything, really. I mean... No. Did it's we need a, this? I don't it think It says the table, but like I didn't you you get gather very quickly you're in a dystopian future. So it's not yeah. like you really needed to I'm not sitting there wondering like, huh, 
is New York its own city state right now? <laughs> I'm about to say, like, oh, is this still part of the United States of America? Yeah, Kawajiri was not happy with the uh, cuts they made. No, he was not. He was very, very upset. <laughs> I think his version's better. His version is better. Yeah. Because mm. uh, it also, just it lets not... it breathe a little more. Yeah, it's also not a long movie. You know, the Japanese cut is, what, like 96 minutes? Yeah. Cutting, like, 11 minutes out of it, you're, like, under the 90-minute mark, which always gets my hackles up with any movie. Yeah. If I see a movie that's under 90 minutes, I'm like, oh, you can uh, fill this out a little bit. Uh, yeah. Did they expect they were going to get a theatrical release, so they were trying to tighten it up? Like, the reason movies get trimmed in this way is usually because they can make more money. Like, that's how this works. Like, mm. if a movie is 180 minutes long, they go, well, let's make it 160. That's 20 minutes. And if a movie's able to be shown blank times a day, like, instead of showing this movie six times a day, we can show it seven, and we get to make more money. That's, like, the main impetus for usually trimming a movie down like this like not to make it necessarily better like that's why you see directors cuts a lot it's like yeah. sometimes they're taking out like good scenes why wouldn't you let it breathe more like it's a better movie because of it it's usually for more playtime. but it's like this is direct to video like people have already purchased it there's no need to trim it for that reason like did they really think it was going to be a better movie not to like because even some of like the little transition scenes like uh the establishing shots are cut short by a few like a second here and there it's like why did they do that like yeah what's the point yeah I don't know. Very confusing. Very confusing. I feel like they thought they were improving it. I don't I don't think that's the case, though. No. So shall we jump into it? Let's Probably should. Do it. Okay, so I'll set up a lot of the scenes in the American version, and then, Eamon, maybe you can chime in and talk about how the Japanese version is different. Does that work for you? Sure. Cool. So we open, we see warriors in a battle, and it's this is very, like, Highlander 1 opening. Like, Marcus is up on a hill on a horse we see our hero colin mcleod get like stabbed there's a funeral scene which i guess is interesting it's like oh i guess this is his origin story which it turns out it's, it's not, not it's not his origin yeah this this is an addition mm-hmm. to the american version because also this is shown later right this, yeah so there's a, a clip <laughs> a clip that's reused yeah. in so the they, american they, cut of this they movie. chose to take a clip from later reuse it as the very first thing you see and it makes it affirmatively confusing it to does me because the movie lies to you <laughs> yeah yeah this looks like it's supposed to be like his first death mm-hmm. or something and it's, you know, these Scotsmen being like, he came to us a wanderer, but now he is Colin McLeod of the clan McLeod. Right. But, like, that's not his origin That's story. not his origin. I guess the producers thought, like, we need to have a Highlander-y thing up front. So and people are like, oh, it's Highlander. It's like, no shit. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know why we needed it, but it's no, there. It bothered me a lot. And then we start a round of title cards. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. the very first one is after a century of terrorism and global warming, the earth has fallen into chaos. Now we're reusing footage. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Eamon read this. No, that's okay. (laughs) Nations have been replaced by city states. Our fortresses ruled by would-be kings and demigods. Life is cheap and comes easy. Save for some. And there you go. And that's it. I really wish it was in red for – I just said a little note of that. I was like, yeah, it would have been neat if it was – if they'd recorded it, like, in a bathroom. Do. Yeah, yeah and if they'd recorded it in a bathroom. bathroom. But then we also get, after that, like, a second yeah. setup. Like, it's like there's title cards to, like, set this stage. And then we cut to, like, a narration, seemingly a narration. And it's like, what is this now? We're, like, doubling down on our setup. Yeah, and then it's like, the immortals that live among us, for them death comes only when you take their heads. This is the story of one immortal, Colin McLeod, and his everlasting search for vengeance. Ooh. Right. That's the name of the movie. Yeah, that's the movie I'm watching now. 
which is like unnecessary. Like, why do we need all this? I don't know. We didn't set up. But it's, it's also weird because yeah. it's not narration, right? Or like it's this is like narration by a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> That's a character in the movie. And right. this transitions right into him saying, like, don't you ever give up? And it's yeah. like, wait a minute. Is that the narr- – like, who the fuck is telling this story? Right. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so so this is why I asked the question of are we supposed to think New York is submerged? Because he's on, like, a little, like, speedboat slash hovercraft yeah. thing. So he's in New Jersey That's according right, the to the, the title card of the American version. Right. And this is where the director's cut actually starts. And none of this narration is in it. It's just him on a boat approaching a submerged like, parking lot. It's cool. It's reminiscent in some ways of like the first movie just 100%. in the sense that like you just are dropped in the middle. You just see this guy. Yeah, he's going through like a, a stadium right. to get to a parking lot. And then the scoreboard lights up and a weird – the scoreboard talks to him. Yeah, that's the thing is it's the yeah. scoreboard talking to him. And right. it, the scoreboard even says don't you ever quit. Yeah. Right. right. No, the, a skeleton with green eyes says don't you ever quit. Oh, that's green later. Eye. I thought it was right now. No. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah, first the uh the the scoreboard talks to him. <laughs> what's, the, what's the scoreboard? First the scoreboard <laughs> talks yeah. to him. What's like score- that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> what's the scoreboard say? It says don't you ever Don't quit? you ever quit, which is even displayed on the scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like get lost. Oh, and so this is in the year 2187 we should mention. There's a right. title card that says that. So this takes place 168 years from today. But then the weird thing is the dub on the director's cut I think they recorded the audio for this movie twice. They did, because Amergen's voice is different. This ghost that's talking to him of Scott McNeil, he sounds very different in both versions. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why they <laughs> did that. Mm. In the American version, he very much is using like his Wolverine voice. Like he's using a very like a, a version of his voice that will sound very familiar mm-hmm. yeah and in the japanese version he plays it a little straighter yeah huh. but so then he gets this parking lot and there's like a, a fire on the roof on the roof he, he hops out uh, this is like a fucking so, mutant scene yeah. <laughs> yeah. so this scene of the movie takes place in a different movie <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like yeah, the is... opening of this is i mean I think I kind of love it. I love oh, it. I is, love it. This is like it my is, favorite part of the movie. But it is bonkers. Yeah. So a man with a hook hand <laughs> is eating like, is grilling, meat. barbecuing a <laughs> like dragon uh, claw, yeah. Yeah. giant <laughs> falcon claw or whatever yeah. it is. I have no <laughs> idea what it is. And just like rips it off and is just like gnashing it. Yeah. He's got weird elf ears. Mm-hmm. All these people seem like weird mutant demon monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all they all have horns and like there's some. Somebody Three with two eyes heads. and yeah. Oh, also There's a that, mummy. That that hook hand is retractable. He yeah. like shoots it out. Like... Yeah. So these are He Man toys, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I guess these are all like cannibals or something. Even though they're eating a, a dragon, a dragon hand. Because there's well, like a bunch of bodies of hung, right? Yeah, which is yeah. like pretty creepy. I like the mood of all this. Like I no, think like this is cool. The general but... art direction of like the Meadowlands is cool. Like everything's in decay. Everything's flooded. Like this looks cool. Yeah. But this is, this is all just a big burn on New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kaiju's like the scum of New Jersey. <laughs> but this is where Kyle, like, right before this, this is when the, the corpse that's hanging from a chain, which isn't in the American version, right. says, at least you're persistent. But then he says to the corpse, you too. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah, right. This, like, this there is, is no setup for what this relationship is yeah. or who's, With glow- who's really talking. Like, at first right. I was like, is this his head? Like, is Yeah, he, I was like, he's crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe he is. I mean, maybe that could just be it. Yeah. So they're like, who the fuck are you? And he cuts a bunch of these mutants yeah, up they with like his sword. Put a hand on him and they've yeah. got like a gun and swords drawn on him. And then he just cuts all their arms off yeah. <laughs> just in one shot. I got to say, because this is like the first action beat, obviously. We're two minutes into this movie. I was instantly sold on like the kind of superhuman anime speed of... Sure. Like an immortal, I'm like, yeah, send me up. Okay, yeah. that's perfect. This reminds me a lot of, I don't know if you guys have watched, well, I know Kyle has, the Clone Wars cartoon, the first one that was done by Samurai Jack. Oh, people. yeah. Yeah. I loved, I thought it was great, yeah. but like the force powers in that were like bananas over the top. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they did that in a movie, people would be like, that's not how the force works. Yeah. But you totally are into it like in a cartoon or a video game. Like this is like that. Like it's. Yeah. It's this bizarre version of, of, like, reality where everything's exaggerated to, like, the millionth degree. But I'm, like, to- I, it, I still feel like it's kind of grounded. I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah. Because it's not everybody. It's these immortal people. Yeah. And everyone's, like, moving at, like, light speed. It's fucking yeah. great. Totally dope. So these mutant people run away. And out of a trailer comes Malik. We get a, we get a buzz. It's Malik. Yeah. I like the buzz in this. It's kind of mm. like the camera gets all shaky and blurry and it mm. kind of zooms in. It's okay. So Malik is a giant so, Yeah, tell monster. us what this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> He's a giant monster man. Like With shark teeth. Yeah. yeah. And he has an enormous <laughs> chainsaw that's bigger than he is. Right. And he's like seven feet tall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's got like dreadlocks. Yeah. So they talk briefly. He's like, have you come for me or have you come for the reward? He's immortal. Did we say that? Yes, we said that. We said no. there's a buzz. <laughs> there's a so buzz. The people at home know he's immortal. But Colin is disappointed because he thought it was going to be whoever he's searching for. Right. I was kind of wondering. I was like, wait, who did he come for? They don't explore this notion of, like, the quickening and, like, where you're drawn to a place. My guess is, like, Colin is drawn to New York to find Marcus for some reason, like, because of Buzz-related stuff. I just assume he's hunting for – he's looking for Marcus. And he's just going from place to place. To place to place? Okay. Either way. Yeah. But this isn't Marcus. But I guess there's a a bounty on Malik's head. Yeah. And then there's a very similar, like – this guy wants to fight, and Colin's like, don't. He's, <laughs> like just, he, he's just, no one needs to die today. Right. Uh, to me, this reminded me also of, like, the scene in Highlander 1 where yeah. Fazil's, like, there and Connor's, like, wait. Like, yeah. Or don't, or whatever he says. Yeah. It is very evocative. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, so it's like especially, especially in Highlander 1 when Fazil rides his sword <laughs> yeah. through the concrete right? like a motorcycle, Much which like Malik does. Yes. It's amazing. It's he, fucking great. He's just, like, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he stabs the chainsaw onto the ground and rides it towards him. It's fucking dope. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. So they fight a bit on the rooftop, and then they Colin, crash into a mall. Yeah, Colin yeah. gets knocked into a mall because Colin gets the shit kicked out of him at every turn. Like this movie would have you believe Colin is the worst fighter. Well, he's ever. like he's awesome at fighting henchmen, <laughs> and then when he fights the boss a battle person, he yeah, gets he the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, <laughs> so he gets knocked into this like mall. Uh, there's like Christmas lights and a Christmas tree. All right, my entire interpretation of this movie has changed. Oh, it's all it's all a it's Christmas. A Christmas movie. It's all a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's all just like Die Hard. Yeah, that yeah. explains why that character's name's Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mutants decorated the the mall for Christmas just yeah. for themselves. But anyway, Malik jumps down there, and we get a cool like slow mo jump by Colin. And we don't really know what happens. He, like, cuts a pillar in half. And then, like, he's kind of flying in the air. And then he goes to, like, draw his sword from the sheath. And there's just, like, a flash. And he jumps from the floor all yes. the way to, like, the top of, like, an escalator, yeah. basically. Yeah. That's another Kawajiri staple. Normal people jumping way too high. <laughs> 
That's in all of his movies, and I don't know why. <laughs> but it's cool. I like it. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile. I mean, that's why it's cool. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, the mutants are watching and cheering. Yeah. They're going nuts for this shit, which seems like not what is supposed to happen, but. Yeah. Hey. Whose side are they on? <laughs> right. <laughs> also, I, uh, some of them have their arms cut off. and yeah, <laughs> They're just like... bleeding everywhere. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Colin jumps, makes a slash, lands on the escalator. And then Malik is, like, walking towards him, like, taunting him. And then suddenly his, his head, head falls off. Yeah. And it is gruesome. Like, you yeah. see all the muscles and bones in his neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, does his head talk? <laughs> yes. It's the ground. After it hits the ground. <laughs> and he goes, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> and then we get our Highlander line. I'm Colin McLeod of the Clan McLeod. And then fucking crazy metal music starts, and it's awesome. (laughs) And then, so then there's a quickening, and he makes the Colossus yell. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) You know, from the older... And and Malik's body continues is riding the still, es- still an escalator. Yeah. <laughs> but all the Christmas lights come on, yeah, and the escalator yeah. starts moving because of the quickening. And then the whole fucking mall just blows the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It is pretty great. Oh, and a bunch of rats go running. Yeah. in the mall, and I guess that's important because one of these rats ends up being Amber a Gant. ghost as well. They're all, yeah, they're all ghosts. ghosts. They're all ghost rats. So for some reason, this rat is talking to him. <laughs> He's like, you must have gotten great pleasure out of that quickening. <laughs> I think he says it must have really turned you on. Yeah, that's yes. what he says. That's what really he says. Turned- what? <laughs> that quickening must have really turned you on. Ooh. And Colin's like very, he's like panting. He's like, ah, yeah. ah. it's like, oh, this is very sexual again. And he like squirts a little bit of. Ew. Yeah, take, taking his head <laughs> and power. Yeah. So like they're like sprinkling some immortal like lore on this, like taking his head and his power. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we get the opening credit sequence here. Another opening credit sequence, yeah, I suppose. In uh, the director's cut, the only one. The only one, right. Um, so this is kind of cool. Like, we get this crazy flyby of the Statue of Liberty, uh, which oh, I guess wait, is some cool stuff. Th- there's a weird cut before they go to this of, like, somebody playing guitar. guitar yeah. Like, and I was like, playing... what the fuck is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, before they... They explain that, but right. I, I thought it was just a random like right. cut of like, wait, is this, are, are they depicting the the the, the composer <laughs> yeah. of the movie playing guitar? That's right. actually a consistent theme throughout the movie. Yeah. Anytime there's music, you can see the musicians. Yeah, like the they, they cut to a guy playing the saxophone. <laughs> no, but yes, I just wanted to point that out that that was insane. Yeah, Not, for a second, amazing. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> it still is kind of crazy, but. Yeah, so there's a, a, like an overhead shot. This is another Kawajiri uh, staple. Uh, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust opens like this right. with like a fast pan over a city. But it's it's New York, but there's like a decrepit Statue of Liberty. And right. It goes to the top of this really high golden tower. Right, which like the all of Central Park has become this like weird city thing. This like enclosed gated. It's a gated community. community yeah. <laughs> and on Did top any... of a tower, there's somebody playing electric guitar. guitar. Can we also talk about the font? Because as usual, I've oh, the font, font, font yeah. rewatch. Yeah. What do you? What did you, I didn't notice? I it. fucking hated the font. I was like, yeah. oh, here's a new weird font. And I thought it looked like shit. Like, it looked like they just added it way later Mm. to be like, oh, let's put the title here. I don't know. I thought the graphics were... And it's not the Highlander font. No, it's not like... It's not any of the previous Highlander fonts. It's like a new one, and it was so not specific. It was just like, oh, okay. Like, it seemed like somebody went into Microsoft Word and picked a 3D clip art Mm. thing and was like, here it is. I don't like it. Well, that's my take on the font. Sorry, guys. 
interrupt the show. It's an important aspect of our podcast history. All right. So we hit, hit the top of this tower, which mm-hmm. is a big pyramid, and we meet Marcus, the guitar guitar playing Marcus. Yeah. Who's shredding. He, he is shredding. This is an odd little effect for this character. Does this ever come back? His guitar playing? Yeah. No. Although, like, the line he says is, I guess, significant. Because his girl, his unnamed girlfriend through the whole movie, what's her yeah, name again? Kiala. Kiala, whatever. Yeah. Mortal Kombat Which character. doesn't sound like a Japanese name to me. She's like, oh, it's beautiful. It's the name of a cat. Yeah. <laughs> this is my cat, Kiala. I mean, she basically sort of is that in this <laughs> movie. But she's like, that was beautiful. And he was like, beautiful, but not perfect. And he's yeah. like a man after perfection. Well, mm-hmm. in one of the flashbacks, he's playing like a liar oh that's, that's right yeah whatever. so it is yeah. important or it's, it's, it's not important, important. It's, it's not important just it's just a visual cue yeah. Yeah, yeah it comes back i guess i like the absurdity of him playing electric guitar on, on a like, roof the roof yeah i had a, in my notes i was like this is the mu- music of the future like, yeah. <laughs> like this is it the sound of the future but apparently in the just, original script it was supposed to be uh stairway to heaven was oh really song. yeah oh. who could afford it though uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. uh but then they determined that they thought this music would like kind of fit better with the vibe of the yeah yeah <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't know if they're right. But I, don't know. I don't think they are, but that's fine. But they, I guess, observe that there's been a quickening in New mm-hmm. Jersey, and they're yeah. like, "Ooh, a quickening!" Like Marcus has a statue of Ben Hur, like statue of horses. I don't yeah. know if there's a chariot attached to it. I don't know. Yeah, he's like horses. the whole place is like decked out with statues. It's very like yeah. grandiose, and he has like shocking white hair. Yeah, in a glorious mullet. Yeah, yeah. and everyone has like long, uh, like mutton choppy looking mm-hmm. things. But I guess that's their. Is it their hair? I don't think it's facial hair. It's just like. That's their hair. Yeah, yeah. it's their hair. It, but like they, it like hangs the, in thick the chunks. Women on the side. have it too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's almost it, like a helmet. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's so weird that everyone has it. This that, is the, this is another. This is the future. Yeah, this is another weird Kawajiri design thing. All his characters have weird hair like this, and the woman he's with is like this lithe, dark haired snake woman. <laughs> <laughs> So we cut, and Colin is crossing the George Washington Bridge, approaching the, like, gated, like, I guess all of New York is, like, surrounded by a wall. Yeah. Hashtag built the wall. But, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Got a state of emergency in New York City right now. That's right. Because of a virus outbreak. <laughs> yeah. Colin meets the robot spider guards. <laughs> all right. So now we're in a different movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where there are robot spider guards and Nazis with cyborg, excuse me, cyborg nazis this guy's got like a robot eye but the scene of colin approaching the bridge is cut short and in the in the director's cut it's actually really cool because you see more of like how the world is like the i guess is this the brooklyn bridge or it's the george washington george bridge. washington bridge but there's like sunken like aircraft carriers and like i think it's really cool yeah but then we, he comes to the wall with the with the robot right and robot guards. so they ask if he has like a travel pass or a city id and he gives them his bag which just has Malik's fucking head in it. Oh, what? Damn! Damn! <laughs> Damn! Damn! <laughs> Outstanding! <laughs> so he wants to get paid and just kind of be on his way. Right. Like, he doesn't plan to dawdle here. But then we cut back to Pyramid Town, and Marcus <laughs> seems to be making a statue of himself. Right? Yeah. As you do as a psychopath. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then his cat comes over. Yeah. And you can literally see her butt cheeks. Yeah, her yeah. outfit is designed to just show her ass. <laughs> just to, like, show cheek. Yep. Yeah, it's really hot. Uh, so she tells him that Malik's killer is there, I guess, because he wants to meet 
him? Yeah, why does he want to meet him? Does he, he suspect wants, something I, already? I was wondering this or as well. Or because of the quickening. I think it's the way he must be reasoning it, it is he, he saw the quickening the night before. Now Malik's killer has showed up. There's only one way that could have happened, which is a, it must be an immortal that right, killed right. him. So I guess he wants to have that person brought so maybe he can fight them too. That's my know. guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Or maybe even knows Malik's immortal. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good question. Malik. His Mal- name's Malik. It's not Malik. It's Malik. Director. Terrence Malik. Terrence Malik. Terrence Malik. Terrence, yeah. Terrence <laughs> the Malik. first it's fight Terrence is with Malik. Terrence Malik. <laughs> yeah. And the entire movie is cut in a weird order. Weird. And it's yeah. random. Dinosaurs <laughs> stuck in there. <laughs> That's what they were life. eating in the beginning. They were roasting uh, a dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, I'm not going to go up there. I just want to take my money and leave. But he doesn't have a choice. So he gets kidnapped. He gets convinced by an insect not to fight these guys. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bug. A bug Discretion is the better part of valor. What is? Discretion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he says discretion is the better part. Or better form. I had written down is the better part of the fellow. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's definitely not what he says. Discretion is the better part of the that, fellow. <laughs> I wrote thing, it down. That, and I was like, I don't know what this that means. That famous <laughs> idiom. <laughs> All right, well. What's the better part of the fellow? Discretion. The dick. <laughs> Discretion. <laughs> The guards take Colin inside the city, and he's. Let's talk about these vehicles. They're like tank cars like from like side the cars. 40s. Yeah, yeah. yeah, with side, side cars. They're really bananas. So the guard says that the virus killed most of them, floods, pollution, and bad genetic engineering did the rest. And as the- you go by, literally piles of corpses, <laughs> just giant piles. This is just a weird. I wrote in the director's cut. They say it had the virus has an eighty-seven percent kill rate, and in the dub, it has. Are in the American version in 80%. What the hell? Why? I don't understand. What's at 7%? I think that 7% is a little far-fetched. <laughs> That's a little too high. Yeah, we should lower that down a little bit. Uh, they, so they say you have to get vaccinated if you want to keep your ass safe. Yeah, yeah. and to which he puzzling responds, not my problem. He's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> Colin, the ultimate anti-vaxxer. Which, that's what it sounds like. It just yeah. he's suicidal. He's like, not yeah. my problem. Why, why isn't the response just, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess he doesn't need it. Yeah, I think I think it's just supposed to be like a funny quip. It's like, yeah. ah, doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Like, I'm fucking immortal, bitch. <laughs> yeah, he might as well have just said that. But he's an anti-vaxxer. Right. So so he wants to get out of the car. Because the spider walker guys, these are literally robot spider walkers <laughs> with machine guns, are riding next door in like a car with a sidecar. Yeah. I have a question. Do we think the robots are a Kawajiri? Ad, the spider robots, or do we think? Oh, is, is this a joke? Is this, a, thing? Is this or 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 David Abramowitz? I mean, we know the the series has dealt with spy, a spider villain before. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh spiders the, are cool. Yeah, the Colonel, the Colonel, yeah, yeah. check out these. How about and these? War of the Worlds is all about Spider Walker. Right. Yeah. Guys. That's interesting. Yeah. But maybe it is a Joe Pearson ad. The uh, I think actually a lot of the vehicles seem very Joe Pearson-y. They do. Yeah. Mm. So perhaps he had a lot to do with the influence. Uh, the design. The design. Design. So anyway, Colin hatches an escape plan, which is, I mean, it's hardly a plan. Which he, is to <laughs> grab a gun and shoot people with Shoot it. the driver and the <laughs> yeah. fucking car spins and flips and colin jumps out in anime fashion and, and uh, everybody breaks their fucking neck in yeah. the air yeah <laughs> i think that guy lives doesn't he oh does he? oh does he i, thought I he don't was... know i thought we saw him again yeah they I all look the do. same <laughs> i think they just had one design for all the henchmen yeah they, uh, they wasted all their design power on the monsters in the beginning <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the monster demon men. That is true. Yeah. Like, they're super cool. Like, they're all crazy unique. And a the lot of the other characters. The ten minutes of this movie is amazing. Yeah. And if that was all that existed, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. just a little short. <laughs> this little kid, Joe, pokes his head out of a manhole. I think this is a cool shot. I like the little POV thing. Yeah. I liked it. I don't know. He comes over and steals the unconscious or dead guards watch right yeah. and then joe gets right to pimping he's like yeah. oh i can get you food clean water or women yeah you're a child yes yeah. well also why are you in this movie child uh, yeah oh, great question this is another kawajiri thing of, in like, um, weird kid sidekicks yeah in demon city shinjuku there's a little kid who in the dub they make him sound like tattoo from fantasy island <laughs> Hervé Hervé Villachez, but he's the, he's the exact same character. He's hmm. just like a little scamp who like knows everything about the town and like does deals and all that crap. Yeah, and we and should he talk lives about in the sewer as well. <laughs> we should talk about the design of this character, which Joe Pearson yes told us about. Uh, I guess this was it seemed like a big fight that took a while to resolve. Mm-hmm. So basically, originally the design of Joe, who's a, a, a little black boy, was very. Uh, Sambo E in yeah. the original oh, oh no. designs. And they were like, uh, you can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not in America. And he no. was like, I don't see what the problem yeah. is. And he was like, this is normal. And they tried to lie and say, oh, we can't change it now. Right. And Joe was like, no, you, you, you have to change it. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I don't know. Anime has a real problem with these like oh, Sambo characters. Sure does. I'm looking at you, Mr. Popo. Yeah. Or from Dragon Ball or uh, Jinx from Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Japan they haven't they haven't uh, quite caught up with <laughs> the rest of the world. Oh boy, on, uh, well, not neither- depicting black characters like this. Well, it's okay. Neither is the governor of Virginia. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess judge not. That's a good point. Uh, so Colin asks for some whiskey, and Joe's like, "Ah, it's easy. You got to go to Rudy's bar or whatever. Look for the cow head, <laughs> right?" And I was like, "What? Like this does not pay off, right?" And it's yeah, by it the, does. It does? There's a cow well, head? Well, yeah. When there's he a, enters the bar, there's a, there's a cow, cow skull. skull. In it. the bar? No, above, above it. Above the entrance. Oh, how did I Because he has to like, go shit. underground. There's they like only show it for like a split second. And also it's they said it's really like, near the pier. I assumed this yeah. was going to be like a pier bar. <laughs> yeah, pier, pier bar. bar. Really? Yeah. Like, a, like Kavanaugh's River Deck? There's people dancing on the pier. And it collapsed and everyone fell into the river. That's a thing that happened in Philadelphia years ago now. Yeah. And then the police got in trouble because they stole kegs of beer who remembers that, <laughs> that or was that firefighters awesome during the rescue effort i guess well a bunch of kegs of beer fell into the delaware river and i guess when they were they doing fished them out they <laughs> took them and they took them home or whatever and they got in a lot of trouble because that was not theirs to take yep that's amazing so anyway at this point mac is in the city mac is in the city i does anyone not call him mac i no, feel like in my colin. notes i always write colin which me is too. weird yeah, yeah i'm like he's i not, can't call him he's mac. not a mac he's not a yeah. mac yeah also he shoehorned into being a Mac. Oh, as we call him anyway. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that. So anyway, at this point, Colin has taken a head. He's made it into the city. He's murdered some guards. He's and he's some, met Joe. Made some money. He's made some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. He made like a wad of cash yeah. for mm-hmm. killing Malik. He's yeah. got those fat Malik, stacks. excuse Malik. me. Malik. Terrence, Ma- Terrence, Terrence Malik. Malik. Terrence Malik. Terrence Malik. Yeah. Uh, anyway, at this point, he's on his way to Rudy's uh, mm-hmm. for some whiskey. But I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, and we're going to kick off the rest of the story next episode. Before we give our first thoughts on, I don't know, what you could consider maybe the first reel of the movie. First impression. Yes. Uh, why don't we play a little game? All right. We are going to play a little game called 
anime, porn, or reality TV. Ooh. I am going to read you a quote from one of those source materials, and you will have to chime in when you think you know about whether it is from an anime, a porn, or a reality TV. I almost got cheeky, but before you ask, no, none of them are from an anime porn. Aww. Aww. My favorite. (laughs) All right. Question the first. (laughs) The first? Uh, Boobs aren't fat. They're filled with men's hopes and dreams. Reality TV. Incorrect. Uh, Porn. That is from an anime, The (laughs) Ambition of Oda Nobuna. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So no points that ran. Oda Nobuna. (laughs) Question the second. I should have known that. Pornography can save the world. Reality TV. No. Anime. Correct. That is from Assassination Classroom. Apparently they're uh, trying that's to. A, that's a title that this gives me bad images right away. <laughs> yeah. I don't like What's that. Whatever you mean. Oh boy. Uh, I have not seen it, but apparently they are trying to catch a tentacle monster when this is going on. I don't know. I think they somehow ensnare it with pornography. Ooh. It seems like some like very you. Japanese shit. Mm. All right. Three. I feel we owe it to the island spirits that we have learned to come to know to let it be in the end the way Mother Nature intended it to be. Reality. For the snake to eat the rat. Yes, that is That from... sounds like fucking Survivor shit. That is Survivor. Oh, damn. <laughs> Fuck the... you, Keith. <laughs> Sorry. Mother Nature intended it to be for the snake to eat the rat. I'll take a potato chip and eat it. Porn. Anime. <laughs> it is, in fact, from the anime Death Note. Ooh. <laughs> it is a major point in which the main character, Light, as part of his plan, needs to eat a potato chip. And he is narrating it. <laughs> I'll take a potato chip. And eat, eat it. it. All right. Here, this one is always fun. Oh, here go hell come. Oh, what? Oh, here go hell come. Uh, that's anime. That is not. It's not wait, reality. Wait. Yes. That wait, what's is that from? from? Fashion show. Ooh. Oh, here uh, go hell come. I think I saw that on the soup, right? Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> uh, it's amazing. What? I, don't, uh, I still don't understand what it is. Oh, here go hell come. <laughs> Yeah. That's like a all your base belong to us. Oh, it's base. done live <laughs> in a talking head. Or belong to us. Yeah. All right. Put my point down. Oh, you said I'm sorry, Eamon. I'm sorry. We're tied up. <laughs> tied up. Tied up. Like my like my favorite porn. Oh, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say like in my favorite pornos. Ooh. Tied up. My yeah. favorite pornos. <laughs> a punch to the scrotum is unforgivable. Anime. Yes, that is from My Hero Academia, Ooh. which is very good if you haven't seen it. I Macadamia? My Hero Macadamia. Yeah, it's his favorite it's an ad not. campaign. <laughs> Question the seventh. Ooh. I'm tired of those damn lemon-stealing whores. Reality. No. Porn. That is from a porn. Ooh. Nice. Which porn is it? That is from a porn dubbed Lemon Stealing Whores on Reddit. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh that one. Yeah. What's the real title? I have no idea. Oh, man. Uh, Backdoor uh, slit, slits slits 25. Black, I, I just said black door. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Black door slit sluts 75. <laughs> this is recorded. <laughs> Question eight. Mennonite women just don't go to the spa and spread their legs and let somebody yank their hair out of them. Reality. Yes, that is from Breaking Amish. Mm. Oh. What? <laughs> so the score right now is five to two. Eamon is crushing I'm me. Killing it. Wow. You really know your anime and porn. <laughs> <laughs> My two favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, this one goes out specifically for you. Okay. Ooh. 
your slimy, dishonest, manipulative, slutty little bitch who doesn't know <laughs> if she likes dick or vagina. <laughs> uh, reality? Yes. That's from the real world. Jesus, could you read that one more time? <laughs> You're a slimy, dishonest, manipulative, slutty little bitch who doesn't know if she likes dick or vagina. <laughs> wow. Ooh. I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Question the tenth. If I get reincarnated, I want to become a clam. Porn. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anime. Yes, that is from One Piece. Ooh. Said by Monkey D. Luffy. Monkey D. Jesus, Luffy. I know nothing about anime. This is all insane to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One Piece starring Monkey D. Luffy. <laughs> well, he took a bite of gum gum fruit, oh, and it boy. makes him really stretchy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Final question. Ooh. Ooh. I have no chance to catch up. All right. I'm not scared. Just looking for an entrance to the mayonnaise kingdom. Porn. No. Damn uh, reality. That is from anime. Oh, Gintama. Kingdom. So the final score is Amen 6, Keith 3. <laughs> wow. Cleaning up. There was only one porn in there. It was a real uh, That's misdirection. I wish there was more porn yeah. in there. Next time, Kyle, make the game porn, porn, or porn. <laughs> I think it's porn. Okay. Butthole Sphincters 75. <laughs> okay. Well, that was fun. Congratulations, Eamon. Thank you. Thank your, you. Your facility with anime, porn, and reality TV mm-hmm. have served you well here. My three areas of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think about the kind of first couple action beats of the movie? I think it's promising, especially the director's cut version. Yeah, I was sold instantly on the whole mutant shit. Oh, it was cool. Yeah. I was like way into that. Uh, and the action is awesome. And like, it has, it's really cool. Yeah, it has a man riding a chainsaw across the floor. Right. <laughs> How can you beat that? Yeah. The, the music, I thought even the music was cool. Like, no. the, when the first quickening happens and, like, there's, like, heavy metal music, I'm like, shit, this is cool. Yeah, there's a guitar solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has it all. Yeah. Uh, not a lot here for the ladies, no. I'm inclined to say. This is going to be, if it hasn't already been, hyper-violent and very... <laughs> Like, kind of sexist. Very kind of sexist. Yeah. <laughs> very, uh... Yes. Yeah. It's very male gazy yeah. at a minimum. In true Highlander tradition, yeah. this movie has problems with the female characters in a big way. Yeah. Which is also a problem with a lot of anime. So. Sure. Oh, yeah. And specifically, a lot of Kawajiri stuff. Absolutely. So, we've gotten some hints of that already. More what to was, come. There's yeah. definitely more to come. So, this is interesting, because this is in my head, really for a a very specific part of the Highlander demographic. Like, this is for what they thought the Highlander demographic was going to be when they made it initially, like teenage boys. Like the TV show, specifically. Yeah. Like, they thought this is going to be a cool action karate show, but then ended up having a strong female following for, like, the romance and sexy elements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, like, older women. Right. Older women. Not sure there's a lot here for you. On this yeah. one. This is very much a young boy fest mm-hmm. in terms of what it's going for. That'd be interesting to hear from our listeners. Yeah. In that demographic, what they think of this movie. Right. I mean, for me, well, I dig I dig the opening. The, my least favorite part is the Amergan. The ghost? Like, mostly because it's in the U.S. version, at least, which was the first version I watched. It's just confusing. I'm just like, what? what is this? Like, I don't know what to make of it. Like, I'm not, like, by and large against having, like... A spirit guide or something. It's like, okay, I guess so. Like, he's got, like, an Obi-Wan figure that 
gives him advice. Then, like, but like Obi Wan, if he was just like bugging him, constantly. yeah, just like a real pain in the ass. But like, it's just confusing what is happening in the beginning. Like, I don't know if it's really a spirit guide or he's an insane person in the U.S. cut. No, it's a spirit. We come to learn certainly that it is a spirit. Oh, guide. eventually, but like at this moment, I don't know. He talks to flies and a rat uh, and a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> this is my friend, the billboard, and a, and a hanging corpse. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, he can he can inhabit. <laughs> machinery as well as right. corpses yeah how do we feel about the decision to set this in the future i like it it's strange and i have some i have some other thoughts that maybe i'll mention in our last episode about like how this fits into the highlander universe in general like not necessarily like canon wise like where does this fit in like does Con- connor mcleod well you see the, the shield has failed right and uh but it, it's it is very strange considering the like insane failure of highlander 2 that they were like, you know what? Let's do another future movie, like a dystopian future thing. It's like, wh- why even try to go back to that well? It just seems like a strange decision from Jump to yeah. like even attempt it. But I don't mind it too much. It's like this is a pretty successful version of it. Maybe because eventually it's got a lot of flashbacks, which help. Yeah. I like the mutant dystopian future a lot better than once they get into the city version of the future. Yeah. There's no more mutants in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Like, a like, lot of the the, the right. character gets kind of drained out of it a little bit after this first ten minutes. Because it's got so much pizzazz early yeah. on. There's not a lot of... I mean, we'll we'll maybe discuss this more later. But, like, it doesn't need to be set in the future, per se. No. Like, I mean, the, the really. plot would have to be tweaked slightly, but, like, it might not be this weird virus thing. I mean, like, you know, maybe not a city-state, but I don't know. I feel like the motivations of characters don't have to be that crazy. It's mostly, I guess, set in the future for visual flair? Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole deal. You know, I don't have any children, but I draw like a child. Problem is... <laughs> When I'm finished with my artwork, I have nowhere to no way to hang it, no way to put it up anywhere. It's actually really disappointing. Yeah, when I uh, dig through your fridge when you're not at home, I don't see any anything adorning the fridge, frankly, let alone your uh, beautiful artwork. Yeah, well, that's a, a real missed opportunity. If only somebody could help me solve it. I know. If only somebody had a product that would affix itself to a refrigerator. Keith, what do you, what do you think about this issue? Guys, I've been hearing this play out i got an idea really yeah I do. <laughs> okay do i need to sit down yeah brace yourself <laughs> we'll both sit down okay good all right Are sitting down, down. Okay, all good. right great guys did you know the highlander rewatch podcast which you two are hosts on did you know we have products that wait what <laughs> sorry excuse yeah. me yeah we offer magnets which last time i checked do stick to well most fridges wow yeah Oh, I think I remember uh, doing the artwork for this. That's oh, right. That's, yeah, we yeah, did have you do that. That took yeah. a long time. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't remember it. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I think I remember drawing a Duncan McLeod magnet, mm-hmm. a Mythos magnet. I remember you drawing the Mythos magnet a couple times. Yes, yes. <laughs> multiple times due to editorial feedback. <laughs> <laughs> An Amanda magnet and a special Highlands barbarian duncan magnet i think yeah. you don't remember doing a joe magnet and a joe magnet oh you do remember that now. the watcher yeah <laughs> the, watcher. <laughs> the watcher well we took that art and we stuck it onto magnets i didn't glue. know you could do with, that yes. with glue it's it's a fixed we <laughs> we glued all of them yes. personally but we offer a line of high quality durable highlander collectible magnets through our facebook page and through our etsy shop Ooh, where can i find those 
You can go to Etsy.com and just search for Highlander Rewatch and our magnet set will pop right up. And if you go to the desktop version of Facebook, click on the Shop Now button on the top of our Facebook page. The magnets are only $15 plus shipping and handling, and they will last a lifetime. Wait, $50 for all of them? All five magnets. Not one. Not one. Not two. All five? Not three. Not four. But five. Wow. wow. Holy balls. That's a deal. Holy <laughs> balls. <laughs> Incredible. Well, I know what my next piece of artwork is going to be. It's going to be a childlike rendition of the gas leak in Eamon's house that caused them to forget drawing. Yeah. <laughs> Who is are it? you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's just going to look like your house mm-hmm. because I imagine the gas is invisible. That's right. And I, I live like a slob, so it's just going to be like a scribbly mess. Perfect. That is exactly within my skill set. There we go. Buy our magnets today. Joe says, go to Rudy's for some whiskey, look for the cow head. And then as he leaves, we see that Joe and Colin are not alone. Right. They're being watched by some armed people. By watchers. Right. No, just kidding. Dahlia. Dahlia Dahlia. Al Ghul. That's right. (laughs) I've been that the whole time, too. (laughs) Dahlia Al Ghul. So, like, Dahlia is wearing... She has short red hair. She's wearing a She's got those mutton chops that everyone has. She has mutton chops. (laughs) And then she's wearing a bra, a, like, leather skirt, and, like, garter belts yeah she's basically in her underwear 90 percent of the movie yeah Yeah. if she's not in her underwear she's naked in the movie Mm -hmm. so yes that's this character's visualization even when she's storming a facility (laughs) you don't wear a gunfire and like she's just in a bra and panties yep that's okay. She's going to have a chick fight with someone who's similarly disrobed. That's, that's true. <laughs> so we cut to Rudy's bar. This is a bar that's like in a basement, but there's a portrait of Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> wait, I didn't notice this. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, so that's why it's... America's wait. mayor? Yeah. So we America's think Rudy's... Mayor, but he's also named Rudy. Right. The bartender's Rudy. Yeah. But the bar might be Rudy... Wow, I did not notice that. Yeah, there's like a, a painting or a framed photo. Wow. Well, it's not literally Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. It's, it's not? 2,187. Well, the painting can exist. Yeah. So yeah. do we think this bar is an homage, like a post-9-11 yeah. uh, nod to Rudy? Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the best. Him being in this is probably the best thing to happen to Rudy since 9-11. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Uh, so Colin gets a, a bottle of scotch or whatever, takes it. It's, there's some, like, soul Motown playing. Yeah. It's a hip joint, right? Yeah, it's really hip. <laughs> yeah, it's really hip. Uh, it but seems to be. The the bar's clientele seems to be all Mario's. <laughs> <laughs> a whole series and of Mario's. Rudy himself also resembles Mario. Yeah. Mario Mario. Mario Mario. Oh, I yeah. thought you meant Mario Batali. No, no not, not Mario, Mario Batali. No, no. Although the next yeah, scene has a yeah. very, very Mario Batali esque character. Yeah. So <laughs> Dahlia comes into the bar. I guess she's maybe followed Colin here. Yeah. And this fucking clown Freddy grabs her. And he's like, I got the money. Give me the goods. And if you don't, I'm just going to take it. So here we go. Here yeah, right it here begins. Classic Highlander fashion. Then she pulls a knife out and like puts it to his nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a choice, Freddy. You can either back off or you can go home with your little friends in a paper cup. Yeah. <laughs> So, this so like, she has moxie, apparently. So yeah. this, she's a strong female character. Yeah, that's right. That's what a strong female character is, right? Sure. Yeah. Meanwhile, 
Colin McLeod is giving himself alcohol poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> he drinks half a fifth of whiskey <laughs> in five in, in minutes. Less. <laughs> yeah. Less than five minutes. That's our hero. Also, he does That's nothing to help. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, the He's woman. a very apathetic Not that she hero. needs help, but, like, no, she's why not help? I'm just like, yeah, why not help? Yeah, why right. not prevent the woman from being raped? <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what I would hopefully do. Prevent? That's what I would hopefully well, I mean, do. I think, but yeah, I mean, prevent rape is, uh, you know, a good, a good thing. Sorry, what <laughs> yeah. am I talking about? Yeah, preventing rape is a good thing. <laughs> I think we can all agree. Yeah, we that. can all agree. Sure. Well, we should mention the bartender. Well, I guess we mentioned earlier, the bartender is voiced by none other than Mr. Jim Burns. Jimmy. Which is, I guess, funny because he's a bartender in the show. Yeah. Highlander the series. Oh, that to, show. To clarify. To clarify the show you meant. I think yeah. you meant Cheers. I was... <laughs> yep, he's in Cheers. Yeah, Joe Dawson. It's Ted dancing mm-hmm. yeah. and cheers. Joe Dawson, Jim Burns. <laughs> Dolly sees, sees Mac in the corner and she's like, you don't need to drink that. All you need is me. And then and we he's get like, what? And there's a crazy quick flash to a woman being crucified. And, and I was like, holy oh, shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, there's a woman being crucified. And it's like, oh, this is surprising. Right. Yeah. Uh, so as T- Dolly, I just called her Talia, uh, walks towards him. She like morphs into another woman. And so this is like our flashback mm-hmm. transition. Uh, and so the title card says Northern England 125 AD. Deep flashback. Yes. Also, at this point, I was very confused because in the U.S. version, again, we meet in the very first scene, we see Colin as like a Scottish Highland guy. Yeah. Right. And the, the, when the title card was like Northern England, I was like, like you mean what? you mean Northern Northern England? It's called Scotland. <laughs> like, I, I thought that's what it meant. No, this is really supposed to be, I guess, Northern England, but there's some geographical problems later and we'll get to that. But let's talk about the flashback. So they're at like a big gathering. Not the gathering. Right. A different one. A di- different gathering. There's a fire and they're celebrating. Or I guess they're not celebrating, but they're getting ready to fight Roman warriors. Yeah, they're going to go day. into battle the next day. Yeah. It looks cool. It's all, like, orange. I like the way, like, the, the color palette on it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we do see another, this other woman that he saw before who echoes that line, you don't need to get drunk. You just need, need me. me. Right. And then he dunks a beer on his friend's head. Yeah. yeah. His friend, who I have definitely seen this anime character before, like this kind of like mustache man, mustache <laughs> guy <laughs> whose mouth can like encompass his entire head. Mm-hmm. Like this is like an anime character after a fashion. It says, to our fearless leader who has less trouble conquering Romans than he does his wife. <laughs> At which point he pours the contents of like this ale horn on his head like it's Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> he just that guy just won the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl of mouths. <laughs> <laughs> Him and his girlfriend, they're like, let's go have sex in our weird teepee. Our giant our <laughs> it's giant his wife, thank you very much. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, him and his, his wife, wife are gonna go bang in the like Is it a yurt? the four story <laughs> teepee that they've yeah. got. So uh, it's to glory, there's like a big spirit. Speech to glory, to honor. The most generic shit yeah. ever. Right. They all raise their swords, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, they go into bang around. To to freedom, to glory. To honor. For honor. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> do they ever say who these people are? No. No. It's odd. I'm like, who are? Like, yeah, I don't know who these people are. They're just a bunch of crumb bums. I don't know. <laughs> Colin's got like a pretty ornate crib. It's all like decked out with shit. I mean, yeah. for a teepee, I guess it's pretty nice. For a teepee, it's like the fucking Ritz-Carlton. Yeah. So. 
But he says he will love no other till the day I die. Ooh. And then she's like, what which is tomorrow. To, yeah, which, <laughs> what prompted him to say that? Also, harsh follow-up from yeah. Moya, we find out her name Yeah, her is. name is yeah. Moya. Moya. I, at first I was like, Moira? Moya. I kept on wanting it to be Moira, but it's not. It's Moya. It's Moya. Is that a, I should have looked this up. Is that a traditional English, old English name? Moya. I don't know. I didn't look at it. It's a weird name. Yeah. <laughs> as, as opposed to Colin. Yeah. As opposed to Colin. <laughs> yeah. She, I'm sure you looked up and determined it was an old English name. Well, no, but yeah, that's like a traditional Colin. Is yeah. it? I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a traditional like Scottish name though. Mm. Colin. Yeah. But we're not in Scotland. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Or maybe they are in Scotland in the director's cut. We don't know. Where they yeah. are. True. Where they are is of is never established yeah, in the director's not. cut. Yeah. But she's like. You're going to face off against... Uh, 2,000 legionnaires. Yeah. And Colin only has 400 men. Colin's like, I just want a proper farewell, which means fucking... fucking. Oh, was that what that meant? Uh-huh. I thought it was like a special handshake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which uh, is, consequently, a one way of describing fucking. Sure, true. I guess a special, special handshake. handshake. But Colin says it's better to fight than to live as slaves, and they have to keep their honor. Uh, so I guess Colin knows they're going to die, but it's like, well, that's better than the alternative. So Right. But she's like, no, you got to live. Like, my father didn't leave you in charge so that you could get everybody killed. Right. So they drink some wine. They toast to victory. Or do both of them drink? Uh-uh. Uh-oh. They toast. And then he says either you are my life or you are my wife. <laughs> I think he says my life. Okay. My life. <laughs> my life. <laughs> I thought he said, you are my wife. And I was amazing. like, no, duh. No, yeah. <laughs> we know already. You said that. You are my wife. He's drugged. Right. So he gets drugged. He collapses. So we don't really know what his wife's game is yet. But she's mm-hmm. like, ah, please forgive me. Mm. So then we cut. Hey, is there going to be more threats of sexual violence? Yes. Right Two now. in a row. <laughs> Two in a row. So we go to a Roman camp and Moya has shown up. And she says she needs to talk to Marcus Octavius. And then for no reason, a guard's like, I could rape you and kill you, and no one would care. It's like, oh, boy. Like, great. <laughs> great. <Okay. laughs> like, stop bragging. Why? Why say that? I guess to establish that in this timeline, Romans are the bad guys. I guess. Or, and like, also, like, perspective. he's showing yeah. off in front of his front of his bros. He's, he's like, like yo, guys. Can... He's like, I could rape her. No yeah. one would care. I could rape and murder this defenseless person. Yeah, cool, bro. Nice spear. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Marcus dick. Uh, comes out, and he's got, like, well, the, the zoom to Marcus is pretty cool. I yeah. dig this. Uh, but, like, Marcus's tent is bananas. Like, yeah, the, it the has in this maybe a 12-ton statue of an eagle. <laughs> yeah. it, it is the biggest. <laughs> what slum has to carry that around? <laughs> yeah. But it's awesome. This is pretty cool. It was. Um, yeah, he, he intercedes on her behalf. Right. He has, like, scrolls and stuff. Right, and he's asking if she can read. Or she's asked him, like, why do you need to kill my people uh and this is the clip at the top of the episode and he says it's because it's the way of nature we are a superior civilization so he's a piece of shit racist uh and he says one day the entire world will know the peace of rome so anyway he thinks it's his like duty to conquer basically the earth in the name of rome in the name of rome um and she is asking him not to do that yeah He's like, well, what are you gonna? What are you gonna offer me in return? <laughs> that is actually what this character's voice sounds yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that. that was a dead. Do you know how to read? It's classic Roman accent. <laughs> they also a pity. They also like kind of like a Rocky Balboa dropped yeah. on a brick. 
You moyo, you moyo. Men have written some of the most beautiful poetry of all time. So then she's like, "I'll oh, fuck you," and she right? Takes and her she takes the clothes off, yeah. and then she brutally stabs she him. Stabs and this is the, shit the deaths so in this movie visceral. <laughs> like she like stabs him repeatedly, and they're just fountains of blood. And his face contorts into like a zombie. Yeah, yeah. it's horrifying. I was curious, Eamon, is this a Kawajiri thing in all his movies? Like, I notice when everybody's dead, like their eyeballs are yeah. like bananas. Like they're all going in different directions, so they're yeah. rolled back in their head. It's uh, definitely a, a design, yeah, a conscious design. But yeah, it's, it was. I guess it's cool. I mean, yeah, it's a bunch of visual flair, and it yeah. was gross. Yeah. <laughs> Fountains of blood, Very gross. He like turns into the crypt keeper. Like, <laughs> he does. Yeah. Does he have blood coming out of his eyes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yes, he does. He's just like. <laughs> It's savage. Yeah. Uh, so then she escapes. Yep. But who or does she? Yeah, who finds her? But a bloody Marcus. Yeah, That's with right. a knife still sticking out of his chest. Uh, and he like fucking choke slams her against the wall. Uh, she's freaking out, and he says she will watch everything she loves die tonight. So they're like moving forward the attack to tonight instead yeah. of tomorrow. Uh, and then this is fucking awful. They crucify her on a hill so she can watch, watch the, the attack. Battle. Yeah. Uh, at which fucking point, brutal. There's some yelling and Colin wakes up on the floor of his yurt, which yeah. is now like catching fire. Right. As we get a montage of all of his buddies being brutally slain. One guy, well, there's like this spear stabbing. Intense. One guy gets his head cut in, in half, half. Not, not off, just in, in half, half horizontally, yeah. <laughs> like from ear to ear. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nuts. This is uh, not one for the kids. No. This Can you is imagine not if they did children. that like in the live action movies or the TV show? Like cut someone's head in half. Yeah. yeah. Well. They do. They do have the heads flying off. That's I true. guess they don't. And and in Highlander three, we do have a decapitated head that speaks. That speaks. Oh, wow. that's true. So we've Not really done all this for you. <laughs> yeah. So Colin gets killed in this. Like uh, the house, his house falls right. on him, and that seemingly kills him. Right. So we wake up like he. We cut to later, and like everything's ashes. And this is cool because everything's like in black and white except for like the blood, the blood. which is it's cool. a cool look. Uh, so he like pulls his way out of the rubble and he looks up on like the cliff or hill and he sees the cross and has a religious experience and lives the rest of his life in peaceful solitude. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> this is the end of the movie. That's okay, right. uh, that's it. This was a short movie from Kawajiri. Right. Yeah, um, but I think this, the cross motif is definitely something that's kind of I think important. Like this is a visual cue that ties together Moya and Dahlia. Yeah, like Dahlia, Dahlia wears a wear- cross around her neck and, and, and is religious. In- Good. That's right. So Colin runs up the hill and I guess, you know, pulls Moya off the cross. Yeah. And she's alive. She's alive. Again, so everything's four. great. It's a happy ending. Yep. She survived the crucifixion. <laughs> but she makes him swear, swear that he will not try to seek revenge. Yep. Which he does, and he honors it, and it's a very short movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, literally, she's like, don't do it. And he's like, I promise. And then she dies, and he's like, psych. psych. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I will fucking <laughs> kill everyone. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> As is said later. In this yeah, that's like, I like that one. Not. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoever wrote that? David Abramowitz. <laughs> yeah. David Abramowitz. Come on. <laughs> That might have been something at the, like, producer level later. Like, yeah. when they saw... They, like, add that. Yeah. Add this not joke. <laughs> no, well, like, 
he does like the old trick where he's like, she's like, promise me, promise me. And then he's like, I promise. <laughs> Dead. And then he pauses for her to die. And then he's like, to seek revenge forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's very sad, as we all are, yeah. as the viewing audience. Very sad. That she's dead. I haven't been this sad since <laughs> since Malik died. Oh, yeah. Terrence Malik. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Malik. Uh, so anyway, we cut back to the previous scene at Rudy Giuliani's bar. And Moya's like, you don't need that drink. You just need me. And Colin's like, get the fuck out of here with this shit. But then Dahlia says the cops are going to be coming for him and offers to, like, help him. And they hear, like, sirens outside. Uh, so they go both go running out of a fire escape. And th- that was another thing. I was like, is this a basement bar? They leave. They It, it is. But, he, what, but they enters- leave from, like, the third story. Uh, See? <laughs> I don't know. You got nothing. So they go into, like, a broken down church this is a pretty cool shot this is cool yeah, they this... go to saint patrick's cathedral oh yeah that's what that is yeah, yeah. that's what that is <laughs> but yeah it's a the cool like 3d kind of shot so. yeah it looks good and she's lighting a candle mm-hmm. they have a little religious conversation about this so dahlia i guess thinks <laughs> god is real how are you finishing that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> but Colin thinks if he does exist, he's like a sadistic bastard. But I guess her point of view is that, like, God didn't do this. We did this. Right. right. Like, they caused the wars and global warming. and She does not expect God to intercede on that Chinese hoax, global warming. That's right. So what do we make of this interaction? Do we think this, like, pays off? Is this, like, really thematically important? Or is this... What is this? It feels like it should be. Like, it feels like it should be central in some way. I can imagine this used to be more thematically important. <laughs> like, in the yeah. script initially, I feel like this is a centerpiece of some of it. Mm-hmm. Like, this religious yeah. tension. Maybe not the centerpiece, but a, a strong theme throughout it that maybe got cut out. I mean, I, I like the visual stuff. I mean, the candle stuff comes back later, I suppose. Right. Uh, just as a visual thing. Yeah. yeah I, I don't, don't know. It's, I don't know if there's a payoff. It's hardly a discussion. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. like two lines that are clearly diametrically opposed, I suppose. Yeah. Opposed, I suppose. Opposed, I suppose. It's like Hamilton lyrics. Diametrically. Yeah. Isn't that a Hamilton lyric? Diametrically opposed. Foes. Foes. Oh. Uh. Hashtag accidental Hamilton. Also, side note, he's borderline older than Christianity. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine he has a complicated relationship with the subject. Yeah. Not to mention, like, his wife was crucified. Like... Oh, yeah. By Romans, like, <laughs> spreading Christianity, I suppose, at this no, point? No, they would not have been. So what's Romans? The, no, not, I guess not. Romans yeah, would be too early. Hundreds of years. Yeah. He just uh, looks at her crucifix. My, my wife was killed on one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is all very triggering for me. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut now to the big, I call it the big tower place. I don't know what to fucking call this thing. Uh, slime Square. Slime Square. <laughs> What's that? From <laughs> Ghostbusters. Oh. Times time Square slime? slime? Slime Square. Slime squared. Is that from Ghostbusters 2? Ghostbusters yes, 2, true. indeed. With Lost Vigo? in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Lost in New York. <laughs> Imagine just the, like a comedy with Vigo, Lost in New York. It's the fish out of water story. Also, Only I'd like to point out. Carpathian. There's a good reason, by the way, like Central Park exists. Nothing can be built in Central Park, let alone... An 80-story tower that seems to be made of gold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, Central Park so, is so, like so, a so swamp, Marcus. basically. Mm. Like, that's, like, the, the geography of New York is dictated a lot by the land. Like, mm. there's a reason there's not many high-rises in, like, the village. And it's, like, you can't build there. Like, that's why downtown and uptown have high-rises. And there's this big gap in the middle where there's none of it. Like, you can't build it. New York trivia. Huh. Nah. Marcus huh. fucking owned that shit. That's right. He figured it out. 
He's like, yeah, I'll use put that my... future engineering to <laughs> yeah. good use. The tower is like this utopian, in quotes, setting. They're so there's like a quotes. board meeting going on, and they're like... Of the bad guy board. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. all just meeting together. And they're but... like, so there's been a 15% drop in terrorist incidents and city expansion to 4th Street, 14th Street. What does the city expansion mean? Like the expansion of the Golden Tower? I guess. I guess so. Like, again, it's Central Park, so they want to take... What starts at 50-something street and go all the way down to 14th, which is the village with the tower? I don't know. Yeah. But I guess they want to bulldoze all the uh, dirty poor people. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, this, is, this is like a, uh, well, a cautionary really tale is, about... Maybe this really is about Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. No, no, no. That's more about criminalizing homelessness, but yeah. whatever. Which is essentially what he's doing. Marcus is talking to the scientist dude, I guess, and he's, like, he's working I'll look on at something. these plans later. Right. Now I'm going to talk to this creepy scientist. Right. Uh, we don't know really what they're working on, but we know it's volatile. And then in very classic movie trope, he's like, you have until the end of the day. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> what? And the to doctor's like, it's not enough time. It's like the cake boss. <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins' cake plus <laughs> character. If only I had more time to make these cakes. <laughs> I like that rather than just saying it's like cake boss, you chose it's like Paul F. Yeah. Tompkins <laughs> pretending to be the cake boss. <laughs> we cut to like a gladiator arena that's also maybe on the roof, I guess. Maybe. Like I was confused about the geography. I was like, oh, is this gladiator a pit? At the bottom? No, I think it's I think it's roof. a pit at the top. At the top, right. <laughs> a pit at the top. <laughs> Very uh, So then Marcus's girlfriend, what's her name? Kiala? Yeah, what, something like that. Wait a minute. Whatever. She's dressed up like a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, yeah. she is a Mortal Kombat right. character. Like, her dress is just, like, two, or her whatever it is, it's just, like, two lines. Yeah. It's just underwear. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's less than underwear. It's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. She's fighting Casey Jones on steroids. <laughs> yeah. I have a super shredder. Right <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> That's shredder. exactly who he is. Ninja Turtle <laughs> uh, so she's just murdering some goons of unknown origin. Yeah, this is like her training. In this gladiator pit. Right. So, like, I guess we are supposed to think, between the statues and all this stuff, this is like, uh, he's trying to do some more Roman stuff. He's keeping his old traditions alive with, That's like, right. these gladiators. Then she stabs him in the heart. This Casey Jones motherfucker <laughs> with, like, a bunch of needles. Yeah, she keeps needles in her boot. Yeah. <laughs> she pulls out her boot needles and slams them through his heart, at which point he falls on the ground. And blood just always comes out of weird places in this. <laughs> like, she stabs him in the chest, and then blood just comes pouring out of his weird shredder mask. <laughs> I guess he's throwing up blood from, like, his stomach. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so she says she was slow. This is almost also hinting at that, like, perfection thing again. It's like, she won. Right. Much like Marcus in the beginning, it was like, he I was won beautiful, this guitar. but not did perfect. sick solo. Yeah, he did that sick guitar riff. Yeah. Speaking of shredding. Sounded perfect to me. <laughs> He's yeah. the real super shredder. Real super <laughs> uh, so in this case, she defeated everybody, but she yeah. thinks she was too slow. So it wasn't perfect. But then he said, but the stroke was perfect. <sighs> and now you can stroke me off <laughs> which is basically what's about to happen yeah. yeah so there's some like weird misogyny shit and he's like you were worthless until i found you or whatever you were nothing until i found you she says that to him oh that's right herself. jesus it's really i was nothing ingrained. until you found me oh boy and then we get a flashback to 16th century japan why we should talk about the way these flashbacks are labeled which i have a problem with like this says 16th century japan where the previous flashback was like 125 AD, like a very specific date. This time it's not. 
Yeah, and it's nor is it a like the places get more generic. Yeah, we'll, we'll find like as we go through these flashbacks, like the format of the title cards is like kind of different, and I'm always like, why is it labeled yeah. like that? And again, in the director's cut, I don't think there is a title nope. card. Right. No just, labels. So this looks really cool. Yeah, this is cool. I have no clue why it exists though. No. So what actually happens? It's very short. We're here for like a minute. It's like a battlefield. Everything's like painted white. And Marcus is wearing this real clunky, heavy-looking samurai armor yeah. that looks like really dope. Yeah. yeah. And he's riding on like a black horse like, oh, here I come. No, it's awesome. And he finds a dead Kiala. K-Y-A-L-A is how her name is spelled. Kiala? 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 Uh, that's the best uh, we got. I don't yeah. know. Who knows? They never they said never Maybe say they could the figure it out the themselves. Yeah, so like, I don't know how to say it. Skip it. it. But she's like got a spear stabbed in her. And she's dead. Well, she's immortal, which right. is this is the first time we realize that, I suppose. And she makes some weird, like, I don't know. I see a person fighting, fighting goons with needles. I just assume they're immortal. <laughs> yeah. they're immortal. <laughs> I think that's, that's a, a fair stuff. Okay. But yeah, he pulls the spear out and she's like, yeah. <gasps> it's the freakiest <laughs> fucking thing. And she also is like crypt keepery. Yeah. yeah. And then she her likes... eyes go boing back into place. <laughs> Something yeah. else goes boing. That's right. You know what I mean? But he's like, hey, I saved you. You're coming with me. Right. No, he says, he says, you will serve me for, for eternity, eternity and you're too beautiful to kill. Yeah. So he just makes her like his slave woman. Yeah. Weird. Which apparently works. Yeah, I guess she's okay with it. Yeah, she's down. I'm like, yeah, I guess she's okay with it. I mean, I guess it's okay. She's cool with it, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. This isn't weird programming shit. This she is learned. so weird. It is weird. Yeah. And then the flashback's over. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it's just, I guess this is just to tell us that she's immortal. And knew, like, that he found her? I, I don't know. It's. I feel like this could be so more. abrupt. Yeah. <laughs> you are just... immortal. You will serve me for eternity. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's so odd. And, like, it's not built into a wider moment. So then we cut back to the present, or I guess in this case, the future of now. <laughs> but we resume the previous scene. Uh, and Marcus is like, show me your gratitude. And then they just, like, fuck on their desk or yeah, whatever. There's a lot of, like, heavy-duty open, open mouth. Open mouth. Oh, like, they're like... Uh, yeah, yeah. They both like open their mouths, like breathe into each other's really mouth. Really long before they actually kiss. It's really hot. So, so then he gets a message that the killer of Malik has escaped. And he's like, hey, find that guy. Bring him back with his head on. That's right. And then she's like, should I go get him? And he's like, no, this is more important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Boing. Uh, so then we cut back to the city streets. Streeps? <laughs> the city streets. People on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Award-winning actor, City Streeps. <laughs> uh, so some cop cars go whizzing around. The camera pans down like a subway entrance, which I noticed is marked with a red 69 up, up top. top. <laughs> but I, I'm going to – I don't know if this is just an accident or I, I think it's a joke that it's 69. Oh. Because there is no nine train and the six train is not red. This maybe they ex- are in the future. Maybe they Pete. are in the future. They redid the Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. These are the weird things I noticed. Yeah. I'm like I actually no joke, I have a lot more subway notes. This is Subway Rewatched. Yep. In your choo choos. Subway, a Christopher <laughs> Lambert movie, right? Oh right. Yeah. yeah. See? Luke, Luke Besson. That's why this is in the movie. Yeah. They That's why there's a subway in New York. <laughs> yeah. Because that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Where he favorite, has a glow stick. Yeah, my favorite uh, sandwich mask. Got Jared. Yep. Yeah. He's still okay, right? He's, He's your favorite child molester, I yeah, think. Right. <laughs> My child favorite por- child molester. <laughs> Rank the child molester. It goes Jared, Rome Polanski. <laughs> End of list. Mall Santa. Mall Santa. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> In my notes, it says Connor and Dahlia, Jesus Christ, Colin and Dahlia are looking for like a secret entrance, I guess. 
Uh, she's still just wearing underwear and a bra. But then she's like, they can't track us down here. Right. Why not? I don't know. I just... Future technology doesn't work underground. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The spider guys. It's oh, they cramped. can't make it down there. Yeah. <laughs> Not with the spider steps. They can't go up they the steps. Step. <laughs> My one weakness. <laughs> so they find this, like, there's like an underground community down there. Where this they is eat fried. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, they eat fried lizards like hot dogs. There, yeah. yeah. And th- there's like pine needles on the, the bun, too. I was like, what is this sandwich? A lizard and pine, pine needles. needles. That's it. Oh, and mustard. Then somebody actually says the line, I don't like rat soup. soup yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? This is dumb. <laughs> Man, just, the future's hard. Uh, yeah, just give me a guy with a extendable hook hand eating a yeah, lizard. Like, I know, right? Why don't they eat those that? mutant lizards? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. No, but they eat rat soup. Dolly says only obedient assholes live in the tower. Like, I'm not sure what this world is, really. Like, we're not really sure why the tower or Marcus is bad. I mean, other than it seems like it's pretty authoritarian yeah. with all with the cop presence. But that's kind of our only clue, I suppose, as to, like, what life is like. Yeah. But al- although inside the tower, it seems to be fairly utopic, I guess. Why? Because people were wearing white in that yeah. one scene? <laughs> well, they were all wearing white. No, I think so. that's, like, supposed to be the, the visual cue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but they're know. all, like, under gunpoint. This might be my last subway note, but there's a sign that says they're at 43rd Street Station. That is hmm. not that is not a subway station. Oh, really? No. Interesting. So that's 42nd Street. Hmm. Is there a 44th? No. Because hmm. there's a 42nd? No. <laughs> There's not a subway stop every block. I don't know. The Paco fucking does that. No, that's true. No, I guess it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's the 12th, there's there's 12th and 13th, and then there's 15th, 16th. It's like, that was a waste. <laughs> there's a 9th and 10th, too. It's like, no one knows how to walk. No one knows how well, to walk. Well, there's not a 9th and 10th street There's stop. a 9th ninth, ninth, 10th stop. There's yeah, but, a it, but it's, it's just labeled 9th, 10th, because it's in the middle of the block. Yeah, I get it. But then there's a... <laughs> this is going to become the argument of the yeah. episode. No! <laughs> it's but not then, really like... It's not like the train stops at 9th Street, then goes a block and stops at 10th no, Street. No, but then it's like it goes two blocks and stops at 12th Street. Now that's... It goes literally no space. <laughs> it, it's, it's like real dumb. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it makes no sense. It. Why would you space the subway that way? There's no, the, 40, the 48 bus in Philadelphia <laughs> that stops there too close also. <laughs> What's this? So, welcome to Septo Rewatched. Oh, the Broad Street on uh, or the Market Street bus also stops fucking every block. It's like eighth, ninth. It's like at least go every other one. It's such a waste of time. Anyway, you could stay in the walk a little more, you fat pieces of shit. <laughs> Philly is like the second or third fastest in America. <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, and I think the first ugliest. That is true. Absolutely. We were rated by (laughs) some magazine that rated Philadelphia the ugliest city in America. Not architecture, people. People. This is a magazine that rated people. People. (laughs) What about just scumbags? Fuck People magazine? Yeah, it was People (laughs) magazine. Anyway, off topic. Uh, (laughs) That was perfectly on point. (laughs) It should all stay in. So it's harder for them to get sick underground, so that's why they live underground. Right. Which... I guess so. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It actually seems to me like the lack of sunlight and being in close proximity, having no choice but to be in close proximity <laughs> like no to fresh people. Air. And being surrounded by vermin, probably. <laughs> yeah. Rats, all- don't, rats don't carry disease, right? Let's put them in a soup. <laughs> yeah, like, I think all these things together might cause a problem, but I'm not the doctor. Nope. Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> Jim Burns is the doctor. Yeah, Jim Burns. It's just Doc. His name is Doc. His name is Doc. And he's a doctor. How about that? <laughs> he has only one leg. And he has a weird robot pig yeah. leg. Do you think the one leg thing is like intentional? Because yes. Of, oh, okay. It because is. of Jim Burns? Yep. Okay. 
It's like it was an intentional decision. An homage to... Mm-hmm. Is that insulting? I don't know. I, I was confused. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah. oh, is this weird that they... Like, just because it's voiced by him? Although maybe it's inclusionary. Sure. I don't know. I don't know either. It's interesting. So there's a sick little girl that he's tending to. Yeah. So we see how, like... Well, because she can't get the vaccine. And without any vaccine, we're really driving the point home now. Yeah. These people are toasty. They're all gonna die. So Dahlia takes Colin to, like, her little underground pink room, or whatever it is. For some discount prostituting. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, like, a little toy bear on a swing he pushes around. Yeah, for some reason. I wasn't sure what that was. This is the toy bear on a swing in uh, the episode where he gives Anne the house. It's a callback to <laughs> To the Blitz. <laughs> yeah. To and the there's blitz. like that horror movie ending to that <laughs> yeah. episode where there's like strange music and a bear on a swing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's the bear going to do? And the director's cut, Colin says, they called it the Blitz. <laughs> Speaking of Blitzes, that's what Dolly wants to do because yeah. he's like, why did you bring me here? And she's like, I want to fuck you because all my clientele are fat, disgusting <laughs> slobs. Yeah. And she's like, I need that like clean dick. <laughs> I need that clean dick. And Colin's got, like, ripping abs and, like, cum gutters. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Why? What? what? <laughs> He's got... <laughs> what are cum gutters? Those are the fucking... Yep. Amen, uh... <laughs> Amen, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's when you have the, the lines above your crotch. Like the V? Yes. Uh... Uh, Brad Pitt has them. Yeah, Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Mm. That's like, oh, that's okay. peak cum gutters. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Wait, he took off his shirt? No, you can see through the shirt. I mean, like, oh. the shirt is so tight. You can oh, see. Oh, oh, okay. It's a cartoon. <laughs> Somebody drew it like that, guys. He's a very hot cartoon character. <laughs> He's got supple lips as well. So she just starts, like, disrobing and is like, yeah, I don't ask too many questions. Let's just, uh, well, she comes over to him naked, and she starts talking, and he, like, puts, puts his, his hand, hand in, in her like, face. Bitch, please. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you've been. Or, and no, she, I do know where you've been. Yeah. And it's disgusting. Yeah, and hanging out with Freddy. Yeah. And then she's also, like, there's something weird about this. Like, the dialogue doesn't quite match what he's doing. Because he's, like, got his hand in front of her face, and she's like, you like what you see, don't you? And it's like, <laughs> obviously not. Yeah. He's, 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 covering, yeah. he's covering your face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What she really wants is him to help her steal vaccine. Right. Because they never say the vaccine. They always say, I need you to help me steal vaccine. Yeah. Like, that's like the brand name. (laughs) Is that like how you actually, is that how grammatically that works? In the future it is. (laughs) No, because there's multiple vaccines. Yeah. Steal vaccine. That sounds like a porn name. I'm steal vaccine. (laughs) I thought the scene kind of mirrors the flashback. With Moya and Marcus, which I thought was interesting. Like, Moya came to Marcus and presented her body, like, as a trade. And Dolly's doing the same thing. Mm. Right. Uh, Yeah, she says, like, all these people are going to die. Don't you care? And he's like, no. I don't. And just, like, shuts the door. Yeah, if you thought Connor McLeod was an apathetic hero... Like a reluctant. This motherfucker is the most apathetic (laughs) guy in all of history. Yes. He cares about nothing but vengeance. So then we cut outside. Uh, And Dahlia is running after Colin. And I guess they, well, they end up in Times Square. And a message comes in on a giant screen Mm -hmm. that was projected for I don't know who. But, like, there it is. Yeah, who is that for? I don't know. Why does that screen even work? Nothing else works. The whole place is... The tower works. Everything in the tower works just fine. Well, the tower is fine. But this is outside. This is, like... 
Dumpy Land. <laughs> Where? This is Dumpy Land. I mean, everything's all blown up. Yeah. Anyway, that's so, all. Hardly, yeah. that hardly matters. He's doing some broadcasting, like, hey, man, you should come be obedient and live in my tower. Yeah. And you'll be okay. He says, let's build a perfect world together. Ooh, perfection Ooh. comes up again. I'll make your dreams come true, all in a world of safety, beauty, and prosperity. Your obedience is all it takes. Come, let us build our perfect world together. So it's not like a weird 1984-ish sort of like... Mm thing come gutters <laughs> so what is Mac's response to this uh he fucking <laughs> goes marcus and then he grabs a fucking parking meter and rips it out of the, the ground. ground and hurls it yes like a speed well i guess that doesn't happen yet that doesn't he's happen he's about yet, to do it it about... goes a flashback but yes yeah, with so he, one hand he one with hands, one hand he hulks out then we have a flashback and he's on like we go through the forest, and now he's standing on a cliff with, like, a sword. Right. I think we're supposed to believe this is Moya's resting place. Yes. yes. Now, whose sword is that? Because then he's holding another sword. There are more than one sword. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Whose sword is that? <laughs> but that looks like a good one. <laughs> and then he has, like, a Maybe he's got one. a better one. I mean, <laughs> yeah, in this movie, there are I think more than all... Sword. <laughs> I think all Colin's swords all are the, shit. It's the same one. Like, all of his swords just break. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, that, get a better sword. I actually like that it is thematically. Cool. It is cool. Because then at the end, he, get, he finally gets a good one. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> warning. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> there are more than one sword. That's the dumbest sentence I've ever said. I'm sorry, Eamon. No, that's okay. Uh, so, <laughs> I didn't know. I honestly had no yeah, idea. I there was only one. I was like, what? <laughs> so then we got a lot of, like, fun cello action music for lots of thumping around. This is the first time, I guess, Colin's alpha revenge so we cut to the roman camp and marcus is in there he is shredding on a loot yeah, yeah. loot shredding colin, colin has the same ability as every highlander lead where he can just sneak in wherever he wants yeah with no problems well in, in his defense it's a lot easier in this because he can jump so it's a lot easier to scale this fort wall because yeah. they just show him like leaning up against this wall and then two seconds later he's like up top with yeah. two dead romans right. up top so he dresses up like a roman mm -hmm. he's approaching marcus's tent and then he goes bananas he's like, blah, 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 and i guess he gets the buzz he for the very the first buzz. time baby's first buzz that's pretty cool and he like drops to his knees his eyes pop out of their sockets he's like yeah. <laughs> oh course, this is cool and this this like blows his cover like all the other right and his load. <laughs> so Marcus appears, and then Colin goes on a murder spree, and he just charges Marcus and just starts cutting people Cuts down. The shit out it's of like people. a POV thing, too. Yeah. Like, we're running along with him, just seeing Romans in front of him kind of melts mm -hmm. in explosions of violence. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. But Colin's sword gets knocked out of his hand, and there's like a million spears around him. This is kind of a cool visual. But then Marcus is like, let's make a deal for some reason. And he's like, if you kill me, you live. Yeah, it's not so much a deal. I mean, that's a... just like the rule of fighting. Like, the rules of <laughs> having just a saying, battle. Let's, like, let's have a fight. Yeah. Well, I guess he's got all these other goons. Right. So it's like, it's for the goons. Like, if for I. For the goons. Yeah. That's actually was the, the fourth thing in the battle chant they did for glory, for freedom, for goons. Yeah. For goons. But if he did kill him, wouldn't they all see him get the quickening? So then, yeah, we cut to this field, field on a cliff, field on a cliff, field on a cliff. <laughs> and what's going on, Eamon? Colin is naked on a horse and Marcus is clothed on his uh, other horse. Yeah. And there are two swords. Shirts versus skins. Shirts, shirts, shirts versus, versus skins. skins yeah. yeah. 
two swords are like embedded in the field and they have to like gallop their horse and get the sword and then fight each other right i guess right <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of cool this is cool yeah. I, I mean I, I like the way they diametrically oppose these two characters like colin is like freaking out like when he's riding the horse he's like bah! like he's like amped up and mm-hmm. marcus is like cool as shit like yeah he's smirking he rides like when he rides he's like perfectly vertical like he's it's like he's trotting around so anyway they both get at these one swords. point i don't get it Marcus somehow like seems to make his horse fly. Yeah. In the yeah. Air. <laughs> so, like, not the, only people jump high, yeah. horses, horses can jump yeah. some 50 horses. Feet. Yeah. So like they're charging at each other, and then his horse just like <laughs> leaps through the yes. sky and then flies around. <laughs> like I, he doesn't actually fly around, but like <laughs> what Pegasus. the f? <laughs> like then he comes down and for the first time in this movie, this is awesome. Slices his sword in half yeah. and then also splits his face open and yeah. like. And Colin's head is filled with Diet Coke, and Marcus's yeah. sword is made of Mentos because <laughs> it just blows. <laughs> and then his lifeless corpse is galloping away <laughs> while it's still like yeah. shooting blood everywhere. This is actually really cool, though. Yeah, like the way like this, this is filmed is cool, and it's and also like, animated really well. Like that's a hard thing to animate, like a lifeless body on a fucking horse yeah but marcus seems must seem insane to his soldiers because colin's sword gallops off with his like dead body on it and then marcus is like i'll oh, handle this yeah, try to handle yeah. <laughs> and he follows him and colin is the luckiest person ever because the horse gallops and gallops and gallops and then he falls off the horse onto a stonehenge yeah yes oh where the demons dwell that's right yeah. stonehenge so here's my question. by a dwarf. <laughs> so here's my second geography question of the show. The flashback was supposed to take place in northern England. They land in Stonehenge, which is in Salisbury, which is definitively in southern England. It could just be a different, a different Stonehenge. Stone circle. There's more Stonehenges, like more swords. That's right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a stone circle. I guess I it is. Know. I don't know. It seemed like it was Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah. There are other... Stone hinge. There's more hinges? So, yeah, more there's hinges. There's like a glass hinge. Mm-hmm. There's a rubber hinge. Well, this is shell hinge. <laughs> this is. There's a lot of shells. Shells. See? And ghosts. It's a ghost hinge. <laughs> ghost hinge is what it actually is, yeah. So Marcus is like, shit, I can't kill you because you are on holy ground. And doesn't feel like waiting around, I guess. He's yeah. like, I got other shit to do. So he just leaves. And then I dig this montage. It's great, but I don't understand it. <laughs> well, I think it, it in this universe... Either it takes much longer to heal in general, unlike the Highlander show where people get fucking blown away and wake up in yeah. two seconds. Though in this, sometimes people heal really quickly. Yeah. Maybe you it's know. because it's his first – like he's young. He doesn't have enough power to heal quicker. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. But yeah. uh, there's this montage of like the sun going up and down and his like face like comes Stitches back Stitches itself back together. Because uh, I'm yeah. a weirdo, I counted the sunrises. Oh. This, I think – 14 days go by. Wow. So two weeks, he's just chilling. Colin wakes up. There's yeah, like a, a, a cool bolt of lightning, and he's like, bam. Face. Yeah. And the eye thing happens again. Boing. They come back into place. And then we meet Amergan. 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 Fuck yeah. So he's this weird spirit he's dude. a ghost of a druid priest. <laughs> right. For some reason. What the fuck? I don't what know. What is this? But again, and, this is just like a thing I feel like we have to buy into because it's an anime. Like, this is a anime feature from yeah. Karajiri that's in this movie. <laughs> that he just has this, like, weird smart-ass spirit ghost guide. Friend. Yeah. Like, there's no way this was ever in the original script. Yeah. I would bet a million dollars. Yeah. Like. Every Kawajiri movie has this old man with a stick character. So this is definitely something he, like, 
forced into this movie. Yeah. And then he like explains he, to him the rules of the game. Right. But he's yeah. not an immortal. Like he's a ghost or a yeah. spirit. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, get it I don't know. And also that's another J- Japanese version, right? Like cut, right? There's like more explanation of the rules yeah. because I guess Bill Panzer and Peter Davis did not think the American audience needed more of a primer. Like mm. they're like, they get it. We don't need to explain yeah. it more. In the director's version, it's more of an interaction. Whereas in the American version, it just seems more like voiceover. Yeah, it's just like yeah it does them, feel like a voiceover yeah. in the American version. Colin tries to kill Amargan with his like broken sword. And Amargan's trying to like warn him. He's like, well, what's it matter? Like, I'm immortal now. And Amargan's like, well, pain or whatever. And then he gets fucking struck by lightning. Oh, yeah, which is like the first movie. Yes, oh, right. it is very similar. What to you're the first experiencing movie. is the quickening. the quickening. Now, yeah. I was trying to figure out, like, did Amargan, <laughs> that name, oh my God, Amargan. Ham- hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> did he summon the lightning or i assumed it was because colin picked up the sword it was like a lightning rod like a lightning yeah, rod that's what i thought that's what i thought yeah because doesn't the hammer like, tell him to put careful. it down yeah, yeah it's like put it down that's so stupid like he could foresee that he was going to get struck by lightning because he's like yeah. a ghost man yeah and he does appear to have knowledge like he knows the romans are at that moment leaving mm-hmm. England. Right. oh and at, at this point he turns into a rabbit by the yeah. way because he's not satisfied with just being a ghost man he's like might as well turn, <laughs> into, turn a into a rabbit yeah <laughs> Can he, like, possess nearby things? Is that what he's doing? I don't know what he's doing. He can just make their eyes glow and talk. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> that is something. <laughs> it's, this is the, the mo- one of the most out there pieces of this. Like, yeah. I just don't understand what's going on here. And they never really explain the ghost Or character. attempt to. No. It's like, do all immortals have a spirit guide? I want to meet them all. Let's have a movie about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you have to catch them all. That's right. I have a note here uh, that you can see Colin's nutsack. Anybody pick that one up? No. <laughs> no. His well, cartoon nutsack. <laughs> he's got his little, like, his, like, tidy whities on from the horse, right? But they're, mm. like, real short. And so when he's talking to ghosts, man like from the back you see like his butt but his like legs are spread so you see his little flabby babbies i thought maybe it's just a stray line yeah, little flabby I, I, I don't uh <laughs> guys I don't you, know you gotta rewatch this movie <laughs> i'm gonna rewind it to see those nuts <laughs> it's one of our grossest podcasts yeah i'm sorry i don't know why i'm so blue today Fucking Colin's done with this shit. He doesn't want to, like, learn anything more, and he runs off, and he there's, runs, like, cool music. like, 40 billion miles yeah. to the coast, and he's, like, running over rocks and shit. Right. And so, at this point, the Romans are leaving. I guess they've done their job yeah. destroying everybody, Yeah, and they're off in their boats, and then Colin takes his sword, and he chucks it into the ocean at them. And then but- this is where we get a transition back to the present, and the sword turns into the parking meter. Which is which pretty cool. Yeah. Hurled several stories. Yeah, like and half a block into a screen. <laughs> into the screen, which is as Marcus's face on it. Nuts. Yes, this is awesome. It yeah. is cool. I lo- I love this transition, but it's insane. It's, <laughs> everything that's insane about this is cool, though. Yeah. yeah. Except for maybe Ghost Man. Like there's yeah. there's two kinds of insanity in this movie. There's stuff that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> and then there's like crazy exaggerated stuff that's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's like just fountains of blood and just like <laughs> I don't know. A man single handedly pulling a parking <laughs> meter out of the ground <laughs> and throwing it up a skyscraper. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Out Amazing. Of, out of pure vengeance. Pure vengeance. Pure, oh, he's, he's searching search for, for vengeance. <laughs> search for that vengeance. That brings us to the close of this episode. Before we give our thoughts on the past couple scenes, you guys want to play a game? Sure. Yeah. yeah. This game is similar to Kyle's game. This is going to be uh, anime dub quotes. 
So I'm going to read you a quote, and you have to tell me if this is actually from an anime or if it's not. Keith, the first quote. Get lost. You wouldn't recognize a goddamn vampire if one jumped up and bit you on the end of your fucking dick. So get off my back. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'll say it's an anime. Yes. Hey, that is from Cyber City Oedo 808, directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. <laughs> wow. And that line is uttered by the character Ben 10. Oh, <laughs> boy. B-E-N-T-E-N is the name of that character. Isn't there a... Yeah, cartoon. There is. <laughs> yep. Oh, what? And this is before that cartoon Tune Ben 10, 10 came out. So that's interesting. Weird. Kyle, are you ready for the next round? Yeah. To make a mistake is human, but to really fuck things up, you need a computer. Ain't that right, shithead? Is that from an anime or not? No. Yes, it is. It is? It is. It is also from Cyber City. (laughs) 808. 808. Wow. To make a mistake is human, but to really fuck things up, you need a computer. Ain't that right, shithead? (laughs) All right, Keith. It's a funny quote. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Adios, bozo. This time I'm downloading you straight into hell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want to say not. It is. Jesus. It is a quote from Cyber City OEO. <laughs> Directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. <laughs> Kyle, are you ready? Yes. It's true what they say. Smoking is bad for your health, especially when it's your own flesh you're smoking. Yes. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that is from the anime Devil Man. Devil Man. Devil Man. Devil Man Care. Devil Man Care. It's one to one. Tied Tied up. up. Keith, are you ready? I'm ready, sir. Men have always fought each other, always creating chaos. That's familiar and safe. They know where they are in those circumstances. But to hazard a step into the unknown and actually love one another is far too risky for them. So if the demons (laughs) do invade the world, bringing terror and misery with them, do you think that men might welcome them as bearers of what they desire? (laughs) That's yes, that's from an anime. That's correct. <laughs> it's from Demon City Shinjuku. <laughs> oh my god. Uttered by the character Mephisto. Kyle, are you ready? I am very excited. <laughs> what the hell is this? Some kind of shit for brains joke? Yes. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> that is from the anime Devil Man. Devil Man. Is is Kawajiri associated with Devil Man? He is at not all? associated with Devil Man. It is on Netflix, I believe. Oh, yes. Devilman Crybaby. Is that like a variation or? It is. It's like a retelling. Is it's that good. Like Boss Baby? Yeah, it's like the Boss Baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Devilman, Devilman Boss, boss Baby. baby. <laughs> Keith, are you ready? I'm ready. Hi there, Mr. Fuckwitch. You're beginning <laughs> to look a little run down. Let me give you a helping hand. Uh, yes, it's from an anime. <laughs> yes, it is from an anime. That is from the anime. Devil man. <laughs> okay, Kyle, are you ready? Akira, do you feel any change happening inside you yet? No, nothing. Absolutely zippo. Then somehow we fucked up. <laughs> I kind of wish this one wasn't because it says Akira in the name. Yeah. But I'm going to guess that it is. Yes, it is. It is also from Devil Man. It's not from Akira. No, not from Akira. I... I'm still keeping score. Yeah. <laughs> we all know. Keith, this is the final round. Oh, cool. Are you ready? Now listen here, Rio. If you ever say that again, I'll rip your fucking head off and shit down your neck, okay? <laughs> yes, that's right now. Yep, that's right. You both win. Yay! Or whatever. That was so, fun. So, sorry I lied. No, <laughs> that's a... Uh, hearing lines from animes pulled out like that is an insane thing. Yep. Yep. So it's a, the best. There's a thing, this company, Manga Entertainment, who... 
originally, I think, was an English company. They would do something called 15-ing, where in, like, England or something, there was a rating that was, like, 15 and up. Right. So they put all these extra curses in the movies so that they would automatically get this, like, R rating. I don't know why that was desirable. Huh. But... That's why anime dubs have all this extra cursing. Interesting. That doesn't appear in the original script. Huh. So that's why these are so fucking insane. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if it's for, like, to make it seem like, well, this is not a kid's cartoon. Like, if people think, oh, it's a cartoon, it must be for kids. Yeah. To, like, automatically make sure no one thinks that. I guess. I don't know. But why would they care? Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they shouldn't care. More sales. Get those kids buying this shit. Yeah. Get those kids buying this shit. All right, guys, so what do we think about the kind of next chapter of Highlander, The Search for Vengeance? It's not as good as the first part. It's not. It's got less pizzazz. Yeah. It's definitely got less uh, going on for it. Right. The highlight for me is the throwing the parking meter. Because it's bananas. Because it's insane. Yeah. That, and I like the horse fight. Yes, the horse fight. (laughs) Those two horses Oh, yeah, those two horses were going at it. (laughs) Yeah. Horse fighting. (laughs) It's it's still good. It's just kind of maybe winding down a little bit. Not winding down, but it's not as, like, action-packed as the first half. Yeah, definitely. But we're starting to learn, like, now we're finally getting some story. I think this movie does a pretty commendable job. Again, having not seen this in, like, over ten years, I was kind of going into this thinking this was going to be, like, an action fest. Like, it's a cartoon. It's like, they're just going to be cutting people and shooting people. This movie has a fair amount of story and backstory. Yeah, it does. I mean, this has more backstory than Highlander 2 or 3 does. Still couldn't tell you the plot of those movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. It's fairly well paced in terms of, like, how often action beats fall and things like that. Yeah. Got this weird looming thread of sexual violence that's crept its way into this, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, it's just grimy. It's a bummer we have to talk about that seemingly every time we talk about, we talk about, about it without anything <laughs> yeah. about Highlander. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just it's just omnipresent. Yeah. And this one's hard to figure out. Is it uh, an Abramowitz thing or a Kawajiri thing? Because Kawajiri, he has a reputation for having lots of rape in his movies. It's actually not true. He just has so much rape in two of his movies <laughs> <laughs> that it overshadows right. all of his other work. Wow. It, it's creepy. Huh, crazy. That's a fun thing to yeah. <laughs> yeah. end this on. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. But I am, you know, I like that there's a conflict there between these guys that's being set up, you know. And I like kind of the visual of the whole thing that, like, he represents Rome and civilization. Yeah. And he's, like, this outsider, this kind of ruffian. And I'm interested to see how that theme will continue developing. <laughs> The Highlander Rewatched Podcast is proud to announce the release of a brand new book of short stories from acclaimed Highlander writer Maury Ravinsky. Maury Ravinsky is responsible for penning such Highlander classics such as The Fighter, Brothers in Arms, The End of Innocence, and Unusual Suspects. Maury's new book, The Heart and Other Strangers, is a masterfully executed collection of short fiction. Don't take my word for it. Listen to legendary Highlander producers and writers David Abramowitz, Gillian Horvath, and Donna Leto. You will know from all of his writing, including his Highlander episodes, that this is a man who really understands the inner mythologies that humanity has in common across society. 
He really explores the questions and connections that drive us. So I really admired Maury's writing on Highlander and also his novel Greenkeeper was great. So I followed him to Saskatchewan in the coldest winter in 122 years to work with him on MythQuest. And I don't regret it. I love Maury's book. It had heart and charm and humor and sex and schmaltz, which means it's heart, but it's heart that's dripping with sentiment. The Heart and Other Strangers features 10 brand new stories, such as The Bare Naked Morning of Mama LeBeau, A Placebo Fairy Tale, Little Jeffy's Penis, Doc and the Bungalow Queen, and more. You know, Maury's a wonderful writer, and has always been a wonderful writer. He comes at things from a very different angle, from a very interesting angle, and a very humorous angle in this, in this book of delightful short stories. I think it's wonderful. Head to theheartandotherstrangers.com to order your paperback or Kindle edition of the book, learn more about the author, and discover Maury's other books, such as his acclaimed debut novel, Dreamkeeper, which was named to the Los Angeles Times Best Books of the Year, or his other book of short stories, Meeting God or Something Like It. The Heart and Other Strangers injects layers upon layer of texture and meaning into every tale. Ravinsky writes that rarest of animals, literature. Order The Heart and Other Strangers today. Pick up a copy of The Heart and Other Strangers. You won't regret it. I urge you to buy Maury Ravinsky's new book. Buy this book before everyone else does. Order your paperback or digital copy at theheartandotherstrangers.com today. Ravinsky is a knowing and wise guide through the ventricles and oracles of the human condition. Enjoy the ride. So at this point in the story, Colin, who's been in New York after murdering a dude, he cares nothing of the people's struggle. But now on the screen, because of Marcus's announcement, he now knows like, oh, shit, Marcus is in the hood. Yeah. So he's all pissed. So like this is kind of maybe the, I don't know, call to action or like call to adventure for Colin. Like Colin was doing his own thing before this moment. And now this is like jumpstarting the action for him to be like, ah, I have to like pursue things further here. I guess. Yeah. This is what actually entwines his fate with Dahlia. Right. So the he's aforementioned like, sex worker. <laughs> right. yeah, so he's like, where is he? Uh, and Dahlia's like, I know how to get in. Yeah. <laughs> get it in. I know how to get in. Uh, the other we thing, better bring a child with us. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing about this scene is, or I guess the whole movie, what percentage of Colin's dialogue is him just asking where Marcus is? Yeah. Where's where is, where is, where is, where is, where is the generator? Where is he? You wouldn't leave it on his <laughs> So she's going to take him to Marky Mark. That's right. And the Funky Bunch. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mad Mark. Which, which are spiders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which are robot spiders. <laughs> so we cut underground and Dolly and Colin have a deal. She's going to help him get into the tower as long as he helps her steal vaccine. And but then, then stupid Joe. Joe fucking up, appears down there. He's like, hey, guys. Yeah. He's like, hey, guys. Are you worried all about autism? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. Because <laughs> he's an anti vaxxer. <laughs> yeah. And Colin's like, yes, I am. <laughs> and Joe's like, Sarah's dying. And in my notes, I'm like, who the fuck is Sarah? She was the child that. Yeah, she's the did they name her earlier? I think so. I think so. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine, Sarah. So he comes along for some reason. Right. So they go into the sewer and his stupid watch starts going off. Yeah, you dumb kid. Right. Oh, and this, oh, I didn't realize that's the watch he steals. No from wonder the, it goes off. He steals it from yeah. the, the guard that is killed in the car crash. Yeah. So I guess he didn't realize what it was set to. Right. Yeah. I wonder what that alarm was for, for that guard. Take his vitamins, maybe? He has croc- a crocodile he, alarm. <laughs> yeah. He's yes. sick. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, this is amazing. Okay, so his alarm goes off and they're all like, uh-oh, don't move. Like, they know what's clearly yeah. down there. And then Colin's like, run! <laughs> and then they fucking get attacked by, like, a Godzilla monster. <laughs> a giant croc- Killer Croc is in there. So Joe Pearson said that this part was added by Kawajiri. A giant mutant croc? A giant For, like, literally crocodile. no reason. Nope. It's like a 10-second action beat mm-hmm. for no goddamn reason. Though I died laughing. Because at some point they go, like, she falls underwater, yeah. right? And he jumps in after her to save her. <sighs> and he, in one swift stroke, decapitates this crocodile. Yeah. But its head keeps still going. Careens <laughs> towards her. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he, she still has to, like, dodge yeah. out of the way. And it's, like, going to destroy some shit with the mighty power of its weighty, decapitated dome yeah it's intense it's intense and stupid <laughs> it's stupid i like some of the animation down in the sewer like when they're it climbing is. down the ladder there's like yeah. a cool like i'll say like waterfall like it's like a shower effect like there's mm-hmm. trickling water that's like going past them there's a lot of cool like foreground background animation like where stuff yeah. is like blurry and i mean they're I not to... messing around no it's there's some good drawings there is what, what do you think compelled the addition of this i don't awesomeness Did he just think of, i think he probably was like this is boring <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hold on, what? What's that voice? This is boring. Oh, okay, okay. We'll probably have to cut that. Oh. <laughs> this needs more crocodile. Amazing. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, it was probably a pacing concern. There hadn't been an action beat in a second. There's going to be an action beat in like, like 10 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Like after this scene, they literally go down a, a hatch. And just start murdering down the hatch. Down the hatch. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about that because that's yeah. what happens next. They Two seconds the later, <laughs> they go down the hatch. Well, it's funny because they're like, "Oh, like we got to figure out a way in." Like, look at all the guards and fucking Colin, Colin just, just like, okay. jumps down and murders everybody, <laughs> yeah. which is cool. Like he cuts robot <laughs> men cool. in yeah. half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, repeatedly. Yeah. Which? Why are there robot men? Why not? Uh, if you had, like, if you, okay, you're like, oh, we need people to guard my house. Uh, should I hire Joe, the the guard, or would I like a robot spider? <laughs> I think I'd go with the robot Spider-Man. I mean, we've all seen Attack of the Clones. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we've all seen it. <laughs> we've all seen it. No, I just like was curious about that, like why that decision. Because obviously lots of people get murdered in this. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, like they... a, an attempt to be like, well, let's lessen the violence, so let's make him kill robots instead of people. Yeah, it's no, not that. that. It's I just don't know. a thing. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. Robots are cool. They murder a bunch of <laughs> And Joe's trying to help out with his stupid slingshot. Which is insane. That's nuts. But it's like a high-tech future slingshot. <laughs> That's still useless. That, though. like, unfolds. It's got a weather <laughs> app on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> and of course we should also mention again dolly is still wearing a bra and panties yep in the sewer in she's the gonna sewer. get an and infection. she fell in <laughs> yeah Ugh. so all these people stink because they were all in the water in the sewer water yeah. yeah gross she picks up a gun from a robot corpse so then we cut to like a, a hallway in the tower and they knock out this scientist 
guy and use his hand to like unlock a door. I paused at the unlock screen to see if it said anything funny. No. No, no that's too bad. Or it said like Joe Pearson hand. I thought they'd put an Easter egg in or something yeah. for some reason. But it was actually modeled on Joe Pearson's hand. Yeah, <laughs> they drew, exactly. They like, Let me draw your hand. Yeah. I've got five fingers, guys. See if you can match me. <laughs> yeah. We'll um, what you can do. So anyway, they entered the like the lab where Mr. Head Scientist guy is. Who's mm-hmm. like also I thought he's like kind of dressed like a priest. Did yeah. anyone get that vibe? Like a like, priest. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, is that like supposed to mean something i don't know mm, no eh. but I, th- I think it's cool so anyway she wants vaccine mm-hmm. and so she starts like shooting around and he's like stop fucking because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. unbeknownst to them but known to us they're making the virus yeah he's like have we lost viral containment <laughs> jargon <laughs> turns out he's making virus baby and this new virus will have a 100% kill rate. Not 80 or 87. Yeah, not 80 or 100%. I guess he's just not happy that the old viruses just weren't moving fast enough. Like, that's what I'm not. Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, what's the rush? Yeah. The other thing seems like it's working just fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. Me neither. But they say if they explode that virus, it will kill everybody within 50 miles. So that's a lot. Even the people in the tower? Who, don't they have the vaccine? Is there a new vaccine oh, for that's this a good new question. virus? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Is there not? Because they say, like, we don't know how to control. Like, that's the reason this guy doesn't want to release oh, it. He says we like, can't control it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you mean you can't control it? Like, it's, it's supposed a- to kill people. Yeah. Isn't Un- it going to do that? Yeah. yeah. I guess maybe they don't have a vaccine for the new one? I guess not. Hmm. All right. Let's go with that. Yeah. So they've made the first virus as well. In case that's not <laughs> yeah, clear. right. They've been, like, they did it. They did it. They did it. They being the bad guys. They did it. <laughs> right. Do you think they went too far? Oh, maybe. They I don't did know. it. Oh, and then Colin is like, she's like, wait, what are you doing? And Colin's like, they're doing this because it's Rome. And they're it, making a new Rome. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? I, yeah. Uh, but it's like, it's true that there is like an element of this that this guy's like constantly trying to chase like this fall of Rome. Like he's trying to rebuild this civilization. But what is he talking about? Like the Romans did not murder, a hun- like <laughs> that's not how they conquered the world. By with murdering viruses? 100% Yeah, of well, everyone. not just with viruses, but like, yeah, they didn't kill everybody. Like actually part of the, the way Romans conquered was to like assimilate cultures and like integrate th- i don't know right am i wrong yeah. like they and, weren't you know, just on a murder a yeah well, <laughs> am <yeah>. i wrong <laughs> i don't understand yeah, i don't get it whatever plan. but then the uh the smoke detector goes like the security yeah. alarm yeah. goes off so they go running and then colin gets the buzz and it like zooms in on an elevator which yeah. is kind of like an interesting way to use the buzz like Marcus isn't in the elevator. In fact, he is like a mile oh, above, above the elevator. But, but it's, it's like, come this way. Yeah. That is cool, actually. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Dahlia and the child. And are, the, the child that's on a crazy mission. Yeah, yeah. Are in danger. But McLeod's like, all right, he did my job. I'm ditches out. Ditches them like a true hero. And Marcus is waiting upstairs with his suspenders. And <laughs> oh, that's right. Sword. There's a cool, like, little uh, morph thing that happens here. Morph! morph. <laughs> but as Colin's this le- one's for you, morph! As Colin's leaving in the elevator, uh, Moy or whatever the fuck her name is, Dahlia, is, like, running after him, being like, don't go. And she, like, morphs into Moya, saying, yeah. don't go. So anyway, mm, whatever. It's almost, like, like, All right, fine, it's almost like they're connected. Ooh! <laughs> So anyway, Colin is going up the elevator, and he gets a visit by a bird. Yeah. A seagull, in fact. A seagull. And he's just like, you you, suck. He's like, are you walking away from another woman? Yeah. Which is a weird sentence, but. Yeah. Amergan, the bird, says, Colin always throws away his friends and loved ones for vengeance. You only live for vengeance, all that stuff. And then we kick off another flashback. We get, like, a flashback montage This is our biggest, like, flashback kind of sequence. 
or most sprawling. So we flash back to Rome, 476 AD, parentheses, 5th century, it says. I was like, what the fuck? Why does it, for, why is the formatting like this? Why did it need to tell us that they that don't was mention the, any other centuries? Yeah. And also, <laughs> also it says just, Rome, 476 just, AD. Which is the fifth, the fifth like, century. What are we, dumb? Like, yeah. If we're too stupid to know... Well, why didn't it, what? When it said 2187? <laughs> it was like 22nd century. <laughs> anyway, we're in Rome, and Rome is burning. Yes. Rome is and in chaos. who's burning it but Colin McLeod? That's right. Yeah, like a Hamburglar outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's only in the director's cut, but yeah. there are, like, people in the house he's storming that are, like, scared, and they're offering him, like, riches to, like, save them. And mm. he's just like, where's, where's Marcus? Where's Marcus? <laughs> so anyway, Marcus is painting. That's where he is. Yeah. And he's painting Rome burning. I kind of like that. And he's, and he's, complete, chill as shit. he's completely calm. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. Colin kind of comes across as a dickhead in this scene. In even though he's not the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. In the whole thing until the very end. Yeah. Like, so Colin's like, hey, motherfucker, I finally found you. <laughs> and Marcus is just kind of like, yeah, I'm painting here, bro. Yeah, what do, you, what do you want, man? He goes where his empire needs him. But yeah, Marcus gives this pretty interesting speech about, like, how it doesn't matter that Rome is burning because Rome exists in his mind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can create this in perfection again. No mm-hmm. biggie. Which is also interesting, like, the, the idea of, like, patience or whatever. Like, Colin has no patience. It would seem Marcus has all the patience in the world. Like, yeah. fine, Rome didn't work this time. I live forever. I'll just do it again. Try it again. No yeah. biggie. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, he's actually a pretty compelling, interesting character. I Minus think. this virus plot. And his outfit choices yeah Yeah. (laughs) his studded dog collar yeah and suspenders yeah he pulls out the ultimate highlander weapon a cloak yep and throws it at colin yeah yeah then disappears like a magician (laughs) colin slices the painting in half and then charges at marcus like a madman in the director's cut he cuts the painting in half and then he starts stomping on it with his bare foot <laughs> and marcus is like uh you shouldn't have done that <laughs> you shouldn't have done did that yeah. colin gets his fucking ass handed to it's him again anyone count how many times he gets sliced up no. and down seven he gets oh sliced God. seven it's... times and it's a gore fest and then he st- when he's lying on the ground he stabs him so hard it causes the marble floor to yeah. crack that's Fucking cool. This is so cool. Awesome. <laughs> he is brutally owned. Yeah. Like, Marcus is like, you cut up my painting and then you stepped on it. Fuck you. Uh, so then Marcus picks up Colin's head and is going to take it. He's like, there could be only one. But then a bunch of like soldiers storm the room. There's arrows flying. He's like, oh shit, I got to go. There are like four of them. Yeah. Which I'm like, you could handle these guys. Why yeah. are you leaving? Yeah. But I guess there's probably more. Sure. Yeah. So he jumps out the window. <laughs> So then we get another flashback to China, 763. Who knows what century that could be? They don't tell us. Yeah. Uh, it's a <laughs> you, guys have, you guys have any guesses? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> uh, what we, is it seventh? Uh, maybe. That's how it works. Is so it eighth? So we get some uh, narration from uh, American about Colin only had his quest for vengeance. And Colin's racing on a camel through the desert. And he's all dressed up in like. Chinese armor. This is a weird flashback. Like, he just shows up in a room and Marcus isn't there, I guess. And that's it, right? On that one, yeah. Yeah, like, there's no encounter here. We just have to assume, I guess he was looking for Marcus. And he just missed him or something. Right. And then we get another flashback. So we cut to Scotland, 11th century. No year on this one, just 11th century. So this is what we get at the very beginning of the movie. Of the American version, yeah. Correct. Which is just confusing because it's reused footage. Mm -hmm. And this is not depicting his birth, his, like, immortal birth. No. 
know. Like this the, is... the beginning of the movie makes you think. Yeah. But he's in this battle, and he gets all stabbed up. Right. And he again, gets... he gets stabbed up because he seems to notice Marcus, like, on a yeah. horse. He's like, oh, shit, there he is. And he's not paying attention and gets the shit stabbed out of him. By, like, eight people at once. <laughs> and then he stays dead long enough, apparently, that they have a funeral for him. And then he turns into a zombie. Oh, but this is where he's like, you're an honorary member of, of the Clan McLeod. It's like, I did not need this. No. Like, why, if they had just pretended, like, whoever those people in the very first flashback were Clan McLeod. Yeah, that's fine. Why I, did they have to shoehorn this in? I don't understand why they didn't make him a high, like, it's called Highlander, but he's not a Highlander. Like, I don't get it. But, like, the only reason he's not a Highlander is because, like, they told you in this scene that he wasn't. Yeah. Those other people could have just been like the oldie clan McCloud. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. It was yeah. just an odd choice. It also, is. I mean, frankly, I don't need him to be from the High Ones. Like, I just no. don't. Like Me neither. Nobody does. But insofar as he has to be. Yeah. They made it so much more complicated. Mm -hmm. So then he zombies back to life after this. Yep. And all this stuff looks really cool. It's, like, very blue. Yeah. There's, yeah. like, this blue flame burning. And I do, like, all the flashbacks, like, all the scenes have, like, a, t a visual tone to them, mm -hmm. which I think is neat. Uh, I mean, like, Thailander, the TV show, does that sometimes. They'll sometimes put a filter on something to give it, like, a look so you can sometimes visually tell this is a flashback, I guess. His clan friends. It's an awkward phrase. Uh, are <laughs> are going to kill him. Yep. Until a woman we've never seen before intercedes on his behalf. Deborah. Deborah. Yeah. Deborah. So Debbie pops in uh, and is like, no, don't hurt him. And then the guy who was delivering, Dude. like, made him an honorary member of Clan McClure says, like, you cannot hurt him. <laughs> For he is a Highlander. Yeah. And, like, what was any of this for? And he tells him to leave and never forget he's McLeod and leave with honor. And then there's narration and Amargan is like... But he never had honor. Yeah, it's like, did Deborah's love or Gregory's faith in you change you? Like, did you live with honor? And it's, like, just a question, I guess, while he's in the elevator pondering, yeah. like... Like, none of these life events, I guess, have influenced him in any way. Yeah, he's still just on this one-track search. Kind of dope. For yeah, it's like... <laughs> For vengeance. It, yeah. yeah. In some ways, him being this old, like, makes him less, less sympathetic. Yeah. So we get another flashback. Like, this is cartoonish oh, how much of a dumb shit he is. <laughs> Both like, literally and figuratively. Yeah, like, he's just not sympathetic or interesting. You're just like, really? Yeah. Really? Since 215? Yeah. What century even And he is doesn't that? learn, like, any lessons. Like, I'm very curious in the original script if there were more discussions about, like, his single-mindedness like he doesn't seem to take like he's never learning from his mistakes it would seem like it's just like and i wonder if they address that ever more yep, and i don't I know would. who would honestly because there if are no it, other characters right like if Amer amergan i can't that name fucking stinks like yeah. i can't <laughs> I, it's, I can't even like amergan amergan <laughs> it's so stupid I think when we were watching this, I looked up Amergan. Like, I was curious. I was like, is this, like, a famous spirit or something? Like, a famous well, spirit? Well, like, is it from, like, folklore like or something? Like, Jacob Marley. <laughs> sure. Like, is it, <laughs> and it's like, spirit. oh, is that why it's ca he's called this? I could not find anything. If any listeners out there know that if this name choice means something particular... Let us know. Let us know. Or is it just a weird name that I don't like? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, hey, write us. What do you think of his name? Yeah. Do you like his name, <laughs> listeners? We'll write read every bit of email That's on the a, show it live. It just has to say yes or no. Yep. 
Yes, I like it. <laughs> no, I do not like it. This is some examples. Anyway, we uh, cut again. Another flashback. This time it's Civil War Japan, 16th century. So this time it's another format, which is 16th century Japan, but it tells us like a thing. It's like, oh, yeah, this is this is the event. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the fuck? This looks awesome again because awesome. they see brilliantly animated. Yeah, because like, now we see Marcus. He, they're like in like a burning castle. Yeah. yeah. And Marcus is dressed much as he was in that earlier flashback where he meets his cat. Right. And <laughs> Colin is dressed in similar garb. Did we mention that in the ancient Roman fight, Colin's sword gets split in half? We did not. It gets split in half. <clears throat> it hey, does. guess what's about to happen here? They are fighting with katanas. And once again, Colin quite promptly gets his sword split in half. Yeah. This is cool. The, yeah. the sword thing is a great visual, like, symbol of his, like, failure and defeat and all that stuff. But then he finds <clears throat> a new sword. That's just sitting there. Yeah. Like, on a stand this, while this castle's burning. This universe is rife with swords. Rife with swords. <laughs> <laughs> like, there the are that, more than one sword. The fire, like, the way it reflects off of Marcus's armor. Like, I don't know how they did it, but it just looks amazing. It looks great. It's this cool. is a beautiful mm-hmm. sequence. This reminded me very much of like their, the Animatrix. Yeah. I, again, I'm not very familiar with his work. Yeah. But like the the program one he did for the Animatrix mm-hmm. looks very much like this. And yeah. It's, it's super cool. Colin grabs this sword that he finds in the display, and right. that one like doesn't break. Yeah. Yeah. Are we supposed to think there's something special about this sword? I think it's... so. Yeah. Hmm. But it's so haphazard his discovery of it right i like got something from that but i don't think it actually was there but it was just like yeah this time it doesn't break so it's like he's found something but it wasn't through anything of his doing right. yeah he just like gets lucky i guess yeah uh, but then the, marcus gets away because the building like starts to collapse mm-hmm. and so or he, does colin get it seems like more like colin gets away but, <laughs> right yeah. right yeah uh so then we get another flashback to trafalgar spain he's a pirate <laughs> Yes. Yeah. This, nothing this, really happens. Nothing here. happens. Is it's something like, cut? What the fuck is this? No. I don't know. It's just him on a boat, a boat and yep. then we move on. on. Yeah. It's like, huh? And I'm I actually I took notes about what the battle was. Like as soon as that title card came up, I paused the movie. I was like, hold on, let me research what this battle is. And I have a bunch of notes on it. And then my next note is all we see is Colin on a boat. Cut. And it's like, guess what, I don't need what these is, fucking what, notes. What, what, uh, what happened, Keith? You uh, might as well educate us. Get ready, guys. The Battle of Trafalgar, which was the 21st of October in 1805, was a naval engagement fought by the British Royal Navy against the combined fleets of the French and Spanish navies during the War of the Third Coalition of the Napoleonic Wars. 27 British ships of the line led by Admiral Lord Nelson aboard HMS Victory defeated 33 French and Spanish ships of the line under French Admiral Villeneuve. The battle took place in the Atlantic Ocean. Like, it's like, that's it. Whatever. It's a hmm. battle. A big battle. A big battle, it would seem. I what, mean, 33 what boats. What side do you think Marcus is on? Oh, I should have checked the flag. Mm. Spain. Or France. Sure. Let's go with France. But anyway, France. whatever this is, I guess Marcus was on maybe one of the other boats. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Just let you know he's a pirate. Arg. So and we then, cut again to World War, I'm going to assume one? Or t- where he's like passed out in the snow. Yeah, this is another weird one because this is a flashback that has that no. That doesn't have a card. That doesn't have yeah. one. It's like, huh? I'll assume it's World War One because only because the next flashback is definitely World, World War II. II. And the there's like a big artillery looking thing. Yeah. yeah. The second World War Two. Wasn't there a brief glimpse of him in the Crusades at one point? There is a glimpse also. of him in the Crusades. Oh. I think yeah. that might only be in the director's That's right. Yeah. But yeah. again, we don't see 
He doesn't do anything. He's just you like don't see walking. Marcus Octavius. Yeah. So it's like, is he? I don't know. I guess you're just supposed to assume he's always looking or something. something. I don't know. But in the World War One flashback, Amergan says he died again and again with no thought for the good he could have done for what he could have become. And again, like the way this narration is structured, like I guess Amergan is speaking to us. Like he doesn't say you died again and again. You didn't do any good. He's like being like he died. It's like, oh, okay, you're talking to me now. Yeah. So weird that it breaks that wall sometimes yeah. by that character. And now we got again. It's exhausting. So <laughs> yeah. World War Two, France, dogfight. This is awesome. Yeah. This is fucking cool. And in the director's cut, it's even cooler. Each episode, we talk about one thing that's like insane. So in this, well, they're both pilots somehow. Or for some for reason. reason. Yeah. yeah okay. But well, he's a pilot, and what's the other guy? Is he just? being transported oh on yeah that plane? is marcus oh, okay. flying it or is he just in the plane no i think he's in it i know he's in it no i mean, I, mean he... I think he's in the uh, the cockpit oh he's in the i cockpit. think so yeah but, but like, he's got like a big ass yeah big nazi plane big nazi plane <laughs> he's got a big ass nazi plane the dog fighting is pretty cool yeah this is very like filmic like this feels yeah. like a like a big movie i don't know i don't know how to describe it like it doesn't feel like the way this is shot d- feels a little different than like an anime like something about this feels like epic like a like a spielbergian sort Mm -hmm. of thing i don't know marcus shoots colin's plane and colin falls out of the plane and lands on the The wing wing of his plane Uh he gets out so they can fight on the wing of the plane right and marcus fires his gun at colin and colin blocks the bullets with his with his sword also awesome nuts and awesome yeah but like that's insane it is insane also this stuff seems like this is the most Joe Pearson segment, I think, of the, f- mm. the movie. Like, this felt like War of the Worlds, in a way. Like, the yeah. way it's shot, I think, and some of the design elements. Not to take away from Mr. Kawajiri, no. but it seemed like yeah. Joe probably had some influence over the way this looked and felt. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the fucking plane blows up, and they both go falling, and they crash through the roof of a church. church. Colin is, like, destroyed. He can yeah. barely <laughs> walk. And Marcus is like, hey, hey what's hey, up? What's like, up? He's just strolling around. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Their costumes are awesome in this. Like, yeah. he's in, like, a long Nazi coat, and the other guy's like dressed like an airman with like mm-hmm. the airman. He like yeah, the cat. goggles and yeah. yeah, yeah. The costumes are really good in this, mm-hmm. like throughout. Maybe, well, Marcus maybe not. In, Marcus in the future, his girlfriend in the future, almost anyone in the future. Yeah. not so much. Maybe not so. Much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we get some more like philosophical discussion here. Yeah, uh, this is, this feels very Abramowitzy. Collins like you killed Moya and deserve to die. And Marcus counters. He's like, well. I loved Rome like you loved Moya, but shrug, things die. And he's like, all we can do is move on and find a reason to live. Amergan is saying that. Like, Amergan, or fuck, all these names. Marcus was able to, like, move on with his life. And, like, Colin, you probably should too. Yeah. But Colin says his purpose is just to bury Marcus. And Marcus is like, you a fool, bro. You a fool, bro. (laughs) But Marcus, he's like, I can paint like Rembrandt. I can play music like list it's like he's bragging in a diss track yeah <laughs> but that's in the uh that's in the director's, director's cut. but that's like yeah. great development because yeah. amergan mentions that earlier like what good have you become like all the things you've missed and marcus has clearly taken advantage not just of like conquering things i mean it's despicable but like he's done things but he's done other things like for just his own edification like yeah. learn how to play instruments and shit and paint and paint and amergan's like you must like getting your ass beat son oh also by the way i'd like to point out where the are you mad girl line came from we didn't we glossed over that that's in the scottish highlands flashback uh, where oh, are you mad girl yes where deborah oh. is trying to save and then gregor comes out he's like you mad girl <laughs> my god <laughs> wow he was played by chris tucker so there we go that's like the uh, 
Whew, whew, we made it through like eight flashbacks. In that a was row. two minutes. No, it wasn't lo- like yeah. yeah. But that's that was the the big flashback montage, which is pretty cool. So now we're back in the elevator, and Amergan thinks Collins is just going to get his ass kicked again. He's but right. Me- yeah, he's completely right. Meanwhile, downstairs, Dolly and Joe are pinned down by all the gunfire, and Joe pulls like a firewall switch, and they like dive under the a wall. Literal firewall. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, right. It's really more like steel slats. Yeah, yeah. steel. It's more of a steel slat. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of just a physical barrier. <laughs> We cut back upstairs, and Colin gets off the elevator to see Marcus and his girlfriend, whatever the fuck her name, Jade. Kayala. Blade face. Kiala. Whatever. She's there with her ass out. But uh, Marcus is like, well, his guest is here, and I'm going to take care of him. Because I guess she wants to be like, I'll do it. Yeah. And then he's like, nope. This is mine. So she's, like, pouring wine. This is kind of cool. Yeah. I like, like, he's she pours so, it in the foreground. Yeah. He's so uninterested in this fight. Like, yeah. they exchange a few swings, and he goes back and sips some wine. He's, like, completely calm. Yeah, they fight. He, like, fucking kicks him outside and then takes a sip of wine. Like, yeah, this is great. Uh, but The then part he... where they slide down, like, the roof is awesome. I like that, too. Yeah. Yeah, at some point he gets kicked off the balcony. They both, like, leap down and are, like, sliding. Yeah, it's sliding good. down, like, a pure... It's like a pyramid on the top. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. But then Colin lands on, like, the ledge, and Marcus is gonna take his head, it looks like, but... Through no, just by pure luck, Colin falls. No, he dodges back. You think falls. he dodges back? Yeah. I thought he just lost his footing. No, I think you see him. Oh. He, like, pulls his head back. And then falls. falls. Okay. Yeah. Well, then he falls through, like, a bunch of clouds and mists. Like, he must get down, fucking down, down, He gets down, liquefied. Down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he falls basically through the cement. Conveniently to the exit where Dahlia and Baby Joe are. <laughs> Baby Joe. Oh, also on his way down, Amergan is like, that'll hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like, that'll hurt. And he makes a ginormous crater <laughs> yeah. where he lands. Well, I should also say, I guess we should say, like, as part of Japanese culture in general, like, or a lot of Asian culture, I feel like this exists in Chinese culture too, like, the mischievous master mm-hmm. is like a trope. You know what I mean? Like, like that's what Yoda's based on. Uh, like, and Yoda's a more exaggerated version of, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, oh, who, old Ben Kenobi? Like, that kook? Like, the thing you, the person you wouldn't expect to be, you know, the wise teacher. Uh, and then Yoda's, like, the full embodiment of, like, he's like a prankster. You know what I mean? Like, he's very mm-hmm. playful and goofy in mm-hmm. Star Wars, I think. Right. But I, I think you see that sort of, like, master archetype mm-hmm. in a lot of Asian culture. So anyway, I but feel like that's... less a master and more just annoying well that's the thing is we don't see him be a master like i guess he's supposed to kind of be acting as a guide but it doesn't really he's just a shitty guy he's just a shitty or colin is so stupid that he (laughs) won't like listen yeah joe leaves with the vaccine right and Dolly goes to check on Colin, and I fucking laughed out loud. Like, he just fell no. through the roof, <laughs> created a crater, and then she goes to check his pulse. It's like, are you fucking, fucking crazy? crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they didn't see how high he fell from. That's true. What does but... it even matter? <laughs> like, he fell from the roof, and, like, everything exploded around him. He has blood coming out of him. He's fucking dead. <laughs> but he isn't. I know. Well, he awakes like a, this is like another zombie moment. She's like, oh, I guess he's dead. And she goes to leave. And he's like, Aah! yeah. <laughs> and he like grabs her ankle like it's a horror but movie. This time he's awake in one second. Every other time it took him a fortnight. Long whatever. enough to have a funeral. I guess the ceiling broke his fall. Yeah. I don't know. So Dolly is now dragging his body like through through a tube or something. Tube. A series of tubes. A series of tubes. And she's like, you're an idiot. You've been alive for 2000. He's told her. He's immortal. Right, at, at this, this point. point. So we're getting, like, a l- brief recap yeah. to show that she knows now. <laughs> and yeah. she thinks he's an idiot, and 
possibly crazy. Right. Uh, so is. then there's some yeah, laser beams coming their way. <laughs> they like, start getting shot at. But she throws a grenade behind them. And, like, this shit blows up everything. everything. Yeah. And they go, like, on another slide, like mm-hmm. the, the pyramid. Uh, and then there's lots of heavy breathing. And then we get, like, a little... This is, like, that moment of, like empathy i guess or sympathy similar to like what deborah or deborah what the fuck is her name uh moya no brenda brenda, brenda. deborah brenda you look pretty, pretty deborah, deborah. Brenda. <laughs> which underdeveloped character are we talking about <laughs> but now she's like wondering she's like oh 200 fucking or 2000 fucking years like so much grief so much hate you've had so much pain you must have really loved her like this is her connecting with him i guess and like realizing <laughs> perhaps like why is he this way i guess like trying to make him more sympathetic so he has like a dream sequence now right oh yeah baby we give it to his mind palace my mime palace <laughs> so he's like at the grave oh and how does this flashback open up what's ambergan say that was impressive not, not. it's like what the <laughs> yeah. fuck yes oh, god yes <sighs> oh. <laughs> what the fuck is this i don't know so he's at, a, at like a tree and right. then he gets up and goes over to the where the sword is on the on the cliffy so we get some more like amrigan life lessons and he's like you never kept your promise to her and he's like moya's essence is still not gone it's eternal so he gives this speech i don't know if we want to talk about this speech i guess yeah it's... we have to talk about it <laughs> so he says you think she was the she was only of the body That dust is all she has become, but her soul, her essence, is eternal. She was meant to meet you again, and she had found you throughout time. But you staggered around blind and stupid, unable to see, unable to love, so full of anger and rage. Rage? Rage. So full of anger and rage. (laughs) You've lost your reason, your promise. Moya, Deborah, Dahlia are the same woman. (laughs) And it's like, bum, bum, bum. I have a lot of questions about this, but I guess first and foremost, why didn't you mention this before? <laughs> right. Why didn't you mention this 900 years ago when, yeah. De- when he met Deborah? He's a prankster. He's a little prankster. <laughs> He's an <Dude>. asshole. <laughs> yeah. He's, He's an like, agent of How chaos. did you not learn this lesson? That I didn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, because no shit, this isn't obvious. Also, because that's impossible. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, (laughs) how did I know this thing that like wouldn't be obvious to anyone? Yep. And also, like, why did they say it? Like, obviously, we're supposed to see parallels between these, at least between Moya and Dahlia. Like, Deborah, I keep forgetting, is even a fucking character because she's in this for half a second. Also, right. her inclusion in this is fucked because, like, Con- or Connor, Colin is like, I will never love anyone else again. Except for this one. Except for, like, this rando person that's thrown in there for two seconds that you're like, I guess he loved her. She must have been really important. Yeah. Amergan's talking about her. Amergan. Amberlamps. Amergan. Yeah, I don't know. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. Do you think Amberlamps is, is being literal when he says this? Or is yes. he also speaking figuratively? Like, they're the same woman, you dumb-dumb, like, metaphorically. No, he's being literal. Oh, my God. Because he says her essence hasn't oh, passed on. Right. He wouldn't yeah. have to say that. Does everyone's essence? I mean, now we're like, what about everyone else's essence? Yeah, I don't know. Is it just her? I don't know. It's just like, why have this? It's <clears throat> also just, like, a little insulting that, like, we're not going to pick up that they're connected. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. This is, like, Highlander 3 territory. Right. And it's also stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like Highlander 3? <laughs> yeah, a good point. Colin wakes up when he says they're the same woman and we see uh there's so many people's names i'm like deborah nope not deborah whatever the fuck her name dahlia is. dahlia deborah dahlia moya these 
fucking names. <laughs> anyway, so Doc is taking care of him, and we find out the damage Colin had, which was six broken ribs, a crushed vertebrae, and was bleeding out of his spleen. Oh, so, good. So he was real fucked up. But now we get some Christ shit happening. Some Christ shit. <laughs> so, I mean, he's essentially resurrected, and he's given all the people hope. Like, they've all gathered around, like, fucking Neo in the Matrix. Ooh, so, I hate oh, this line. Because he gave them vaccine. You gave them what even the vaccine couldn't. I thought it was okay. Uh, it, was a vaccine, right. it was a vaccine for the blues. Yeah. <laughs> Low IQ vaccine waters. <laughs> vaccine waters? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so anyway, so now Doc gives like a fucking speech. Like it's – this is like – I kind of like this scene. Like, this is a weird, like, moment of choice for Colin. It's like, oh, like, this is your moment to, like, be part of the cause. And he fucking doesn't do it. Yeah. Like, he's like, look at all these people. They've all gathered around. Like, you've given them hope. Like, and then he's just like, like, <laughs> no thanks. And so Doc has to give, like, the rousing speech, which is also, like, mirrored with, I guess, is this mirrored with, like, the honor and glory speech, right? It is. But it's weird because it's Doc giving the speech. And, like, it should be Colin, yeah. I feel like. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the story should have made it Colin. But, like, Colin should be the one to rise up here. And he yeah. fucking doesn't because he's, like, garbage. He's garbage. <laughs> he's a garbage hero. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of parallels here with the flashback to 125 or 126 AD where Colin is outnumbered and his wife is like, what are you fucking doing? And it's like, they don't want to live as slaves. And which is what we know. Like, obedience is mm. required under Marcus's rule. And so Joe says, Joe. What, what the fuck is his name? Doc. 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 <laughs> Voiced by Joe Dawson, Jim Burns. This is confusing, guys. Uh, but he's like, well, we have no choice, which I think I think this is supposed to be fairly similar. It's like it's for sure a losing fight, but it's a mm-hmm. fight you just have to have because the alternative is like not worth it. Right. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Virus, Marcus is checking in on the status of his virus. Which isn't ready. Because we can't control it. So Marcus Six's cat on the scientist. Yeah. And she puts a knife through his throat. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Also, who are the other scientists who are in this lab who are all like, this yeah. is all a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the right side of this That's issue. Right. Nothing wrong here. I don't really understand, like, what's happening right now. Marcus has the virus. And it's not ready yet. And then he's like, all right, well, we need to start some creative violence. What does he say? Uh, he says, I want my goons to have some, like, creative, br- do some creative brutality, he says. I don't, I don't understand what that meant. Me neither. The essence of it is, like, go stomp out, like, the ensuing rebellion, I guess, that's forming. But I don't understand how, what creative brutality is. It's like, just shoot the shit out of those people like you normally do, right? Yeah. I don't think it needs to be that creative. Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, maybe try going underground. Oh, we never thought about that. We we can't can't search there. (laughs) There could be Ninja Turtles down there. We can't go. We we couldn't face those heroes on the half shell. So Marcus isn't concerned about Colin at all, because I guess his girlfriend, Sonya Blade, wants to go after him. But he's like, he'll be back. Like, he knows he's going to come for him, so... Again, he's he's cool and patient. He knows what's up. So then we cut to Dahlia's room. And so she's sitting beneath a painting of Jesus. Anyone notice that? I did. Yeah, sim- symbology. Uh, and she's cleaning a bunch of weapons and crying. And Colin comes and knocks in on the door. He thanks her for saving him, but she's not impressed because, like, he's not really going to join the fight. So she's like, whatever, fuck you. Like, why do I bother to save you if you're not going to help? All you care about is your revenge. 
And she says dying is easier than living at this point because mm. living sucks. Living sucks. Because she's like, I've been praying that they would win. And she sure as God is listening because he answered one of their prayers. And, and the prayer was for Colin? I guess the prayer was for Colin. Like, I wasn't sure what the prayer was. Like, that they would some, – like, that she was praying for, like, a champion to come? Or was it praying for vaccine? Don't know. Like, so I guess it or was... that he would survive. Was that the prayer? Like, does she like him? Did she pray in that moment where he was, like, dead on the ground? I, I don't know. So let's turn up the heat, guys. What happens next? They fuck. For some reason. It seemed like their interaction just prior to this was not good. Trauma. They just look at each other, and then they do it. And Let's... then all the lights in the church go on, like in that Queen video. Yeah, they start spinning around. Forever. Yeah. yeah. So we want to talk about the sex scene at all? Uh, there's like there's some boobs. There's lots of boobs. There's... No boobs sucking, though. What do you guys think about the candles? Like, the candles are a thing in the church. Like, I was trying to think, like, I was like, are they equating? Like, what is this supposed to mean? Like, why did they mash these images together? Like, is it equating the, like, sex and religion in some way? Or or is it more the candle? It's his ritual. Yeah. When she lights the candle, what's that candle mean? Like, is that some hopeful candle? Like, is that, like, a, a prayer candle? Like, I pray and light a candle, therefore, like, when we fuck, it's some sort of answer to prayer or... You know, do you know what I mean? Like, what I just don't. Why is are these images together? It must be significant. I mean, I feel like there's significance to it, right? Whatever it may be, I think so, but I can't come up with the life of me for what it could be. Is did it, she light all those candles? Is that the prayer? She lit all the candles. Did the candles light when they boned? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> part of the power of the quickening. Oh, and also, even like the music here is like quasi religious. It's like a choir. Like it's mm. religious sounding music. I know it's interesting. Yeah, I don't really get it. But anyway, we see a bunch of titties, and then Colin Lee they fade, they fall asleep, uh, and then Colin, Colin locks her. In he her locks room. her in her room, and Joe's there, and he's like, "We're gonna let Dolly asleep for a little bit," and then the scene ends. So that's where we're gonna leave it today, guys. Ooh. But before we talk about this third act of the movie, let's play a game. <laughs> All right, so I understand, Eamon, you made a little game we like to call three and five. That's the game where you will give us a topic, and then Keith and I will each take turns. We'll have to name three examples that fit within that topic within the allotted five seconds. We'll get one point for each correct answer we give, and a bonus point if we manage to snag all three. That's a maximum total of four points for each question. So uh, let's see how we do. Keith, in five seconds. Name me three anime movies. Uh, Highlander, The Search for Vengeance, uh, Akira, and uh, Cowboy Bebop. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, Castle's uh, flying. Uh, fuck. Nope, nope, nope. Damn it. Two points. Cowboy Bebop. If you had said, yeah, if you had said Cowboy Bebop, Stairway to Heaven, That's right. you would have been correct. Well, I got two points. Two, two points. points. Mm-hmm. Kyle, name three revenge movies. Revenge movies. Uh, Batman, Highlander, The Search for Vengeance. Uh, uh, shit. That's tired. Kill Bill. You got Kill two. Bill would have been good. Yeah. You got two. It would have been. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two points. Tied up, baby. Two points. Keith, name me three Highlander movie villains. Uh, Kane, Kurgan, Marcus. Yes. Four points. Kyle, name me three famous Collins. Colin Quinn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, shit. Uh, Colin Firth, Colin Farrell. Oh, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Still tied up. Tied up. How many rounds are there? Three more, I believe. Ooh. Keith. Snuck that one. <laughs> Name me three projects that Joe Pearson has been involved in. Captain Simeon. 
Yes. Uh, the Highlander Search for Vengeance and War of the Worlds Goliath. I'm going to give you two. <laughs> okay. Which two. one do you dig them on? The last one. Yeah, what do you mean? Which one? The one I didn't get in time. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I, I wasn't sure if he was digging oh, you no. for not like, getting... He could have not... Uh, but he was involved in all this. Yeah, he could have not been involved, or you could have been like, oh, it was actually Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Right. So. You're right, you're right. Kyle, mm-hmm. name me three mentors in the Highlander franchise. Uh, Ramirez, Nakano, Amergan. That's right. The fact that that Amergan is a question to that, <laughs> to that question insane. is insane. Yeah. In the Highlander universe, who's a mentor? Amergan. Amergan. And Keith, this is the final question. Name me three mentor characters from other media. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and Ra's al Ghul. There you go. Huh. Huh. There you huh. go. Huh. Weird I went to Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. I know, right? It's only sort of true. Yeah, in that one movie franchise. That one movie. That's it. Oh. There were an uneven number of questions. So I guess Keith <laughs> went. <laughs> well, it was Whoops. meant to be. Oops. <laughs> so, Keith, then you... Uh... Do you want to make up a, th- uh, a final round, Eamon? No, it's fine. You got it. No, it's okay. I want you to have... A, I got, want it to be fair. Got, it's 12 to 10. I want you to lose fairly, Kyle. <laughs> Name three post-apocalyptic movies. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the Postman... Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, sorry, the Postman, Highlander, Search for Vengeance, and uh, uh, Mad Max. I yeah. probably took too long. There you go. The, the, the laughing Postman. <laughs> what? I'm not disagreeing, but that is a pull. That is a pull. <laughs> That's insane. I love that movie. Wait, you love that movie? No, I, it's terrible. Oh, but I've actually never like, seen it. It's insane. I mean, I heard it was terrible. Terrible. It's not good, and I hate Kevin Costner, oh. so it's a, it's a real one-two punch. Wow. But Final score? So I'm going to give you two from that. In that case, we tie. We tie. Oh, okay. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. Woo. Woo-hoo. Everybody wins. So, guys, what do we think about Act 3 of Highlander, The Search for Vengeance? I mean, it had one, like, batshit crazy moment that was cool. Fighting on the wing. Fighting on the wing. I really like that part. For me, it really kind of loses steam here. Like, when they start introducing this virus plot, and, like, the main character's at the peak of his unlikableness. <laughs> He's kind of being a dick. There's right. no reason to really root for him. He's getting his ass kicked again. Like, the flashbacks are cool. They're, like, animated well. They're odd. I mean, they some of the odd. choices are odd. Well, the random ones are weird. It's yeah, like, that's the right. ones parts that's weird. But there's no conflict. It's just passage of time. It's like, okay. The one in China works because, like, you get the impression he's, like, looking for him and he's not there. It's like, ah, you missed him. Right. But the other ones, like, you don't even get the sense that he missed him. Like, you don't even have the semblance that he was there. Yeah. For yes. me, I actually, I really dig, the, like, this whole flashback sequence. And I, I really like the way the story is told here. And it's, it actually surprised me. Like, having not seen this movie in a long time and having some kind of preconceived notions about, like... I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or beforehand. Like, I was expecting just more action and less story when I started taking notes. I was like, ah, this will probably just be real action-heavy, which it is. But the moment when he's riding up the elevator, I was like, wow, they really fucking moved this movie along. Like, they milked this shit. There's some conflict. He shows up in a dystopian future, and I guess now he's just going to – he found the guy and he's going to fight him, and that'll be the movie. Like, I thought the movie was going to kind of end soon. But I really like when he's about to face him, we get this, like, extended backstory leading up to it, which I thought was a cool idea. I also was cool because it's good to have the, the characters face each other before the final conflict because I think it makes the end conflict like a little punchier although we've seen this character fight the villain many times but yeah i don't know i I thought the backstory was kind of rich and gave an epic scale to stuff like it was cool that it was like very globe hopping and through time and the thing that like loses me a little bit in what they're attempting to establish is at least in terms of a lot of the older stuff 
he is always representing like the apex civilization. Like he's tearing it down. Like Marcus is evil, but like Colin's success in some way is like a net loss for the earth. You know what I mean? Like he's like the Mongolian horde. He's the barbarians who sack Rome in a bunch of these examples. But then all of a sudden it's like, then Octavius is a Nazi. (laughs) And you're like, I don't think the British are the barbarians in this scenario. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. Like it makes the analogy start to like loses its luster when it starts to enter the modern age. Right. I mean, I guess maybe the equation is supposed to be, I mean, like the goal of the Nazis was like Roman in some respect of like conquer, like conquest. Right. And like, a you know, some sort of like new world order that they wanted. But you're right because, yeah, it, it does make it a little weirder because it's like oh marcus is a nazi like jesus like yeah this virus plot already made him crazy evil but like that also like makes him less benign mm-hmm. in some ways like up to that point the stuff he does isn't that evil he's just a roman general i guess right. i mean he was murdering people and conquering people it's not a cool thing sure but like sure no, 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 a bad thing. that's a bad thing i we don't talk about it that way in history in our discussion of like rome conquering england we don't go like look at these evil romans i guess that's not, not that's, I mean, maybe I mean, we should but may, maybe we should i just mean yeah. that is not the way we discuss things in history for the most part it does the classic highlander make the bad guy really bad right. like super super evil. bad yeah well the virus slot according to what i heard was a cowardjury addition as well I'm pretty sure the original plot was, like, he was taking children and, like, almost, like, enslaving them or, like, almost like a caste system or something like that. But it involved him taking people's children. It was, like, Mm. a slavery story, Mm. which also echoes Rome. Yeah. Obviously. That's interesting. Slaves. Um, Mm, That would make a little more sense <laughs> that would make a lot more sense yeah it would just like fit thematically more with the character and it would be like less like cartoonishly evil like it would seem like it was in service of something like i have no semblance of what the virus plan is in service of it's not like this like i don't have an identifiable goal that this guy has you know well the, the virus starts to become mcguffin in a way like the like it shifts the action around like it's like the, it's like a ticking it's just like acting as a to- like a ticking time clock i guess for the action <laughs> right like to give some urgency to like the end of the movie i think maybe that's mm. part of the reason to have it there it's, it's like oh if we don't defeat him soon like we're all going to die we're all like, going to die yeah. from the virus how about this when he falls through the street and he gets rescued because he falls through the street the baddies like are on to where the rebels are all hiding, yeah. so they're going to mount a counterattack. So yeah. he needs to stop Marcus before then. That would right. be another way to have a ticking time. Sure. There could also be, uh, they mentioned earlier at the, the weird board meeting, like, we're going to expand to 14th Street. Like, essentially, like, we're going to bulldoze, and maybe they can have some giant machine that's going to, like, wipe out that whole Midtown section. Yeah. And it's like, that could just be it. It's like, yeah. they're going to expand the city, and we all live here, and there's nowhere to go. So yeah. we have to stop them. So Colin what all work? sits up at the rec center and <laughs> they have a hip-hop dance competition <laughs> to save it. That sounds right. Yeah. Marcus comes. It's... And Marcus is like, mm, I will examine your moves. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I've learned to paint like, <laughs> <laughs> like this. <laughs> and I've learned to pop it and lock it. <laughs> and he puts a cardboard box down. <laughs> then his outfit would make sort of it sense. It would make more yeah. sense, wouldn't yeah. it? His fucking giant pajamas that he yeah. wears. <laughs> or they yeah. just have a, like a guitar guitar off, off? yeah <laughs> a shred off colin has to learn how to shred yeah amergan teaches him <laughs> uh so here's a question for you guys what do you think of the sex scene besides it being super hot like Ugh. not the, the action of it like its place in this movie like 
in general. I think it's placed rightly, but it's not dressed properly, pun intended. Well, they're not dressed at all. <laughs> uh, like something I don't will, buy it. I don't buy it because you didn't see full penny. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they really did. What it. a half penny will do. <laughs> uh, I Correct. well, I did not buy their relationship, especially because yeah. right before it happens, they seem to be in a conflict. Yeah. So like, I don't buy anything about it in that sense. It seems to be placed correctly in the sense that he has this dream sequence where we're supposed to believe that he's now been given some weird insight about the reincarnation or something. You think he's thinking Moya the whole time? He's boinking and boinking Moya? <laughs> yeah. Boya? <laughs> uh, Sorry. Just, oh, boy. What a weird way to think about that. Yeah. Well, just like, he's now at this realization that he's missed out on, like, the love of his life multiple times. Right. So, like, it makes sense that, like, now is when he would pursue it. Right. But it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I don't get the impression that he's thinking that because it seems like he's just popping by to be like, I'm leaving. See ya. I feel like this is the moment where he should have learned the lesson. Because the lesson, I guess, should be like he can't defeat Marcus when he's fighting for himself. He'll never win. But when he's like he needs like some cause or some reason to do it. Right. And that'll enable him to do it. But it doesn't seem like he actually embraces that Mm-mm. at all. So I mean, there's the part where he like doesn't he look at the crowd and then flashes back to like his tribe or whatever yeah, holding yeah. their swords up but it's that's supposed to be him like being like yeah i'll do this maybe but he doesn't say it yeah but then in later, my notes i was like i don't know what choice he just made like yeah. it's it's very nebulous and i don't know if that was done on purpose like ooh, what's he gonna do but but later spoiler he goes with them so i'm just like and i feel like that you're supposed to get the impression he chooses not to do it because like in at the end of that scene moyo like runs away and cries like in this moment where he had a choice he didn't uh, act. Yeah. And then she's like, bah! and she's like really hurt by that. So I think we're supposed to assume that he made the wrong choice. And I guess at this point he reconsidered or something. I don't know. Or does this sex make him reconsider? Like, it's I, that good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe He's like, like, I mean, damn. <laughs> <laughs> she's a professional. I mean, she knows what she's doing. No, that's a good point. Uh huh. That bears on the shelf watching. <laughs> I guess you could interpret it that way. Like in this moment, he has like a genuine, like there's some humanity in this moment and he like reconnects with that and then decides, like i will pursue this because like i see what i've been missing the whole time also all these highlander movies like do all movies do this or i feel like there's a this is like shorthand for like we're in love or something like i never really bought like brenda in highlander one it's like oh like i guess he isn't giving him permissions himself permission to love again and brenda's it and it's like then they fuck it's like you barely know her like and this is a very similar thing it's like who's this lady you just met her and like you've been told by a a rabbit or a bird that she's like (laughs) the love of your life and like i don't know you know what i mean it's very shorthand stuff and i don't i i'm always conflicted whether i should be critical of that or if i should just be like i understand like symbolically what the movie's trying to get at and this is a quick way to show it even if they didn't have sex, like, this is, you know, people meet in movies and they're like, oh, we're in love now. Like, and it's like, okay, I guess. Like, because we need that, like, motivation or that foundation for the story to move forward based on. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I feel think like the- they just have to be like, we have to put the sex scene in. All these Highlander movies have the fucking. Yeah. What's that about? Do other Kawajiri movies have a lot of sex? Yeah. How's this one stack up? <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, no, uh, most of his other ones have some scene like this. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. yeah. I wonder who put it in. <laughs> well, Colin. Colin. <laughs> ah, yeah, guys. <laughs> hey, Eamon. Yes. You're a highly talented, skilled artist. Do you have anything out there that uh, showcases your dope work? Well, I do, Kyle. Funny you should ask. I it had... is funny, actually. <laughs> Let's treat this as funny as it is. You can give us... <laughs> what can we get? hey You can get a set of five Highlander character magnets. Five? Are there even five characters in Highlander? 
There is. I was as surprised as you. So we have our Duncan McLeod. Ooh, he's the hero. We have Amanda. Oh, she's the hero. We I have know. Joe. Not quite the hero, but all right. He's one of them. Jo- he's the great, though. I'm a watcher. We have <laughs> Mythos. Oh, sometimes like friends, enemy. sometimes enemy. Yeah, he's a little trickster like Loki from the Avengers movies. And we recycle a character, Duncan McLeod. <laughs> but he's a flashback Scottish Duncan. Ooh, when he's like all barbarian fine. He's all barbarian up. Does he like use his rage? He does. When he like rages, does he get like plus two to attack rolls and mm-hmm. like damage sure. resistance to bludgeoning attacks or something? That's right. These are D and D fifth edition jokes. Uh, they have nothing to do with our magnets. But where can we find these things? Edition. Fifth edition. Yeah, you better believe there's a fifth edition. Five magnets. Yeah, one for each. One edition for each magnet. That's right. You can find these magnets on Etsy by searching Highland or Rewatch, or we have a store on our Facebook page. Oh, is that what happens when you push that shop now button? That is. That makes a lot of sense. That's so convenient. And these. Five magnets are only $15 for the whole kit and caboodle. Whoa, Eamon, as an artist, like, if you were going somewhere and just, like, buying, like, one print, Mm -hmm. how much would that cost? That would be, like, $15 at minimum. Oh, and you're getting five separate things and they're fully functional as magnets? That's right. That's nuts. What kind of value is that? And where do the proceeds for this whole thing go? Like, surely, like, to build your art empire or something. This supports this very podcast that you're listening to. This very one? Right now. This very one, my dear boy. That's incredible. So if I'm a huge Highlander fan and I've just been, like, enjoying our free content for, Mm -hmm. like, the three years we've been doing this thing... Mm I can buy these magnets to support it? That's right. Oh, I should probably stop being a freeloader and do that. Do it. Today. So we cut to the city streets. There's lots of, like, foggy atmosphere. This is cool. And there's, like, these giant fucking tanks that are, like, the size of a house. Uh, Yeah, rolling down the street. Right. Lots of spider bots. Also, these rebel goons suck. Yes. They can't do anything right. They've got missile launchers. These things are literally the size of a house, and they are missing them. I'll mention this now. I don't understand what the plan is here. Like, Colin says to, like, is it Doc? He's like, hold them off as long as you can till I kill Marcus. And it's like, what does it matter if you kill Marcus? Like, these people are still going to murder you all. Like, I wish there was some, like, coherency to, like, the plan. Like, it's like it's like Star Wars shit. Like, you disabled the shield to help me get in so I can... You know what I mean? Like, I wish there was, like, some teamwork element to this. Because it seems like there's just a battle on two fronts here that are in some ways unrelated. It's like, I yeah, don't know. what does Marcus have to do with anything? Yeah. yeah. Like, are the guys with tanks still going to murder everyone? Right. Seemingly. Or like, yeah. it's not like oh, Marcus ex- is dead. Time for me to call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like there's, like, extra security at the tower to prevent Colin from getting in. So it's like, you guys need to help me get in or anything. Like, in fact, it's the opposite. Marcus is, doesn't give a shit about Colin. He's just waiting to fight him when he shows up. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I wish there was some more to this confrontation at the end that, like, made them have stakes in each other's... I don't know. I don't know. Something just felt weird about it. No, you're 100% right. Okay. And the goons are getting rolled. So, like, it doesn't seem like Colin's going to successfully save them. Yeah. There's no twist that made the, the good guys win. Right. They just, like, won. So Joe's like, hey, I can show you a secret entrance <laughs> like, what another that, I secret never brought, <laughs> that I never brought up before. There's yeah. another secret entrance? Which is, like, it's posited, like, oh, we never use this one because there's, like, too much. There was, like, there was a shit ton of security in the other entrence, too. After right. they went through the su- I, I don't know what this was. So Joe takes him through some tunnels again. And I thought the reason this was going to be, like, tricky 
It's like, oh, here's a secret entrance, but bum, 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 it's a giant spinning blade that could cut your head off. Like, right. this might be the only way in now, but your life is in peril to get through it. That's no. what I thought, too. Incorrect. No. <laughs> he fucking palms a, a giant, giant blade. spinning blade. He's like, nope. Yeah. He grabs it and just hops right up there. I watched this part twice to yep. see if I was missing something. No, nope. I wasn't. <laughs> and all I could think of was Highlander 2. Yeah. 100%. Oh, oh, is, is Amergan going to disappear dealing with this? I didn't even think about that. What does Ramirez say? Everybody's going to be yelling at Everyone their... deserves their full measure of life yeah. or whatever Jesus that shit is. Yeah. is. Fucking holds his hand up and yeah. shoots magic beams. If you can summon it. Into one moment. Ugh. One moment. You can fucking do whatever. That's like real anime dialogue right yeah. there. It's like, what does that mean? Like, it's just gobbledygook. But in a cartoon, it seems cool. Yeah. It's like, all right, I buy it. But, but in that dumb movie. That. It's <laughs> just this, like, <sighs> so he just has to sneak in. Right. I don't understand how this is any better than any other way. But right. whatever. Also, let's back up a little bit. So... Everybody outside, like the, the, the city dwellers, or as you call them, sea urchins. <laughs> the sea urchins are, like, held up in this, like, building, right? Damn it. And Joe is with Joe. Doc I, is with Mario. This fucking... Wait, I thought... He's yeah, Doc is with Rudy. Himself. That, yeah. I was like, why did they do this? Yeah. Like, don't put these two characters that are voiced by the same person <laughs> in, the same, in the same scene talking to each other. Like, they sound different, but not that different. Not different enough. Yeah. He must be a law and order fanatic. Help me get this son of a bitch. <laughs> so anyway, Rudy fucking sucks. Like yeah, he, he has a rocket launcher, shit. and it's like a POV of, of the him scope. Missing. And the tank is goes into into the into frame into his viewfinder thing, and it's like dead set bullseye. And then it's he's like, I gotta wait for it, wait for it. And it's just leaving. It's going past him. He's not moving shit. And it's like, shoot, shoot. I gotta wait. It's like it's gone by the time he fucking pulls the trigger, and he misses by a mile. Yeah, it's like what the hell, Mario? Oh, also, meanwhile, like when the battle starts and Rudy shoots the first shot, Dahlia wakes up naked. This is insane. She runs to her bedroom door and tries to leave naked. Yeah. Her first thought when she hears this is not like. Well, oh, so close like I mean, obviously, the first thought is I gotta join the fight, and mm-hmm. it's like you know what? I've been doing it in bra panties the whole time. Fuck it, I'll just do it naked. naked like yeah. she just goes right for the door. What is that move? All she needs is a gun. That's right. She's That's right. never naked with that gun. She got the two guns. Am I right? Oh. Bing bang bang. <laughs> Sorry, guys. bing bang bang. I've had zero to drink today. So it she... shows. <laughs> oh, yeah, <I'm> just <laughs> she shoots the door open. I guess. Yeah, somehow, like blows it to pieces yeah. and runs out to go try to join the action. Colin is Co- sneaking through the security area, right? Which is like a shipping area. It would look like there's just like crates and stuff. What but- are they shipping? What's going? Is it ammo? Yeah, good point. What What is all this stuff? <laughs> like know. things are in shipping containers. Yeah, from where? It's to a whole, where it's a whole it's they got to supply that whole tower. There's like a whole city ecosystem that they need to supply. That's right. So I guess they're getting. I mean, I guess it makes sense. They're getting outside deliveries, outside like chopped up mutant chickens <laughs> and like whatever. Yeah. Um, or maybe they use it to transport it within the, that's the confines of yeah. the compound. They've got some cheese. I guess so. It there. is pretty big, ginormous. It yeah. is pretty big. Central, Central, Park. Central Park big. Yeah, yeah. CP big. Out of fucking nowhere, Sonya Blade busts in with a helicopter. Right. screaming it's nuts you yeah. can't hide from me and she's just shooting everything yeah <laughs> do you think marcus knows she's doing this because I he was like hey 
don't do this shit. Like, yeah. leave them to me. And now she's like off the rails. Like, I'll get you with a helicopter. <laughs> with a helicopter. Why does she indoors? Hel- They're Why? inside a building. <laughs> Why does she have a helicopter? Period. Biff. Why is there a helicopter in here? Why is she using it to fight Colin? Like, does she think she needs a helicopter to beat him? I guess. I, I don't know. know. I guess it's easy. Isn't I- she an, immor- an immortal? Yeah, and she like is quite skilled. It would seem. Yeah, it would seem. Though we've only ever seen her fight yeah. Super Shredder. That's a weird thing. Like, we've seen that she's, like, kind of crazy killer. Like, she yeah. seems, like, lethal. And it's like, oh, when they fight, it's going to be really cool. And it's like, they they never really fight at all. <laughs> like, she shoots at him, and then there's, well, we'll get to it, how yeah. it goes. So He, like, hops up on the helicopter at some point. Or, no, first she shoots bullets at him, and he, de- he deflects them. This is nuts. He deflects the bullet, and then it goes into, like, a... A rocket launcher, I think. Yeah. And it An blows... An exploding barrel, Yeah, I think, is what it hits. This yeah. one was the bridge too far for me. <laughs> I feel like I could accept on the helicopter wing him deflect, like, blocking bullets with the sword. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the outer limit of, like, what I could go mm-hmm. for. Then when he Jedi deflects <laughs> the bullets into an exploding barrel... I was just like, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. It's miraculous. It's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. It's yeah. completely nuts. <laughs> so then he hops. And it's also got like this weird slow-mo bullet time yeah. effect. I did not care. I think that honestly might be why I didn't like it. Oh. Yeah. It was because of like the slow-mo. Like it made it look cheesy. Like when it happens fast and it's just like, like up on the chopper and he's like bang, bang. And he just like goes bing, bing. Yeah. It like goes by real quick and I don't think about it too much. Mm. Here when I'm like watching some weird Matrix shit, it's like, eh. Yeah. The Matrix will affect our lives forever. <laughs> <laughs> so then he, like, jumps up on the, like, one of the arms of the helicopter, and she pin like, this is insane. Is she, like, dragging him against the tops of the, the containers? Yeah. <laughs> Keith just does that sometimes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's him getting dragged. <laughs> that's him getting dragged, guys. Oh, is that what that was? That wasn't clear? God damn it. Yeah. That was one of your one of your fits. One of my classic fits. <laughs> yeah. Guys, kids start a fit. <laughs> yeah. He's got a nervous his nervous system is all messed up. Spirits. One of Keith's classic fits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On so. this new album of twelve of Keith's, Keith's classic, classic fits. fits. You'll get uh and boing. So yeah, he's like dragged across some containers. And then he says the worst line of this movie. Yes. She says, I don't know whether I should kill you or do you. And she says it with, like, a crazy look in her face. <laughs> what is it's that? It's like, what? Why, did, why would she say that? She checked why out those abs. He's got that she tight saw shirt. The, he yeah. saw the cum, she saw the cum gutters. Right, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, she's like, Ugh. oh, boy. But Marcus has cum gutters. Does he? Yeah. No, he's built. <laughs> no, like, Colin's like a lean, lean mean dude. Lean, Marcus mean is dude. like ripped i don't know guys sure I don't know <laughs> what are we talking about sure <laughs> this is so fucked up this is our, this is our weird little so fan anyway, fiction about then this. out of nowhere dahlia was broken out of the pink room busts up in the house and, and shoots shoots her in the in head, head. Oh. And they it was show a it. hell of a shot yeah it's the money shot. like sorry when you said that it's a hell of a shot <laughs> It's like a sports comedy. Yeah. What a throw from downtown. <laughs> from downtown, Shalom. <laughs> Hanukkah hoops. That's a reference to Larry Shore, Highlander writer. Yeah. So it crashes the helicopter. Right. So great, and her eyes go all bananas in yeah. typical Kawajiri fashion. So Dahlia is going to. I don't understand this. Like she's going to hang out there and like hold the guards back, and she's like, "You go get your ass to Marcus and do what you got to do." Yeah, and it's like I guess I'll just hang out here instead of leave. Or I mean, I guess maybe she can't leave. She's like, 
I mean, where, how'd you get in there? Mm-hmm. Why don't you just leave? Go down. Well, I guess, I don't know. Maybe she's just on a suicide mission at this point. Yeah. Yeah, she is. But, I guess so. <laughs> I oh, and what's she wearing? On purpose. What did she bring to, like, the big final battle? Same outfit she's always wearing. Oh, really? Just brought yeah. red bra and panties? Yep. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice. Did nice. she wear high heels? I was. I, I did... think so. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense in the first part of the movie because she's, like, on the job. Yeah. So to speak. <laughs> on the job. But, like. Put on some sneakers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe in the future, shoes are you know they're hard to come by. Hard to come by. So she's got to (laughs) got to deal with what she's got. Also, I was wondering. I was like, doesn't Colin like Colin knows the girl in the helicopter? Sonya Blade is immortal. Like she's there. Like go doesn't he? Yeah. Why don't you go deal with that shit? He doesn't tell. (laughs) Yeah. Dahlia like that. oh by the way she'll oh, that wake person's up gonna at, wake up at and some point you. i don't yeah. know but like be careful yeah the fuck but he doesn't get a buzz you're right she comes in in that helicopter and doesn't get a buzz is it a, hel- a buzz proof copter <laughs> yeah it's like superman with like lead, lead. it's yeah. a lead helicopter or it's just another example of colin being shitty <laughs> probably like oh should i tell uh, my girlfriend uh, that this person's uh, gonna revive themselves and stab her eh whatever Back in the city streets, we're back to that battle. Rudy finally, finally gets a shot off that hits one of these tanks, like, But seems treads. to do nothing. Well, yeah. it, it, like, busts oh. the tread up so it, like, well, turns, it turns into a building, building. and the entire yeah, building <laughs> collapses. Like, good? I mean, what if there are people in that building? I don't They're know. in all the other there buildings. Were. And there were. Yeah. There's asbestos everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Everyone's got lung problems now. 20 years, there's a very sad ending to this. Yeah. <laughs> Doc... Is like on the roof, and he's like, "It's time or what?" Like he shoots what off a. Is this? I don't understand what any of this is. So they shoot a flare, and it's like that's the signal. And then seemingly there's people maybe all over the city, I guess, and on they shoot both sides of the fortress, right? And they shoot at it, right, with What's... rocket launchers. And it's like, oh, I guess that. To... But that's also full of civilians. Like, what are you doing? Good point. There's like innocent people, and I mean, their only crime is just. I they're mean, obedient. They're, I mean, they've succumbed to the pressure of, of wanting to not eat lizard hot dogs <laughs> yeah. and die of a virus. And, soup, yeah. Yeah, and die of a virus. <laughs> these assholes who didn't want to die. They from think this they're so much epidemic. better than us. Yeah. yeah, these real shit sticks. It's like, this, I mean, the reason this is done, I suppose. Well, I mean, I, the the rockets at the tower are dumb, and also I think it's supposed to imply that there's like more people than we thought there were, which I wish they showed us that there were like. Or mentioned in an offhand, like in an offhanded remark, like because all we get to see is like the weird Forty Second Street crowd, yeah, Mario where, and company, right? But right. it's like I guess there are more of these subterranean villages all over the city. Like I wish they did a, a better job of showing us that, like, no, there's a big uprising about to happen, and like that would also make more sense why Marcus wanted a virus to kill more people because it's mm. like there are a lot more people that aren't under his rule. Right. Anyway, but this uh, the camera pull, pans up to the tower. Marcus is observing all this. And this is the parallel to Rome burning before, mm-hmm. which is why they've done it this way. Right. But this time he's not painting or chiseling anything. Too bad. Or playing his guitar. He takes a picture with his iPhone. He's yeah. like, got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll treasure this forever. Hashtag no filter. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, at this point, Colin shows up in the gladiator pit, struts out there. This time it's personal. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, there was a line I liked earlier that we skipped where... Doc is like, you have to kill Marcus, don't you? And Colin's like, yeah. And Doc is like, what What do you think your chances are of that? And he's like, uh, it's probably better you don't ask that. Yeah. No, that was really funny. That was a good line. It's like, I've been failing at this for 2,000 years. Right. <laughs> Whoops. <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, we sent that asshole to do this? 
he can Jedi mind trick bullets. So, you know, he's your best shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so true. Colin says both battles that are going on are Marcus's cause. Like, I'm here to fight you because you killed my wife. Mm. My wife. And then the battles around you are, of course, because you're a fucking dictator. But Marcus says, like, barbarians will always be barbarians. Like, this is his, like, mission is to, like, tame the world, essentially, I guess. Mm. Uh, it's a very, like... I don't know, Evil Empire, Star Wars-y sort of thing. Like, I'll bring order and justice to the galaxy. And we'll rule it as father and son. Yes. Yeah. You're my son now. Yeah. Oh, the twist. Uh, you're immortal. You will serve me for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> just, you're uh, also, like, okay. You're too beautiful. You're also too beautiful to kill. <laughs> yeah. um, so at this point, Marcus, I guess, decides, because there's an uprising, he's like, well, uh-oh, like, we got to tame the barbarians. So he busts out the unstable virus, if that matters at all at this point. And he yep. has a, like, device to disperse this. Which is, like, a f- conveniently set up in the, in middle, middle, of a, in the middle of, like, his, yeah. his penthouse, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Not downstairs in the virus lab. Yeah. Right. Where um, it would make sense for it to be. <laughs> and it's funny. Well, you, you guys mentioned that this Kawajiri inserted. Wow, the way I just said inserted. Inserted. Inserted, inserted. inserted this, this, this plot device into the movie, right? Yes. yes. I, I had a note here. I was like, oh, is this a, an Abramowitz thing? We haven't gotten to – well, we obviously haven't gotten to season five yet. But, like, this is the four, a very similar Four Horsemen oh, interesting. plot because they try to, like – Po- like poison the the well so mm-hmm. to speak well actually quite literally they try to poison the water supply uh of the earth of the earth well <laughs> but uh, i was like oh maybe this is a david abramowitz yeah. thing like interesting yeah huh. but no apparently but, but no, Jerry. Uh, yeah uh G. and he's like i'm going to kill everyone in new york city does that mean your jabronis in this fortress too yeah i was confused i, I don't know that. I, I assume not. I but. think he might. I thought he was like, we'll just start over again. I think he was just like hitting the reset button. It's like, guess it didn't work this time. Shru- I, I I got the impression he was going to kill everybody. He also decides, let me kill everybody in two minutes yeah. in superhero, super villain fashion. Yeah. I'll put a timer, timer on, on us. Yeah. For, just hit the button. It needs to warm up. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, can you kill me in two minutes? No. He can't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the answer is no. Colin loses again. So Colin gets all cut up and he's like down for the count, you think? Yeah, but like he actually does care about trying to stop this thing now. And like he makes like a desperate play to try to like pull, of course, the very big switch that will disable the thing. But just gets housed again. Right through the back. It's just like the other the other uh, Roman. The other Roman scene. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so Marcus shouts, my new world begins as gas pours out of, like, weird gargoyle, like... Yeah, like on the, the sides disp- of the pyramid. The way this is dispensed is through, like, artistic reliefs on the yes. top of the <laughs> building. And, like, birds start plummeting to yes. their death. And in the director's cut, right, The there's people that die, too. Yep. Yep. Or at least they're, like, being poisoned yeah. if they don't die. Yeah. Also, that's not the way a virus... I mean, how does this virus work? <laughs> I mean, it's a virus. Like, it's a magic it sounds more like virus. it's just poison gas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that is, that a virus, you get infected like and it does something to you. Over- but you don't die right away. I mean, unless this, that's why this virus is so fucking crazy. It just yeah. kills you instantly. instantly. Yeah. All right. Unless it's a virus. Like, is it supposed to spread over the earth? Yeah. I don't know. No clue. Over the earth? Viruses spread? Oh, you mean like, like from could, people? Oh. Like person to person. Well, I guess it maybe doesn't because New York is like a penal colony. Yeah. Like nobody leaves. It would a- appear. Unless but I guess colony. if somebody did, like it would just start spreading and no one would know why. <laughs> Like, it would kill everybody on the earth. Yeah. Is the whole planet destroyed? Like, does society not exist? Seemingly. Across the earth? We don't really know. Well, we know yeah. there's other city-states, right? Oh, uh, right. Only yeah. from the title card. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Are the title cards canon, guys? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
So then we cut downstairs, and Dahlia sees these birds falling, and instantly, I guess, knows what that means. It's like, mm. oh, she's like, oh shit! <laughs> right. But then she gets stabbed in the stomach. Yep, by like, those fucking nail claw like, things through the side, like yeah. yep, all the way through her lungs, essentially. Mm-hmm. She gets fucked up. It's Kayala or Sonya Blade or Jade. Sonya Blade, whatever. We actually do get to see a a, a clip of her, like, wake up in the helicopter and turn her head right side around because her her neck is broken and, like, at 180 degrees. (laughs) She's like... (laughs) She stabs Dahlia. And she's like, only me and Marcus are, like, getting out of this alive. And then Dahlia's like, just Marcus. And then she takes, like, a grenade and, and stuffs it <laughs> in her fucking mouth. And her head explodes. <laughs> Taking her with her. I mean, yeah. this is insanity. This I mean, it's is, awesome, It's kind of awesome, but I was just like, also, how's it get in her mouth? I don't know. She's got one of those super mouths. She's like, oh, oh yeah. And the whole grenade is in her mouth. This is surprising. Or maybe not, but I was surprised. I was surprised. This was just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a very bleak ending. It's like, oh, this like, you know, I guess we like her. She's nice. She's nice. She's nice. She's nice. But then there's like some inner monologue, like when she explodes about like, I'll see you again, Colin. It's like, okay. I guess. I guess. Like she's aware. Like, hold on. Is she consciously aware that she's had multiple lives? Or is this just her own personal? Oh, she's going to heaven. Is she going to see him in heaven? Probably. Bang around up there. The big pink room in the sky with the yeah. Jesus picture. <laughs> but yeah. in the heaven room, it's just a hole cut out of the wall. And Jesus, Jesus is, is just watching. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, hey what good. are you doing there? Yeah, doing some good fun. sexing? Yeah. So Colin, like, does he feel the quickening that goes off? And he's like, Uh-oh. Like, I guess nobody no, gets this quickening, right? Yeah, I think he just knows somehow that she's dead. Yeah. yeah. And that, like, I'm kicks okay. him in gear. Right. Right. So this is like the crazy climax. Like the music starts swelling. It's like it's like what? It's like the music score is like. But then Colin goes, "God help me for them, for her," because he seems to be seemingly aware of this. So he's a born again Christian now. That's how he is. He has been born again. Jesus helps him win victory over Marcus. Just like I renounce Harry Potter. Like that picture, that painting of Jesus and Jesus's arm is like going into, into Donald Trump's arm as he's like signing a bill. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's <laughs> <laughs> like what happens to Colin. So what do we think of this? What has happened here? I guess he has regained some faith in something. I assume God. literally God. Or at least is like broken through his apathy enough that he like realizes that he needs help and can't do this. It's interesting because it's like an extra layer on something I feel like is already established. That he needs a little something extra to be able to beat Marcus. So, like, I wonder why, like, making the decision to try to help these people isn't that extra thing in and of itself. Like, it feels a little tacked on. Well, these things are, like, mashed together in a way which makes it confusing. Because he's like, God help me. And it's like, we obviously know that she's got, like, the God connection. But it's also like, God help me help her, help them. Yeah. And it's like, which is the thing that's helping him? Is it... The God, like a belief in a higher power, or is it like what it seems like it's supposed to be, or should be for me at least? Is like I'm not fighting for myself anymore. I'm fighting for other people, which is like what Amargan's like shit was all about, right? But she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's toast. Yeah. So it's like, is this just? Well, now he has extra vengeance to search for. Oh, oh the <laughs> problem was the is? problem was he didn't have enough, enough vengeance. vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, finally, I've reached the magic number of, like, four vendettas. Or whatever <laughs> it was. All right, so what happens here? Colin closes his eyes, and this is, like, a, using the four. Like, this is something that has never been, I don't know. This is just a new thing. Mm-hmm. And he just 
fucking cuts Marcus, cuts him on the arm, cuts his head. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. They're, like, back-to-back after they, yeah. like, exchange a couple blows. Then he spins around. This is cool. And, and then they whirl around, swinging their swords at each other. Awesome. There's a flash of steel, and <gasps> whose sword breaks? Oh, Collins. <laughs> ah, uh, you'd be wrong, sir. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, Marcus. Marcus's yeah. sword breaks this time. It's a nice, like, looking visual cue throughout the whole thing. Yeah, that looks it great is. Here. And thunk, off comes his head. Pops and his head, like, pops off. off. Oh, like, yeah. It's like it's high. popping off. Yeah. <laughs> And he looks sad when his head, like, pops off. And he's like, oh, man. He probably is sad, you know. <laughs> Who are you? It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. And then, let's talk about this quickening because it's bonkers. Nuts. <laughs> Fucking explodes the whole top of the building. And, the, it, like, lightning covers the entire city. Yeah. yeah. And burns up the virus. Yeah. How convenient. A little quickening <laughs> MacGuffin. It's like, what? It's like when the, uh, the, <laughs> on the finale part two, when it destroys all the videotapes in a... 50 mile radius or whatever it's an interactive cd rom oh boy (laughs) i like this shot like after like the top of the building's destroyed like colin's like triumphantly standing on the rubble like it's pretty cool yeah and then amber gan calls him a big shot it's like yeah what a way to fucking ruin the ending of this yeah amber gan says he pities the poor girl but at least her prayers were heard what does that mean like her prayer like who is influencing like did colin finally do the right thing and make a difference in the world or is there some third party which is a deity that has influenced this entire thing. And who's deity? Because she's Christian and Evergen is like a druid ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird pagan ghost. And then the immortals, what? whose jurisdiction do they <laughs> fall under? jurisdiction? <laughs> Satan's. <Yeah. laughs> Evergen, I've been Satan all along. Marcus was the, ed- the agent of God. <laughs> now hell will take over the world. I don't know. I'm it's the plot of a Kawajiri yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 But then everyone's like very happy. The yeah, sky yay. is blue now instead of cloudy. I mean, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this like the shield going down in Islander 2? I, I think guess. it's just supposed to be like a visual cue. Like now things are happier. Then, right. then the, the sea urchins burst into the tower and mercilessly kill <laughs> all, all of the everyone, tower, all the, tw- the aristocracy that yeah. lives there. I mean, yeah, that's another thing. Kyle, you always bring this up, like the power vacuum. Well, what like, what the now? fuck yeah. is going to happen? Who's going to like power all the uh, spider robots? Yeah. And what other city-state decides they want to roll up in here yeah. now that Marcus is dead and be like, y'all are out. It's Boston. Y'all are out. We're going to park our cars in yeah. here. And, uh, We're going to park in your tower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a wicked cool virus you got there. All right, let's talk about the denouement of this episode, oh, of this yeah, movie, of this whatever episode. the fuck it is. So we cut back to St. Patty's Church, and we get this a close-up. This like, it is Colin lighting a candle. candle. That's right, and there's some piano and orchestra music playing. It's That's, like a sunset, the the tower's like in ruins, and then Colin like marches out of the city on the GW Bridge. Yeah. And then we get a voiceover from a fucking seagull. <laughs> 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 he says, take heart, my old friend. <laughs> So what is lost shall one day be found. And then he goes, catch you later, Colin. It's like, that's the like last yeah, line like, of this movie. Cheers catch, for five years. Yep. Catch <laughs> you later, Colin. In memoriam of Bill Banzer. Oh. I know. Ugh. Wow. The catch you later. What the hell? Catch, catch you later. Dude. This is like, hit it, dude. Like, what is this? Hit, hit it, dude. dude. This is nuts, the way this yeah. movie ends. <laughs> it, like, ends somewhat anticlimactically. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like the, the beheading of Marcus, but it didn't really go anywhere from there. We didn't get, like, a cool, like, moment of Marcus maybe being like, oh, shit, like, I finally lost or something. 
He looks a little scared when he's cut by Colin. It's not a big enough moment. Like, I agree that, like, we, we you should want to see Marcus's reaction of, like, his, like, oh, I'm fine. Tables I'm, defe- I'm defeated. Yeah. Like, the him getting cut on the arm is more like, uh, we keep referencing the Matrix in this episode, which is weird. But, like, in the Matrix, when Neo lands a hit on Agent Smith in the subway. That's mm-hmm. like, oh, and he, like, broke his glasses. And he breaks his glasses. Yeah. That's, like, the moment, like, oh, you're not invulnerable. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that, but that's not... I've, I'm going to um, defeat you in the yeah. next in the next hit. Like, yeah. no, that's just like the glass is cracking a bit. Like, yeah. and we see that there's potential. Like, a thing you thought was indefeatable through this whole movie is not. But yeah, they should stab the fuck out of Marcus. Yeah, we, after what after the brutal treatment, that, <laughs> like Colin gets so fucked up in this movie, just yeah. constantly. He is owned. <laughs> He's like scrunched into the ground so that it breaks. <laughs> He's, like, punched through a roof. He's punched off a roof. Falling dozens of stories. He gets exploded in a tunnel. (laughs) He falls off a plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. How many times did he get stabbed before that Scotland zombification? Oh, and his skull got cracked in half. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right, yeah. (laughs) It's it's nuts. And he was deposited into a Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Rewatchers, we've got a sale going on now, and it's just for you. The Highlander Collectible Magnet Set is available on our Etsy and Facebook pages. How much does it cost? It's only $15 for a collectible set of five awesome magnets. You're kidding me. It's less than $3 for magnet? That's right. This is cheap as fuck. Yeah, with such cool, unique artwork. Where else can you get? Like, you can even buy a print for that much. No. Prints are more expensive. And this shit will last, I would say, a lifetime. These are high-quality, durable magnets. They are heavy-duty. And they feature... away from your phone. Don't like (laughs) your phone. (laughs) I tried it. I put one of these magnets on my phone everything was lost (laughs) (laughs) Heyman's life's work my life was ruined my tax returns were on that thing wow you do your taxes on your phone gone yep (laughs) TurboTax does actually have a very efficient app to be discussed later (laughs) are they paying us for this yes hopefully one day hopefully one day but not this day so these magnets feature the likenesses of Duncan McLeod Amanda Joe Mythos and Duncan Part 2 and Duncan Part 2 a Scottish Scottish warrior Duncan Duncan. <laughs> Let's do it together. Yeah. So, so make, buy, sure make sure you pick your, your magnet set, set today. You can find them on our Facebook store or on Etsy. I can't understand you when there's only one of you talking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, check them out. They're really awesome. And add them to your collection. Today. Back to the show. think about this I, overall movie's over what do we think i liked this movie i mean like thumbs up or thumbs down i'm thumbs up yes yeah, me too. i agree wholeheartedly and i am very prepared to say this is the second best highlander movie absolutely i agree by a wide margin yeah like just nowhere close any like other than the original this, nowhere close this mm-hmm. is the second best absolutely yeah i feel like that's not up for debate no, no. If, somebody, if somebody wanted to fight about that i'd be like you're crazy yeah, yeah. unless you're someone who's like not into graphic violence yeah well, then this i mean is the, just the movie has like problems. It has problems it's like i don't know if i'd call this a good movie but but it hits on i more enjoyed stuff. a movie it's a movie yeah. i enjoyed yeah there's some like moral questions in it there's a villain that has motivation that's like understandable one and it's not well, like for a lot of the movie 
Sure. But, like, I don't think he's, like, patently evil the way... Well, he's trying to release... No, 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 Indiscriminately kill everyone in New York City. No, no, no. I'm going to back. I don't think he's, like, patently evil the way, like, the Kurgan is, like, a killing machine. Like, and there's, like, hollow characters that we've seen in Highlander the TV show or... I mean, even, like, Kane in Highlander 3, like... I don't know what his fucking motivation is. Like, like you know, that's what I mean by like he's not just like an insane murderer. I mean, he do- he does do that, I guess. Yeah. But like, there's a like he has a philosophy that has led him on a path that is destructive and bad. I think. But like he's motivated. By- yeah, like that you added that like it was up for debate. Like I don't know. But well, I, I disagree. No, but- not that you would disagree, but he disagrees. Like he. Right. The, the point is, is that he has a motivation. Like he's compelling in that way. And Kyle, I think you mentioned this on a couple episodes ago, maybe in our wrap up episode about uh, the Wrath of Kali. Like a great Highlander episode ends where there's two people that have like. In, in in that case, like, there were two philosophies that are on a collision course. They both have a worldview. Like, Colin's view is, well, vengeance. And Marcus's worldview leads him to do all these things that he's seemingly been doing for centuries. Uh, right. Well, even then, I think <clears throat> you're supposed to believe that in his heart of hearts, Colin cares about, like, individuality and freedom and honor. Like, those things are ostensibly important to him. Well, that's why he was fighting the Romans in the very first first place. Right. And I wish they had maybe kept... I I just wish there was more discussion or if there was a character that could remind him of those things more. Like, if those things were just brought up, like, how you lost it or... I mean, I guess maybe we're just supposed to assume it's happened, but I kind of wish that theme was just brought up a couple more times. Yeah, like, my my main problem is I don't buy the transition. I like what he transitions to. Like, I think that it's a very story sound thing that he transitions from i'm searching for vengeance to i'm trying to help these people like that's obviously the transition you want him to make but i do not get the thing that makes him make that transition i guess it's that dream sequence where a ghost tells him that his wife is reincarnated yeah and the, and like, the lovemaking scene i yeah. think that's like a physical connection well yeah like where he's like oh yeah i remember yeah so like i feel like that's that's he's, what it is but he's it's too like, thin he's too thin of a character like, yeah He's a dickhead throughout most of this movie. Yeah. I'm going to find my vengeance and fuck everything else. And yeah. He has like an attitude and he's – but he's just kind of like a bland Yeah. I mean I, I like character. the idea that he's like blindly driven by vengeance and – but that's like destructive for him personally. And I wish we got to see how it's destructive for the people around him more like right. throughout history. Like we see how it's destructive I guess in the present time because he's like refusing to help people that need help. But I think I kind of wish to like if like battles maybe were lost in the past because he was you know after Marcus and not after perhaps like a more sound military goal or something like that like I don't know there are things that could have been more fleshed out yeah and the fact that they cut some of this stuff out in the American version is, I just find baffling yeah like the decision to shorten this when it's already like a little thin yeah is nutty i think well the american version seems truncated like it feels like there's something missing from it yeah and i felt that way the first time i watched it and now that i watched the full version i'm like only 11 minutes like makes this a better movie yeah and frankly it could be a few minutes longer <laughs> yeah sure absolutely mm-hmm. It's weird that despite it being an anime, it has a lot of the same vices that we always complain about with Highlander. Yeah. Like, it's strange to me that we're like, our complaints are almost exactly the same despite a completely different format. Yeah. That is about funny. like kind of the underwritten female characters, mm-hmm. about like villains all of a sudden taking turns that make them too evil. Interesting. Yeah, it that- is interesting. That pattern has reemerged. I think it's a kind of a coincidence, but... In some ways. I mean, it is 
attached to you know the highlander writer so to speak yeah the weird thing is like the highlander elements of this don't really i mean aside from them being immortal the game isn't mentioned in this movie is it no that's not really and it doesn't thematically like into marcus's plans at all no yeah which is interesting as a guy who's out for like world domination like at least in the movie universe because i i think we can all agree that this is a separate like we should not try to canonize this in any way this like, this doesn't fit thing. into the series, yeah. and, like, there's some continuity with everything. Like, this is its own thing. But, yeah, the premise of the original movie is that, like, whoever wins, like, perhaps rule, rules, like, rule, rule over humanity. I mean, whatever. like, yeah. yeah, but that's not featured in his plan. Like, I should, I need to win the game so I can, like, I've been trying to conquer the world this entire time, like, Rome, but the, the thing I was missing was winning the game. Like, if I finally win the game, I can do it perfectly. You know, yeah, like, that was, work. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's his motivation. I don't know. Actually, I want to bring up something uh, since we're talking about, like, the similarities to, like, the other parts of the Highlander universe. I was thinking, one, I don't know if we – we didn't talk about this before, but in America, this was Highlander The Search for Vengeance. In mm-hmm. Japan, this movie is called Highlander. Oh. When I started watching it, I didn't realize that till actually much later. I think it was an article you sent, Eamon. But right away, I started making notes being like, this is awfully similar to Highlander. And in my mind, I kind of consider this an interesting reboot. Huh. And so I made some notes about things that are similar – and so in 1986, there's a garage fight that flashes back to the Highlands for a Kurgan reveal. In this movie, there's, it starts with a flashback to the Highlands with a Kurgan, Kurgan-like reveal when Marcus is on the cliff and then goes to a garage fight. Because that fight in New Jersey is in Effectively a garage. Effectively a garage, yeah. Uh, then in 86, it opens with a quickening and a trip from New Jersey to New York. Search for Vengeance opens with a quickening and a trip from New Jersey to New York. And again, this is written by David Abramowitz, so he's very aware of, like, the material this is all coming from. And I'm curious how much he, like, was thinking about the original. Connor gets arrested right away after yeah. the first quickening in Search for Vengeance. Colin gets arrested by those guards. After he gets arrested in 86, he goes to a bar. After he gets arrested in Search for Vengeance, he goes to Rudy's. In 86, Heather is the love of Connor's life. We don't think Connor has loved another till Heather. And this was, I think, kind of similar. Although there's that weird Deborah character that's like... Weird, yeah. Thrown yeah. in there randomly. But I feel like... We, Fuck shit up. It's very similar in that respect. Connor lights a candle in remembrance in 86. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And then Dahlia lights the ca- candle perhaps in remembrance. Like, But yeah. it, again, there's like a lot of very similar visual elements. Uh, and again, also, I'm sure Cowardry has seen Highlander. Like, oh, yeah. I think he was a fan. Like, So yeah. also, I think he might be drawing on some of the visual style of the original. Uh, then Connor gets struck by lightning and has that like quickening thing when he first becomes immortal and meets his his mentor in Search for Vengeance. Connor, or Colin gets struck by lightning when he meets the fucking ghost rabbit in 86 connor gets run out of the village as a demon in search for vengeance colin gets run out as a demon and is saved by like a similar sort of like gregor in this and in the other one it was his cousin Dougal Dougal. that's uh they even look the same practically in 86 there's obvious christ connections with connor and in this one i think it's actually stronger what they show like there's more maybe i don't maybe it's not stronger but that scene where colin like emerges and is like resurrected and like the town's like the the subway people are around i think it's like whoa it's like he's clearly the jesus figure and then in 86 brenda has sex with connor after they find out they're immortal and this is basically the same thing in the search for vengeance it's like after we find out like there's kind of a lovemaking scene such an aphrodisiac that's right so anyway i don't know it's kind of weird how many that is weird i didn't that didn't occur to me really close similarities they have in like story structure or like and there's a nazi flashback in (laughs) that's very true amen how do you think as the the one most experienced with anime here this holds up 
as an anime if you were assessing it on those terms rather than on highlander terms like if you've seen kawajiri movies this is like lesser there's just something missing but it, it follows a lot of his tropes but i was just thinking about there's a lot of like crazy over the top anime things in this movie and i kind of wish there were more yeah but i mean we have the guy riding a chainsaw <laughs> we have the the epic pulling out a parking meter and throwing <laughs> is that it. the best moment in the movie <laughs> the it might moment. be <laughs> it's amazing i love that i was dying yeah I mean, you have plane exploding and falling out of plane and landing on plane wing and then having a fight on a plane wing while yeah. it's flying. Like, all of these moments are, like, awesome anime moments. But then, like, we're stuck with the like the girl and the kid and, like, the, the underground people. I don't like any of that stuff. No. The kid doesn't make any sense story-wise. I mean, I understand yeah. that it's, I guess, one of his, like, weird trademarks, but it's like, why? Like, yeah. why? Yeah. Why? He doesn't it's, do anything. No. I can't unhear the thing about it being, like, a Sambo character. Yeah, that's, it's hard, man. That's cringy. The Amergan mm. character. So, I mean, as far as the Kawajiri work goes, like, this movie gets shit on a lot online. Mm. I don't think as a Highlander movie, but I think just in general. But I'd say this was this was a pretty good anime. It just kind of, if, if you're familiar with this director's work, it's kind of like... He's on autopilot a little right. bit. It should also be noted he didn't – well, he didn't write the script for this. And he right. writes his scripts for his other projects. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, it also might just suffer from, like, he's a guy that has extremely strong visual and storytelling style that's yeah. his own. But he's in some way forced to to compromise yeah. that with a franchise, a universe, and a script that's not his, though. Right. It's wild because I think that in terms of Highland, in terms Higherlander. of Hi- Highlander, in terms of Highlander, I'd say this is pretty wildly successful. And in terms of anime, I think it's okay. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of my sense as well. I mean, just from the animes I've seen and rather enjoyed. Yeah. This is like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this is a good story for, like, if, if somebody told me, I mean, without it being maybe set in the future, if somebody was like, this is going to be the plot of the new Highlander reboot, I'd be like, wow, cool. If someone told me there were going to be a series of this, that's what I'd be into. Yeah. Because I would love to see a whole host of Malik's. Yeah, the, well, I, I, don't, this, I don't mean like the like that the movie would be like an anime style with this like this being over the top, but like as far as character motivations go and like what the plot would be, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, oh, sorry. But go no, ahead. No, I mean like a Highlander anime that was like a limited run of like thirteen episodes or something like that. That could and you got to actually like let these characters breathe. You got to encounter a bunch of other immortals who were all like crazy stylized the yeah. way these people are, and you get to see some like more bonkers fighting styles mm-hmm. i'd be way into that yeah. yeah some of the bonkersness like goes away like mm-hmm. after that first scene i felt like i was somewhere and then i didn't yeah. know where i was like yeah. It yeah. Was weirdly like seeing that guy with the hook hand eat the meat i was like i yeah. know where i am yeah like this is cool and right. then I was like, oh, no, just Yeah, kidding. it's just different. That's yeah. just one part. Yeah, yeah. that's one part. Yeah. It's also funny. Like, I feel like in some ways, I think you could look at this movie at a, with a cursory glance and think, like, this is so crazy. This is way different than Highlander. But, like, it's not that different than some of the stuff we've seen. I mean, it's extremely exaggerated. But, like, people like the Kurgan, Slan the Cat, Xavier, like, you just turn them up to 11. You have some of these crazy anime characters, I think. Like, they're already pretty wacky. And it's I, – I don't know. I feel like this isn't that far off from what we've seen no, before. I mean, Xavier – The Four Horsemen, like, that's pretty out there shit. Like, yeah. Xavier has a hook hand. Yeah. He eats caviar. He wears scarves. That's he right out goons of – that uh, jump out of their van with, like, machine guns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he's pretty goofy. I can, like, <laughs> see it in my head how yeah. it's stylized in an anime. Yeah, I'd throw down with that. Yeah. I wish there was maybe if they let Kawajiri run away with it a little more. It has to be one or the other, like – 
Well, I think that's the problem. Kawajiri either needed to be reined in or yeah. let off the reins. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's a weird serving of two masters here. Well, it's interesting. One article you sent, Eamon, mentioned – I forget who was the, who was the interview with. It, it was, was one, one of, of the, the producers. Producers. And he was talking – sadly, I guess this movie did not sell well. But they were hoping that this would do really well and Kawajiri would do absolutely do a sequel – and have complete control, that which is a bummer that because I think the, and the idea was that like, well, Colin's going to go off. There's another city state like there's more adventures for Colin to have. Yeah, I could mill around in yeah. this world. We mentioned maybe in our first episode, like, what do we think about this being in the future? It's strange because we're like, uh, they did it. They tried to do this before and like, it's really fucked. And they yeah. tried to do it. Why do they keep trying to do it? They do it in the source, too. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. it's such a misstep in so many ways. But this movie well, the Highlander 2 never has real flashbacks. Like, somehow, this figured out what was missing from the, like, from a world like Highlander 2 and made it work. Oh, that's another weird thing. It's like, in some weird ways, this is a reboot of Highlander 1 and 2 together. It actually marries those concepts pretty well. Well, because, like, like the shield from Corp- Zeiss, <laughs> yeah. he's, uh... Yeah, Corda and Reno are, like, the weird mutated monster characters the shield and this virus thing aren't too i think different from each other like yeah that's like it's like blowing up the death star at the end like there's this one thing that's gonna destroy the earth that like you have to get because the first highlander movie doesn't have anything like that no really i mean it's just the the fight for humanity the animation's really good in this movie it's cool like the music in the movie i thought the music was cool yeah i mean there are a lot of individually really cool moments and beats and like shots essentially yeah and that's cool i think it's totally worth it to see for certainly for anybody who's into highlander and probably for people who like anime or just want to see like a pretty decent anime romp Mm -hmm. this is a good way to spend 90 minutes if you like this kind of stuff yeah the way we watch this actually we want to give another shout out to jill s who you've probably heard on this podcast she's sent us many yummy things from kit kats from japan to what are some of the book highlander book from germany and all sorts of cool stuff um Mm -hmm. and last year she sent us this beautiful Japanese box set of the movie, which was not released, I guess, domestically. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It's, it's very cool and comes with, like, a sweet art book. Yeah, yeah it's every, all the storyboards, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Uh, and it's like a double-disc collection. This is really great. So this is how we got to enjoy the movie. So thank you again, Jill, for sending this to us. It was a big help. Yeah, yeah. thank you. This and is totally very right. generous and awesome. I had a strange note, by the way, at the, uh, at the end of the movie. I just wrote... Marcus is like M. Bison from Street Fighter, the movie. He doesn't give a shit about Colin. For him, killing Moya was a Tuesday. <laughs> I was like, well, why did I draw this connection? This stupid, stupid movie. <laughs> For you, the day M. Bison came to your village was the most important day ever. <laughs> For me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> I love that stupid movie. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, but it's very entertaining. Oh, yeah. Raul Julia is like... At an 11 yeah. the entire time. He's having fun. He's having a good time, baby. I wish the woman, Kalala or whatever her name is, like actually fought someone at the end. Yeah. Like, because they build her up as like a cool killer they character. They make her watch her kill all these people. Yeah. And then she's in a fucking stupid helicopter. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's she's, and she's training the whole time. It's yeah. like, to what end is this? Like, the grenade thing's kind of awesome. But the grenade like, thing is cool. Like, or they could have had her killed that way, but like, she fights Colin and. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Dahlia comes in. Or it'd be nice to see her, like, we don't maybe get as much story of her in the, the present time, but, like, perhaps some of those flashbacks when he was after Marcus, like, the thing that stood between him and Marcus was her. Yeah. And, like, 
you know. Yeah, that would be cool. Because she seems to kind of act as a bodyguard-esque, or she seems to, her attitude is like that. Like, oh, you want me to take care of this guy? And he's like, no, I'll do it. Like, because she's like amped up to be like, yeah, I'll jumping in front up. of him. Yeah. Also, it would have been a little bit nice if the scales weren't quite always seem so tipped. Colin seems like he is just no match for Marcus in any way, yeah. which, like, makes sense to me with the first time they meet up in Rome. Sure. But, like, if over time, like, Colin is getting better, he does become a threat. Yeah. But Marcus is growing and, like, now has a goon and, like, right. you know, there are other circumstances that actually do stop him. Because, yeah. like, in this, it just seems like Marcus is just better in every way and never had reason to fear Colin. Right. So, like, reminder to everyone out there, if you're listening to this for the first time and haven't heard our Highlander 1 coverage definitely go back and listen to it for this reason that like we talk a lot about like the philosophy of there can be only one in that movie and it means more than just there can be only one person like there's a sense of oneness they needed to explain what that was again it's like star wars with the force moment at the end like you have to trust your sense like there needed to be some edge or like Amergan needed to explain to him like your 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 anger like that's that's like this is directly out of star wars like striking somebody out of anger and hate is like bad like you can't yeah. you have no control or whatever like don't let your emotions run, run wild like that was never explicitly stated I, I think that needed to be said by his mentor character like you're, lo- you're losing out. because you're freaking out and like it, i guess it is maybe kind of clear in the movie like marcus is cool it's a cucumber the whole fucking movie like he owns every situation and they maybe needed to say it's not because he's better than you it's because he's calmer than you like they could have actually it would have been nice if they incorporated that theme from the original movie into this like meditate or whatever it is i mean actually i guess that is what happens at the end but it's not stated because colin does close his eyes and does a weird like force block where he can like he's somehow defending himself with his eyes closed but i wish they had talked about what it meant like what his struggles why his struggles were the way they were and how to remedy them remedy them yeah it's just kind of it just happens at yeah. the end, and it's yeah. like, I don't know. I wish they had written more about it. Maybe it was originally, but... Yeah, I dig it. Because, again, this is all, like, compa- this is a compelling story. I really like that he's just, like, single-minded and, like, a maniac. It's very, like, sad, too. Yeah, he's a Which is nice. Sack. Yeah. I kind of like that it's a, tr- it's a pretty tragic story for him. He's wasted his entire life. 2,000 years of his life. Yeah. <laughs> and his new girlfriend is and dead. his new girlfriend is dead. Woof. Yeah. Woof. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. Uh, if this was your first time listening to Highlander Rewatched and you like Highlander. Weird choice, but cool. Well, I mean, yeah. you might be an anime. You might be into Kawajiri. That's maybe yeah. how you found this. Uh, but if you dig it, check out our other episodes. We cover uh, all the movies up to this point, And we've talked about every episode of the series up to season four. And we're going to start our season five coverage in a few weeks, which is pretty cool. Uh, also, head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and give us a five-star review if you liked it. And also, send us an email. Tell us what you thought of Highlander, The Search for Vengeance. It can be anything. What did you think of the story? Do you want to see more stories like this? More animes? All that sort of stuff. We want to hear from you, and we could talk about it on air. Yeah, yeah. If you're into art, like Kawajiri's art style, we got some art of our own. Right, Eamon? Highlander Magnus. That's right. They're cool, they're stylized, and they're only $15, and they're available on Etsy.com. Just search for Highlander Rewatched or on Facebook. Click the Shop Now button on your mobile device, which is activated now, or on the desktop version. And we'll ship it to you in three days. That's less than a fortnight. It is less than a so fortnight. Much less than yeah. a fortnight. That's a callback to episode two of this series Mm -hmm. very good very Uh, good thanks again for listening we'll see you in a couple weeks for Islander season 5 I'm Keith this is Kyle this is Amy bye bye bye